Hey, what's up? It is 4 o'clock in the morning for me. It's 6 p.m. for Zach, and it's 12, 11 something for you. 11. Yeah, 11. Infinite. What's, this is like a virtual logistic nightmare, but hey, you know what? We want to have a really great podcast. We haven't had Zach on for a while, so it's good to have him back. Thank you for coming on, Zach. Of course, we got Max. It was supposed to be Joseph's turn this week, but he's busy. And um, actually, he's going to Spain. And the course launched, so he's still doing some videos and stuff like that. But um, thank you, Zach. Thank you, Max, for your time. I think we have a lot to talk about this week, so I think we should just um, get into it and start chatting. What do you guys think? Yeah, man. Okay. So... Nitro is the glory. Welcome to the No Name RC Podcast with your hosts tonight, Keenan White, aka Lefty the Great, and if you are unlucky, the Finnish village idiot, JQ. This is the RC Podcast with no name, but plenty of content. So sit back, relax, and get ready for some serious bench racing. Yes, 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 indeed. Nitro's the glory, but e-buggy pays the bills. I have a big cup of coffee because we got a lot to talk about today. It's early. All that type of stuff. Welcome, Zach. Welcome, Max. Let me do my spiel. This is episode number, I think this is episode number 144 because we're recording this before because I'm going to do a live tonight and all this type of stuff. So I know it's a bit confusing, people, but this is episode number 144. Uh, welcome, Zach. Welcome, Max. This is the No Name RC Podcast, where Nitro is the glory and E-Buggy is paying bills. Not in the nationals, but it's definitely paying bills in regionals and around the world. Uh, thank you guys for joining us. Um, yeah, we got Zach all the way from Australia. We got Max from Finland. This is, we only need, like, if we had an American here, this would be great. But I'll represent for America, even though I'm not America. But we had a lot of racing this weekend. We had a great race at Southern Nats. We're going to talk about that. We're going to catch up with Zach about what's going on in Australia. Max is, I don't know, I guess this is university life. He's doing nothing but talking to two older guys about RC. And he should be out partying and having fun. <laughs> but, um... All right, guys, let me do my spiel. Thank you to everybody. I mean, everybody around the world that supports this podcast, the NNRC squad. We are around the world. There's people in Australia, Asia, Europe, America, Canada, South, maybe not South America too much, but uh, definitely a few guys in South America listen to this podcast. And I thank you guys. Without you guys, none of this is possible. People have been supporting the podcast for the last three years. We are coming up on three years of doing this. So thank you all for the support. Zach being one of them. I know you've been a long time supporter. You, Ben Panic, and a lot of the other Australians on there. So I thank you for all of that support. Really appreciate it. Um, thank you to the uh, patrons of the NNRC. We can't do it without you guys. You guys keep help, help these bills get paid, help us get new stuff. Hopefully help us travel next year as well when things get better, well, when things get going. So thank you to you guys. If you wish to be a patron of the podcast, the link is in the written description of this podcast. And how would we get by without sponsors? So thank you to all the awesome sponsors of the podcast. Remember, everybody, showing the sponsors some love shows the podcast some love. So please, when you can, there's some coupon codes for all of this. All the links for the sponsors are in the written description below. They are Mayako. Things are getting close. We should be seeing this buggy in the next couple of weeks, I'm assuming. I'm assuming, I hope. 
Like, I think it's, I know things don't always happen in time. So I'm, I'm expecting maybe late September, early October. We'll see how it goes. I'm getting excited. Shout out to Beach RC. They have Mod coming up. A big 10 skill fun race. Very different race format. Lots of drinking. <laughs> I know that's not what we should be talking about in a race, but it is lots of, it's like, this race is about racing, but also having fun. They have like lots of little competitions, different type of races. Um, every person that goes to this race at BTRC really loves it. But thank you to BTRC for their support. TNR Fuels. I, I actually want to ask you about that when we get a little further about if are they in Australia yet. But TNR Fuels, uh, I think they just picked up Cavallari, got them on the podium there at Southern Nats. So congratulations to them. They had a good weekend there. High Tech RC, I'm really enjoying my RDX2 Pro Charger. I'm geeking out about that. Techno RC, medium weekend for Techno. Um, Jared did win. Congratulations to Jared Tebow. He's actually coming on tonight with us for, well, for the live. I know I'm talking previous, but he's coming on. He won Truggy. Congratulations to him. Uh, shout out to JQ Racing, all my JQ Racing family. We're going to have uh, the new Mayako car soon, so yeah, I'll be getting back in the swing of things. Sun City RC Raceway, they have the um, U.S. Open coming up next month. $5,000 on the line, if Mars style qualifying, lots of track time. You guys interested in that? Go check them out. It's going to be a great race. One of my bucket list race. Lugs RC Racing Tires. Lugs Racing has over 55 years of combined experience in RC. Lugs Racing has been testing treads, wheels, tires, and rubber for performance. They have the Lugs Equan Tires, which are developed with racing budgets in mind. High quality but lower cost means savings can be passed on to you, the racer. They also have their premier line, which the, the TQs and the Protos, they use their custom molds, their proprietary rubber blends and compounds, and they now have them in long wear. So check them out. They, they have tires in all the, actually, they have tires in medium, soft, super soft, and mega soft. And of course, they just launched a new long wear compound. You can visit them at lugsracing.com and save up to 30% with promo code NNRC in lugs, all in caps. NNRC Lugs. Check them out. They're doing some good things. I like the guys at Lugs. Um, show them some love and try a different tire. You know, we're kind of running out of options now with AKA and ProLine both being under Horizon, but not running out of options, but you know what I mean. Uh, shout out to Manscaped.com. They have been a long time supporter of this podcast for over a year. If you ain't Manscaping, I don't know why you ain't. Ma Max, you definitely need to Manscape. Definitely got to Manscape. I don't know what's going on. It's my style nowadays. Um, I'm going I, full hippie. I, I guess that's in, in Finland. Um, but yeah. Not really. Okay. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> Papa Willie's Traction Tonic, another longtime supporter of the podcast. If you guys prepare for victory with Papa Willie's Traction Tonic, we have a promo code NNRC, all caps. It will save you some money on all their bear, uh, bearing oil, uh, tire sauce, and everything that they have. Uh, Scooter's a great dude. And... Hey, go support him. He's been a long-time supporter of the podcast. Um, Donathan RC. They're on vacation right now, but Zach's a cool guy. I was talking to him earlier. I'm really liking my charge leads. Check him out. We have a coupon code for that. The best charge leads in RC and the fully customable. I love them. I love seeing the no-name RC podcast. They're pretty awesome. I never thought I'd be geeking out over charge leads, but I am. Racecraft USA, the command module. We have a promo code for that. You can save 10% off that. Check them out. Chasing those guys. Get pitted with the command module. And obviously, thank you to RCGP and, of course, House of RC. Real quick, guys, I had interviewed the gentleman from so, the So Dialed app, Joe Downs, this week. And it was really a great conversation with this guy. Um, I, I have not used this app, obviously, because I'm not racing. 
But while I talked to him and he was showing me different features of this app, man, this is a powerful tool. And if you ain't using it, you're, you're really losing out. Like this, this is one of the tools that is going to help make RC easier. Like, have you used this app? Any of you guys? Yeah, man. I've, I actually um, had that downloaded probably like six months ago. And it's just, it's got some, some good tips in there, just mm-hmm. general ideas on like if you're searching for this a bit more rear grip or a bit more steering it just gives you some general ideas around what to go for and what to change and um, if he's if he's still working on it then that's pretty exciting because yeah it seems like a pretty good place to start i suppose for anyone new or anyone sort of even in in nasi for a fair while hey what surprised me was the ability to um to just see your different changes between ron like if you put if you do use this properly or information and stuff like this, your life will be, I'm so organ, unorganized, this just organized my life. In RC, like you can go from each qualifier, see which changes you made, each race, all this type of stuff. If you log in and do it properly and utilize this tool, it's really helpful, really, really helpful. He's trying to integrate it with live RC, but you know how that goes. But um, yeah, if he, if he trying can do, to do anything with live RC, it's a bit difficult. Yeah, you know that. But um, if he can get that done, then this would be a really good tool. I think you guys should check it out. The potentials, the potentials, um, really enormous. Like so much things that could be done. I think yeah. I know. I, I'm real quick. I know we always talk about innovation this way and that way, and we're going to talk about that later on today. But I think this is innovative in a way that can make RC good, easy for new people to get in as well. Does that make yeah. sense? I haven't checked it out uh, sure. recently, but I think my dad downloaded it probably a year or two ago. Uh, back then, I don't know when it came out, but when it pretty much came out back then, it was pretty much just like fuel mileage calculators mm-hmm. and you could download, like, uh, upload setups there and stuff. Yeah. I've never used any of those apps. Those are really good. But what I do, I just put notes like on my phone. Well, you, you can I do have, all of like, that. All of that with this. I have like notes or well, probably doesn't show, but yeah. there's like notes of all my races well, from you, like, you can do all of that in a much this is, this organized is what, sap fashion. Trust me. And then yeah. you can, then but what I've it done does. this for like years. I know, so. I know that's the problem. People have done this for years, but the thing is when you see, like you can take, so what it would do, sorry, I'm getting on this rap because I just think it's so great. What it would do is take all your races and then you can see what changes you made between each race without a problem. Like it would say between each setup, oh, you made this change, you did this and you did that. Then you can have the lap times with each one and you can like say if it's the same track. And you can see where you went. Like it just has everything there, and it's just so much easier. Okay, to that's use. good. So yeah. that's I have what everything really else me. but the lap times. Yeah, yeah, um, the lap times are good to have. Yeah, sweet. So sorry, we went off on a tangent right there. But if you guys remember the sponsors, they're a big part of the podcast. Showing the sponsors some love, shows the podcast some love. We have links to all of that, plus all of our socials in the written description of this podcast. New little section. I want to send some NNRC shout outs to some people. That I think did some really cool things this week. First off, I want to shout out to my little mate. Uh, I've watched this young man. I got to know his, his stepdad, Cody. Uh, Skiller Joel, man. Best podium picture of Southern Nats. He's like nine. He's about three foot five. And he was on the podium in Sportsman Nitro Buggy, smiling. And all the grown adults were around him. And I was just like, yeah, that's the best podium picture of all. And that's how RC, it should be. Really, I feel in Sportsman, it should be all young drivers. But I know that's not how it works. But congratulations to Skiller Joel, man. He did well on winning Sportsman Nitro Buggy. Now he gets a truggy. Because his, his stepdad said if he wins Nitro Buggy, he gets a truggy to run. So good for him. 
Um, lots of West Coast guys. I noticed this year traveled to a lot of these race time events, which is good to see. Um, but I mean West Coast guys, not just pro guys, but guys in the intermediate sportsman level and all that type of stuff. That's really good to see. They went to the Southern Nats in force. So that's great. Fellas, we all have, if you have a significant other or wife, um, I have a few, like Shannon Greener, I believe her last name is, but uh, my buddy Mike Norris, his wife, she's out of the El Paso, um, Albuquerque area, uh, the JQ New Mexico guys. She's part of RC Wives. So I got to meet the, um, the lady who's behind this, and they've been really active in RC, going to races, and they have um, ambassadors that are women. And I think this is cool because we have a lot of females in RC that, that support us men, child, the children in RC and stuff like that. So if you're an uh, RC wife or girlfriend or significant other, check them out at uh, www.rcwives.com or on Facebook, RC Wives, and join them. They have some cool decals, and it gives probably the females uh, something to be cool, something to be proud of when they're at races, and something cool to do. It's great to see. Um, they have ambassadors all over America, and I just think that's positive, something positive that they're doing. We need to see more females in, into racing and Make the ones that are her, even if they aren't racing, comfortable. So go check them out. Congratulations to Mark Santamaria. He had 70K subs on YouTube. That's pretty good. In the big scheme of, like, YouTube RC stuff, that's not really as big as, like, uh, obviously RC Sparks or some of these other guys who have almost a million or a couple million um, subs. But I think where Mark is really good at is he's a racer. And he's kind of bridging that gap between bashers and racers. And he just hit 70K. D dude, I always think about this. Imagine if 10,000 of his subs got hardcore into RC. If 1,000 of his subs really got hardcore into RC, how much that would change RC? If 10K got into RC, how much that would change? So there's always hope. Um, congratulations to him. And shout out to LCRC because they had a race for cancer this past weekend. And they raised over $20,000 for that. So... Congratulations to them. I'm actually supposed to do a food challenge for, to raise money. I don't know if I'm going to do it. I'm not been feeling well. And I have to make a correction from last week. Uh, I said that McClan is Venom. They are not Venom. Oh, they are, they are McClan, but they apparently, a few people have told me they used to be Viper. I don't, I'm not familiar with that brand. So uh, that's a correction from uh, okay. last year. All right. Um, Max, you and I have talked enough. We talked last week. Zach, this is your first time being on her on, in a while. What's up? What have you been up to? Man, I've been pretty busy, actually. We've, we had the East Coast Nationals, um, which is a race that we've been putting together um, really for six months. Um, and it was pretty frustrating in the end because uh, we got through um, sort of halfway through qualifying um, We'd done all the seating uh, halfway through qualifying and then uh, we're, we're looking online at the latest news update because uh, our state likes to do pretty much daily conferences on the COVID numbers um, and the state premier um, updates everyone on, on what's happening. And uh, there was some Delta cases that had hit um, our region and the numbers had spiked and, of course, they decided to go into what we call a snap lockdown um, at about 5.30, 5 o'clock, something like that. Um, so we had, unfortunately, had to, uh, yeah, cut the event short and 
you know, we, we had sort of some schedule calculators there so we could quickly determine what we could fit in and, and, you know, still get the race run. Um, so it was a, a drastically shortened, um, schedule but nonetheless we we got it run and we had some finals which was which was good but it was a shame that you know we couldn't come back the next day and have long finals and and really see out the event the way it should have but it's been pretty pretty hectic really like i guess where i am in in queensland uh, we've been pretty lucky uh, but obviously um, a few other states where a lot of the other aussies are, are are in lockdown and they can't get out and do much racing uh, and they're, they're still in lockdown, so mm-hmm. it's been a long road for those guys. And really the, the path out of this for us is uh, the government's not really going to ease restrictions until people get to the 80% vaccination rate in the state. So we're, we're having to, um, I guess, fast-track immunisation and get that sorted. So, uh, But because uh, the state that I'm in, we've I guess we've just been lucky more than anything else that the COVID numbers have been uh, pretty low and, and our restrictions compared to other states is, is pretty pretty relaxed. And um, after the East Coast Nationals, um, you know, we had a lockdown for about a week uh, and then things opened back up again for us, which was pretty cool. And um, we were going to have the Australian Nationals at the Sunshine Coast track, which is like an hour and a half drive north of where I live. Uh, but because of all the, the lockdowns in the other states, we've had to uh, cancel the Australian titles, and uh, which is a real shame because you know we've we've really got a number of quick drivers in other states, and it would be great to see you know everyone together and racing competitively on the one track. Uh, it's been quite a while, really, since everyone's been able to compete together. Uh, but we we still uh, went ahead with the track rebuild, so. Um, I got on a posse track for a couple of days um, and we, you know, made a, a, I guess, quite a challenging track, but a really enjoyable race on it uh, two weekends ago. Um, and we we had what was going to be the Australian titles, but really just with Queenslanders. And uh, we had some, some great racing uh, there with Alex and, and Kyle and a few other quick guys in, in Queensland. And, yeah, so it was just just really waiting at the moment just to, to, before we can get all back to, to oh, you know, open borders and, and have everyone back together racing again. So we've been racing a fair bit in Queensland, but there's a lot of other Aussies that have, you know, unfortunately been locked down and not really been able to leave their home for more than groceries and essential services and that sort of thing. Yeah, I think the wing and, like, uh, Nick and those guys are up a little further and they, they're locked on too, so they can't come out um, – it's it's a shame, but I mean, look, things are. I, I just off topic. I saw that now in November you can come into America if you have a vaccine, so that's good for the Europeans who can come over there. I don't know what the state is with Australia. Hopefully, things are a little more relaxed by the time 2022 comes. But that's good to see um, because that means that we can, you know, these that the European guys probably getting vaccines. They'll be over racing. Hopefully they'll be racing next year in America. Maybe they'll be racing after November. Maybe maybe they'll go to AMS. Mm, that'd be great. No, they can't. That's that's capped. They can't. So um, they can't yeah. do that. Um, yeah. Come on, maybe they have a. So let's talk about Alex and Kyle real quick because we talked about it last week on Max and I, and um, it was funny because our conversation before that was like, wow, like um, I think now Alex has gotten Kyle four out of four times. 
this was kind of like Kyle's home track, or he had been a, a, practicing there a lot. Um, in in all fairness, this is a new car for Kyle. It's going to take him a while to learn it. Um, I think it's a little bit different from what he's been used to driving. Maybe, I, you know, I know he he had the HB for a little while, and then the prototype uh, Infinity. But yeah, tell us about that because Alex is. You know, you and I talk about Alex a lot. I actually should probably just get him on this podcast in it and, and pick his brain. Uh, but he's definitely, uh, we talk about him a lot, up and coming. I mean, when you're beating Kyle McBride in Australia, you're, you're, you're pretty fast. You know, I, the only thing we need to see him come do some international stuff. Not taking anything from Kyle. Kyle's extremely fast. He's proven himself on the international stage where Alex has to go. But let's talk about that, man. Um, The race last two weeks, two weekends ago, we was kind of mixed up. We thought it was on the oil track, but I came to find out it was like a regular, like it wasn't an oil track. It was, uh, it got a little bit rough and dusty and, you know, like off-road, off, like old school off-road. Yeah. The, so I guess my local track, which is real close to me, is the oil track and, okay. and this this is more natural dirt. Uh, so, and, it, you know, because we're starting to, to get into some hotter temperatures and hotter days, the during the middle of the day, it can be quite quite dusty and slippery and uh, the main, yeah, main was like at one o'clock. So it was like the peak time of the day when, when the main was, so it was, it dried out really quickly. They watered before the main, but it dried out um, pretty much, I don't know, five minutes into the run. So, uh, but uh, I guess it's starting sort of from the beginning of the event. Uh, Kyle had a bit of bad luck in the, uh, in the seating run. So he had to, to run with the, with the slower heat, uh, and from from there, I guess he probably had a bit of a, a bit more of a challenge than Alex to to make sure he had a clean run because he was in quite a bit of speed disparity um, with the the heat that he was in. Uh, but uh, yeah, Alex Alex looking really comfortable. Um, but uh, if you're looking um, through to the main, their top fifteen average was nearly the same. Um, I think that I think Alex was like point one difference. So. Uh, there wasn't really a great deal of speed difference, and and they were they were certainly uh, changing positions quite a lot in the main. So uh, I think I think there's some like they're very they're very close on pace, and there's not much separating them at the moment. So uh, there's going to be some some good battles between those two certainly over the years to come. That's for sure. Well, they're going to push each other and make each other better too. The more they race against each other, yeah. the better they will be. So yeah, that's like the best case scenario for yeah. both. Like their same speed, both yeah, can definitely. Like push each other races, and both will be better. Because like for real, like last time Kyle had any challenge was like when probably never really. Stinger, Stringer. Yeah, oh, so, yeah, Stringer, yeah. So I mean, Stringer, pretty much. Stringer was there, um, but really he. Over a long run, Kyle's consistency would, would outpace Aaron. And, you know, Kyle's won 10 Australian titles in a row. I mean, even that feat of yeah. finishing every one-hour A-main finals 10 years in a row was a pretty amazing achievement. Uh, but, you know, he's, I guess he's, he's probably been quite comfortable for 10 years because he's known in Australia that he can come out and, and just drive consistently and probably put a couple of laps on the field. Um, so this is probably a little bit of, uh, you know, new waters, new territory for him to, to have someone um, that really probably doesn't 
um, get nervous or anything like that. Like Alex is, is very calm um, and collected when it comes to, to driving and um, he rarely, rarely makes a mistake really. Um, I think his confidence, you know, when I, I look back to like the pre-worlds um, and the world championships, the the visible difference between the top drivers is just how aggressive they can attack the track and and put their car in in exactly the right position. Even if the car may look like it's out of shape, they still manage to slide it into exactly the right position. They're just their car control and confidence is it's something that you can see straight away. Uh, and and Alex certainly seems to have you know that confidence in car control and. Even if he gets out of shape, the car still seems to be perfectly on the apex. And um, you know, with with Aaron Stringer, he really had incredible raw pace, um, but it, the car control um, on a confidence level, he could probably string a couple of laps together. But he was really on the edge. He was driving at one hundred and ten percent, and not taken away from him. I mean, he made the world's final. He had a he had a really controlled drive and in the worlds, um, but over a longer main to, to stay consistent against Kyle, who really his consistency, he's driving at 95% and his ability to drive at 95% is, is exceptional. And, and really that's how he's managed to get through to world championship finals. So consistently, I think he's raced from quarterfinals into the A main um, for the last couple of world championships. So, you know, Kyle's consistency um, is really quite exceptional and, um, he, was, he always knew that over a longer run that he'd be able to to battle out with Stringer and, and over a longer run he'd probably be be in front of him just due to his consistency. Um, while now with Alex, he's got the raw pace and he's got the consistency. So um, I think I think there's certainly going to be some, some good racing between those two and um, really keen to just see, you know, Alex on the international scene and, and getting to maybe one of these race time entertainment races or um, a DNC or something like that because that's uh, really the next step for him. And, um, yeah, it's going to be pretty cool to see because he's only 18, right? So yeah. he's, he's really young, uh, but he's definitely showing lots of potential. Well, I would like to see Kyle also at DNC in some of these race time events as well um, and, and Alex. Uh, I, we can't take anything away from Kyle McBride. I think um, after watching him at RCGP and what he's able to do, he doesn't race against these top-level guys all the time. You know what I mean? But he can come in That's and right. he, can, he can be competitive against them. So he's extremely talented and whatnot. And if this, uh, this, this little rivalry that's brewing with Alex pushes him to um, probably clean up, you know, just... Not saying that he doesn't take it serious, but just, you know, put some more effort into being good in Australia, you know, where he didn't have to really put in that effort before. It will benefit him in the long run, too, because Kyle's still young, like 24, 25. So he's still got a, a long career yeah. ahead of him. Yeah. So I, I mean, hope, then you, you yeah. go out and practice every day of the week yeah. and think that you're fast. Yeah. And it's not until you go on a track and you race someone that mm-hmm. you go, all right, that's actually legitimately good change. Um, that when I'm in a race, mode is making the difference my car is consistent i'm pushing that extra five or ten percent and it's handling it so uh, for sure these two racing together is what they need to do and and they're only going to benefit each other when they get to travel overseas because they've been pushing each other locally but yeah going overseas and 
and racing against the top Europeans and Americans is what what they need to do to to make sure that they're not getting comfortable at the pace that they're at. Yeah, just to touch on Kyle shortly is like what you said about the consistency because at RCGP like for the first time I I think RCGP was the first time I saw him race or raced with him sort of closely uh, apart from the worlds in in Vegas obviously but that was way back and really like the craziest thing was oftentimes in qualifiers I find me racing him and I would like sort of, I would even sometimes catch up to him. And then like somehow he just started pulling away bit by bit, not doing anything crazy. And then in the main, he finishes second or third against uh, Ongaro Ronifold. So like that's the crazy part where it's like, he never seems like he's fast, but somehow he's always up there. And somehow he's always battling Ronifold and sometimes even Ongaro. So like that's that's one thing like to really what what's to his strength even in the worlds in uh, Italy or uh, well in Thailand really uh, where he was like sort of nowhere to be seen but somehow he finished in the top five so that's like wow like so so he's like sort of uh, that's why I think apart from like being Australian and out of the RC scene which is mostly in America and Europe like. He's also his sort of driving style makes him really hard to spot. He's not a flashy driver. He's not a guy you say, oh, he's so fast, he's catching someone. Like Robert is like, he's dead last and then catches up the first. And that's like his race plan. Before the race, he knows that's going to happen. And that, that makes him look a lot more flashy. But in reality, he's like not that much better or probably like at this point, Kyle, I would say Kyle is a better driver than uh, Bathia right now. But like, Obviously, Robert is like on the end of his career and Kyle's different situation. But like, that's one thing like why I feel Kyle is one of the most underrated drivers right now. He's like, I made that sort of this list of drivers that finished in the top five at Worlds. Uh, in the last four Worlds, finished in the top five more than three times, uh, three or more times. And there's like Jared Tebow and uh, probably like Mayfield and Cavalieri, Tessman and McBride. So like those were the five guys who could manage that. So like he's actually, he's a really good driver and he's, he's worth more than people think. He's very underrated. And that's, that's one thing that now you have Alex and now he gets to probably run more in America with techno. If he gets the car to work for him or if they improve the car, he has a real shot at now, like proving that what he's actually capable of. Yeah, if you exactly to the point of his consistency, worlds on worlds, he's managed to to really be um, within the main and in the in the top pointy end of the the final. And I guess if you look at his win, you know, it was quite a few years back now. But uh, the Silver State won. You know, he won that on a quite a rough track, and he won that through consistency. Um, so you know, going to a DNC or something like that uh, for Kyle, I think will be really beneficial over a long main. It's a shame they don't do uh, one hour um, at DNC because you know, that's that's where his strength is. Certainly a one hour final is his his main strength because he's, he's just he just never makes a mistake really. He just keeps it on its wheels and um, while people might have raw pace, his his raw consistency over a long one hour is just so good. Also also real quick before before we move on, I, I, I honestly think Australia doesn't get enough credit for the, uh, the quality of drivers that they push out. 
We're talking about Kyle and um and and Alex. But when when the Dexters like Aaron and Ben came to America, when we met them at RCGP, I was super. I mean, both are good. Aaron's probably the better of the brothers, but Aaron beat up on like a lot of top local SoCal um, fast guys that we consider really fast. He not once but twice. He beat up on them on JBRL. He beat up on my RCGP. I think he went and did some more club racing. And he comes from the other side of Australia, which I would say probably isn't, no offense to them guys, I like them, but probably isn't as competitive as the East Coast, I want to say, to an extent. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and it's just incredible. I, it must be just the Australian grit that you guys are just like, hey, we're determined to be better than everybody else in the world, even though we don't get the recognition. Even though Australia is big, doesn't have enough people. people but it's... um. It's pretty impressive to see the the amount of talent that comes out of there, and I think um, we need to just sh- show it a little bit more respect. But they need to they need to travel. You know what I mean? That's like when I said Alex, we need to get him to DNC. We need to get him to these races so the world can see. He needs it too, so he can see where he's really at to an extent yeah. and get that experience as well. So good things in Australia. We need to get you guys. We need to. We need. They need to make the pilgrimage to DNC in twenty twenty two. I think this, if things go right. I think this is probably going to be internationally wise. We might see one of the biggest DNCs in a long time. Cause I think that's going to be the big race where everybody internationally comes. And I, I have to be there. I have to be there. All right. Um, anything else you guys want to add before we move on? We're going to do some quick RC news and then we'll go on to some Southern Nets talk. Nothing really good. All right. Um, so we're going to go on to some, RC News, and this week's RC News is brought to you by TNR Fuels. Here at the NNRC, we are all about that glory, and that glory is nitro. TNR Fuels is the hottest nitro on the hottest nitro fuel on the market, owned and operated by Chris Nelson and his family, made by racers for racers. TNR Fuels is currently available throughout the USA. For more information to support the company or purchase some fuel, visit www.tnrfuels.com or contact Chris Nelson directly at chris at tnrfuels.com. Or find them on House of RC and Facebook. I believe they're in Australia now. I know Kyle's sponsored by them. I don't know if they're distributing it in Australia, but that's good to see. And also, I think that, I think they've just been start just started. Kyle's um, only just got the fuel, pretty much. So okay. um, I think we'll start to see it a little bit more um, over the couple of couple of months. Yeah. Also, it's brought to you by High Tech RCD. High Tech RC is a leader in RC systems delivering the highest performance and reliability supported by a dedicated customer service personnel. They have these awesome servers, the HSBC 9381TH servers. They have efficient brushless motors, titanium gears, low consumption, constant output, and a metal case. They also regenerate power back into your batteries on braking. It's true. The guy who did this stuff for Tesla made that for the servers. Telling you, it's true. The RDX2 Pro Charger, which I now have, can charge up to two four-cell packs. I've been charging two 6S packs without issues. Um, It takes a little longer than 45 minutes, but it's a really great charger. I can track everything on my Bluetooth dongle, on my phone. It's got an app. I can start. I can change. I can do all that stuff. It's a really great charger. And, uh, yeah, check it out. Trust in Hitech, your server and charger headquarters. Visit Hitech RCD, where to buy to uh, find your nearest retailer. So thank you to TNR Fuels. Thank you to High Tech for your continued support of the podcast. Guys, check them out and um, show them some love. It shows us some love as well. All right. Um, real quick, I see Skidmore was crowned UK champ. 
Uh, congratulations to Johnny Skidmore. I think it was a hard-earned, uh, a hard-earned race. But even more surprising than this was Bloomfield. Bloomfield beat Boots. Well, and, yeah, but you know what happened in that race? Like, what happened? Uh, he was. I watched it like from start to finish, and it was a crazy race. Like Skidmore started from pole. He blew blew out in the start. So then I think, uh, I, I can't remember if Lee was in the, in, in he, leading it. I but think it was TQ. Lee. There was like, TQ maybe, was no, no, was. Neil, Neil was, Neil was TQ. No, no, TQ from, oh uh, no, set the overall T. Oh uh, no, no, Neil Craig was, he said it. Neil, over, yeah, yeah, yeah. Neil was, yeah. So Skidmore started first in the main. So he blew out in the start. So Neil took the lead. Uh, then like, the start was pretty casual. So Neil was leading and Lee was like third or something. Skidmore catched up to Neil, got by, took the lead. But then Bloomfield was second at that point uh, because uh, Neil, when he was like, just when Skidmore got by, Neil broke or flamed out or something, but he didn't continue. So then uh, then it was uh, Skidmore from Bloomfield. So Bloomfield was second at this point. Boots at this point was like fifth or sixth. So then Skidmore breaks down. Skidmore's brother, Williams, breaks down from third. Uh, then uh, Lee Martin, something happens to him as well. So Bloomfield, who was second, uh, well, third before Neil broke down, Johnny broke down, then William broke down behind uh, Bloomfield. So Bloomfield won. Boots, who was like sixth or fucking seventh or something, finished second. And James Lepavu, who started last in the main, bumped up from like the LCQ or something, finished third. third. I saw that. I saw that. There was at some point there was like six cars running or something crazy. Eight cars running. Well, this was on the oil that was track. Awful, at man. I don't know what happened. Did was you watching yeah, this? Yeah. Was this live? Was this part yeah, of the first yeah. thing? Or what? RC yeah, racing? this okay. is part of it. Yeah. All right. Um, well, I mean, it's good to see Bloomfield racing again. I think he. But I mean, Skid, yeah, Skidmore got the win before this round, though. Yes, so Skidmore already had the national win. But Bloomfield been racing whole year, I so know. he's been he's been steadily steadily like climbing up. Like he finished like I think third or fourth, like last last national run. Now he won. Well, he so. is the first ever one eight scale European UK European champion, and that wasn't you know he. Remember, he was a professional driver five, six, what, about five, six years ago. I oh, think. yeah. So he, he looks mm, happy. Yeah. He looks happy. I think he wants to enjoy RC. I definitely think there's some, I think he's coming back also to prove a point to some people that he previously used to run yeah, for. Like, so he now, like, at last, he has at least a decent car. Oh, Before, he always had really that. bad cars. So I knew he was going to say that. <laughs> I knew he was going to say that. Oh my gosh! What what's going on? What's going on with the What's going on with the Poms though? Like, why can't they build the cars properly? They're breaking down all the time. What's only six cars, seven yeah, cars finished? You said? Yeah, I don't know. And and it seemed like Skidmore oh. flamed out for sure oh, because he continued. Well, both Skidmores actually. So uh, with uh, with uh, Neil, I don't know what happened. Neil, Neil, like broke down every single race. Like he TQ'd like four of the like I don't know how many rounds they got, but he TQ'd like almost every round and then broke down in the main. And was like, it raining was, during the main? Uh, talking... no, 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 no rain. 
So I don't know. I talk with Dresher and like after, like I talk with him like after every round just to catch up like what what the UK guys are doing. And like after every round, he's like Neil was super fast but broke down. Like that's like <laughs> every time we go to a race report from them, it's like Neil 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 was super fast but he broke down. So I don't know what's going on with him. Uh, he is kind of notorious in Finland at least for not being very good of a mechanic. But I think he's not his own mechanic. I think he dad his dad does it, but I'm not sure. Well, I thought that was also the case with Bloomfield and. You know, his, oh, yeah, that, yeah, definitely. his Euros when Drake came over, that was a, certainly a big advantage. Yeah, he ran it. I, I, I am, I'm very confident that he ran Drake's car, not his own, at the Euros where he won. Right. So he, he, they went like few practices with his own car, and then Drake was like, okay, fuck this, and got his own car. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um yeah, congratulations. Uh, it's, good to, it's good to see Bloomfield uh, back racing, like having fun. Um, Boots doesn't look too happy mm-hmm. in that picture, but he probably isn't. He, he's probably won this race. I would say Boots kind of got in a comfortable position like Kyle. There was nobody really to challenge him for a few years. I mean, there was, yeah. but you know what I mean. Um, and he, he was able to win this. Is, is, is Boots like living part-time in England and Italy, or how is that working? Or is he just traveling over for the Nationals? Yeah, I have no clue, but I believe he's been living in the UK for a while because, like, they have a national almost every damn weekend. I don't know what, yeah, what's going on there. Because, like, there. I mean, he could travel. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know how relaxed Italy is, but UK is pretty strict with the COVID rules. So I'd imagine he'd just stay in UK. Okay. Um, continuing on with the European theme because it's going to be all Europe probably this this week. We only have a, a few topics. Uh, RC Racing TV and Afra combined to do some multiple uh, broadcasts from multiple disciplines from different parts of the world. I know it wasn't all RC Racing TV, but they had like large scale. They they went to, I don't know if they went to NEMA Racing, and then it was like Nick and Matt doing yeah. uh, virtual commentary, and then they had like Connie, yeah. and then they had Ronald Falk. I, I honestly did not watch it. I tried to turn off sometimes. I was kind of, I don't know what I was doing. I, I didn't. Really, I was probably just relaxing. I tried to turn off on the weekends. Um well, yeah, I kind of want to know where, where, what's, what's this? I asked you about this, Max, and um, you actually had a good point. So uh, I'll let you talk, tell you, you can explain what you explained to me, what you think this is about. Yeah, so so I watched it. So it was uh, RC Racing RC Racing TV guys were at the UK Large Scale Nationals and at Nemo, uh, and then they uh, joined forces with InfoRC, who was at the Spanish Nationals, and then. Was there some other race? Can't yeah, remember. There was, a, at least there was another three. race too. Um, oh yeah, there was a touring car race yeah. from probably Austria or something like that. Central Europe anyway, I think. So four races, I believe. Uh, and uh, then Nick and um, Matt at uh, their headquarters or whatever. So basically, what I, I, I really like the idea. And basically what I believe they're trying to do is like create a hub for RC in Europe. Because unlike America, if there's a race happening in Italy, that's a race abroad. That's like, I don't speak Italian. Like, what do I care? I don't know any, like, I don't, I'm not a part of the Italian community. Mm-hmm. But if there's a race happening in Tennessee, a Cali guy can say, oh, this is happening. This is a, like a national race. Like, this is from America. It's American race. So the issue in Europe is even though we have, let's say, more people than in America, the communities are very small compared to America. 
because it's like in America, even though states kind of act like countries, right, I get the what people you mean. don't really treat them like countries. Yeah, I get what you mean. So, and also the language divide is very big in Europe. So what here, what RC, RC Racing TV and EFRA here is trying to do is sort of uh, make that divide disappear virtually. So you have uh, uh, Sp- Spanish championships and UK championships, and you have the same people viewing it. So you start to know these guys, like let's say Robert and Canas, you start to know uh, like Skidmore or someone if you're from Spain. So like this connects people from Europe and puts it all in the one place where it's like you feel you're part of something bigger now because it's connected between countries. Before it was like if an Italian race happened, it was only talk about on Italian forums and Italian websites and stuff. And now it can be talked with other people. And yes, InfoRC does uh, a good live stream and they have everything set, but it's in Spanish. Mm -hmm. So for me, like, okay, I can like, I can translate that with Google translate or whatever, so I can manage, but most people are not going to have the uh, time to do it. Or if they're not even into RC in the first place, they don't have the interest to do it. And uh, that's why like having an English sort of a broadcast studio from all from Europe, even though it's like obviously UK based and it's UK sort of a, like UK is the main place for them, obviously, because that's the easiest way to get videos of races and stuff. But still, it still connects the whole of Europe. And that's what EFRA is trying to do. And I, this is probably the best thing they've done for a long time if they keep doing it. Mm-hmm. So props to them. Um, I also had a thought too, that maybe, um, this is preparation for next year, just in case, Oh yeah. just in case, um, let's, let's just say, I don't know how Europe is with COVID or whatever. Let's just say like they, they're going to have Europe euros next year. And there has to be mm-hmm. like a limited number of people. I don't know. Maybe they're practicing or pl- I would be thinking, Hey, we can still broadcast some races and promote RC without having to be there. You know what I mean? We can send one or two cameramen there. We Okay, we won't mm-hmm. get the pit walk, but I mean, maybe. I'm just saying, maybe they're, they're preparing in case worse comes to worse and we have to have, maybe there's unlimited euros. Maybe there's only 50, 60 people allowed in. I don't know. You're just saying. Just, you never know. Maybe they're preparing to virtually be able to do what they do when they go to a track physically you know what i mean mm-hmm. having nick there i know it's not the same but i it, it I, I just think it might be something like that but the ability to bring in the other guests and all that stuff like i said i didn't watch much of it because i was trying to just you know on the weekends i try to come down a little bit and that's kind of caught up in southern nets so yeah good stuff man um when afro hey at least they're trying to do some things differently and putting some some funds into this and we all know that RC Racing TV does a good job. So let's see. And I saw that they're looking for a cameraman to go to a race here soon. So like they're like, hey, do you live in England? Do you want to go do this? Like operate a camera? So yeah, I guess they're going to try it out for a few continuously today to work out yeah. all the... And I, I like the direction we're going in. In Finland, like three of the four rounds were like filmed. So they were like guy filming the mains and even had a, li- even had a live stream. So that, that's like... For Finnish national, that's pretty good. And like, I really want that to be the norm. Like there's mm-hmm. always that or the club because it's like, to be honest, like even have a non-moving camera, that's better than have a, like nothing. But mm-hmm. like to have a moving camera, all you need is one guy really and a laptop and a 
camera. So it's not that big of an ask, really. I mean, I might be might be biased, but I think you know having English commentary is pretty essential for viewing. I mean, I, I've tried okay. watching some of the Spanish finals, and you know the. They do moving cams and and you know it looks like great footage, but it's just it. so hard to it's so hard to watch when you don't have English commentary and when you're trying to mm-hmm. uh, you know expand your audience and and try and get customers outside of the country that you're in, um, you know English is an international language and that may be really essential to to make sure like that's I guess that's the the benefit of RC Racing TV and why you know for me they're so much easier to watch and for me i really enjoy their program is because it's in english and you know i might be i might be biased because i speak english obviously but um yeah the 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 races in spanish is hard to watch i must admit <laughs> yeah I well speak actually spanish and i just uh, about watch them <laughs> yeah i mean actually like i think miguel tries his best because what he does is he gives like like let's say every other minute he gives an update mm-hmm. in english so he's like he goes yeah. to spanish talks about everything and then he goes like okay it's robert leading and canas is catching him or whatever like he has that he ha- he tries and he actually he does try, a pretty yeah. good job because he does, even yeah. the uh even the rc racing tv coverage last weekend they let uh they just had his fit because uh he was uh, streaming it to Facebook, so RC Racing TV was just publishing his feed. Mm-hmm. I would have wished they had English commentary on it, but like this is the first time I'll let it slide, whatever. But like I wish next time you have Nick and Matt commentate on it because you can have the results, you can see what's going on on the video. So like you have something to commentate on. So I wish they would add that, but still like. Uh, it was a really good main, actually. So, like, you know, the uh, Daniel Parente one, like a uh, kid. He was, yeah. So he straight up beat Canas. Went by. Oh, he had an issue with, okay. I think, a throttle servo. So he, Ro- Robert started okay. He was like a few seconds behind Canas, which is good start for him. Uh, but then, like, he started to have, I think he, I think Miguel said, after talking to Robert, that Robert had to only use brake. So he was all the time, he was on power. Mm. So he was like on power and then in corners he went to brake. That must be so hard. So like, yeah. And he still finished third. Wow. You know? That is amazing. Crazy. <laughs> we called him out, but that isn't finished like, yet. Yeah. And, and like, and like, uh, and this actually like, Thanks to Parente, which is an S-Works driver as well as Canas, thanks to him winning, Robert now actually confirmed the Spanish championship. So this was supposed to be like Canas's win, and then the last race would have been Canas's like home track, sort of. So he would have had a good shot at the na- national championship, but this kid beat him. So uh, <laughs> that it, it was actually a really good. Like I wish this type of stuff would be broadcasted to people outside of Spain because that's that that race on its own was really exciting and the national championship fight like it was actually like these guys like Canas had to win and like he didn't but like that's a good like storyline to have and you don't you like in America you have a few races a year you don't you don't have series in UK you have a series uh, so yeah, you can get some English commentary from there. But if every country that has a series has some English commentary and video footage of it, like you can have so many good storylines, you have so many good like 
races to watch. And uh, that's what I think uh, this new RC racing TV thing and everything is good for. Sweet. I agree with you. I agree with you. Um, hey, have a series. It makes everything more exciting. Uh, it's been proven over and over Definitely. and over and over again. Um, you know what, guys? <clears throat> it's time to pay some bills. And this podcast is brought to you by Manscaped. And guess what? I know you guys aren't into NFL, but fantasy football draft season is upon us. And it's time to put the PP back into PPR League with the sponsors of today's show, Manscaped. The leaders in below-the-waist grooming just launched the new Performance Package 4.0. Don't neglect your balls like the Packers front office has been neglecting Aaron Rodgers. Join the 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and get ready for kickoff by going to manscaped.com for 20% off free shipping using the code NNRC. Uh, you know what? I forgot my code, but I, I know it's in there in the coupon. Um, no, NNRC... Pod, I honestly forgot my code. <laughs> I don't know how I do this. I'm gonna do ad read and um, do my code. Um, but yeah, the the code is there. It's in the written link of this podcast. And you know what? This will help team that Troy Palam- Palamalu Palamalu in your pants. Look, guys, I have been using this lately. Right? I know it's kind of backwards, but Zach, when you get my age, and Max, when you get my age, this is what's going to keep your ears from looking like afros and keep those nose hairs trimmed. You know? You're not supposed to grow hair out of your ears, but apparently I am. So, you know, this helps keep it trimmed on. So, yeah. Um, get this. Get the Weed Whacker. Get the Lawnmower 4.0. Get their service package. And you guys, won't, you won't, you won't be disappointed. I haven't been... Thank you to manscaped.com. Remember, www.manscaped.com. Insert the code that I can't remember at this time, and um, you will save 20% off your order. All right, guys. Um, so my next thing, uh, somebody's echoing her. It might be you, Max. So, um, Me? Yeah. I have one more topic. I kind of want to wait for this, but I am going to mention it. Nemo released a picture of their buggy, and this got people talk. After all the Southern Natch drama, this got people talking a lot on my Facebook post. Um, do we want to talk about they it? They released it on Saturday already. We can catch on it briefly, but I the the SCRC segment is kind of about this. Okay, but not so we really. so can talk about thing. the car. Okay. Yeah, but I mean, we can talk about the car on its own. So, All right. like, what I believe it's it's it probably looks close to the big store car. Mm-hmm. That's my guess. Uh, because I don't, I don't see a way to fit the rear shock, uh, um, like because you have the pipe. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, you can make it fit, but that makes not sense so that it works properly in the front. You can make it fit. It got, it's going to be tight, but you can make it fit. Uh, uh, you can make it fit to the center line, so below the center drive shaft, and then you just put it on the steering rods. I've, I mean, I've. I've tried this, like really? draw in on a pad, but like it's, you, let's put it this way. You can make it, but it's almost impossible to make the work in uh, eight scale in front. Yeah, it's possible, but you have to use smaller shocks. You have to use like 10 scale shocks and uh, yeah, in the rear can't say a way of making it work 
in like a cantilever system. So my best guess is something like Pictor or one of the UK guys made a car like which had the rear shocks like on top of each other like this on top of the uh, rear gearbox. Mm -hmm. so that could be one. Uh, that's a good option. Uh, apart from that, like the wing mount. Like, maybe it's all for on, the wing mount. That's, that's what it's maybe all for. Just yeah, the wing mount, I, don't, I doubt it. I don't know. But like the wing mount is like you crash once and that breaks. So obviously just this car, I believe, is just like, like they probably 3D printed some parts and uh, then make a car that looks really cool, but it's probably never going to be released. And yeah, I'll talk more about that in our SCRC segment, but like that's basically what, what this car is. Mm -hmm. That's my feelings. They said, so uh, someone said in the comments uh, who is an Agama team driver or Nemo team driver, I think it was Kevin Brunston or something, but he said that uh, there will be more pictures and, and stuff uh, shortly. Well, I'm interested to see just, what it is. Just throwing it out there. Like if, you, if you've taken out that, front shock tower i mean how many times you know with a taller tower if you roll over the car's actually got something to roll on mm -hmm. and roll back onto its wheels if you're taking out that front tower and it's flat you roll over you've got nothing to help you keep rolling back onto yeah. your wheels again it's going to catch the roof it's going to catch the roof and just sit on its yeah. roof right yeah so, so like, i mean i i'd like to see like if you run like because now like for example like kyosho body shells are like thin like paper mm -hmm. so like having a thin body shell and rolling over without the front shock tower you're gonna ruin your body instantly so <laughs> I mean, I'd, I'd like to see that work out to be fair um i was told i don't know how true this is that uh lee was playing around with cantilever systems when he was at affinity in infinity or pushing for that so maybe they maybe are they are trying. Hey, we always talk about innovation, right? <clears throat> but is it innovation just for innovation's sake, or does it work? You know what I mean. Um, the only yeah. real onboard cantilever system that I've seen actually work was made by Traxxas and was run on the Revo. You know what I mean? Yeah, that worked. But, that know, worked and like, it was popular. Yeah, but like worked is a, a bit. The like, Revo yeah, was a completely worked. different vehicle. It worked. It worked. The Revo yeah, was a great like, vehicle. No, no, but I mean, like, working in terms of being a good car for bashing and working in terms of yes. being the fastest car in the world, there's a very big difference there. And that's that's the biggest issue. Because you can make it, like, work where, like, the car has shocks and it goes around the track nicely, but to make it actually faster, then it's a different story. But I'll. that's probably what... The SCR, well, that is what the SCRC right. segment is going to be about. So, all right, um, we'll see. It got people talking. Um, so mm -hmm. I, it's going to be interesting to see what they come. The one piece, uh, wing mount. I think the Team Magic car had that back in the day. Maybe there's been other cars. Yeah, Team Magic car had a lot of great shit. Like you know <laughs> the tank. <laughs> <laughs> you know the tank that it went like over the center drive shaft, but the uh, but the issue was that when you filled it up, only the other half filled was like full <laughs> because the air couldn't pass properly. You <laughs> got like vapor lock or something. So then they released a new tank after that. But the first car had a tank where if you filled it really fast, you couldn't make it full. Man, that car was it looked so awesome but it's probably one of the biggest flops ever in eight scale um it yeah. looks so innovative i like the awesome. i like the tank pull because it was like the center of the car kind yeah. of like durango where it, it was like you and even that it had like a, 
a hinge system. So you had the front wheel sh- windshield on, but then like when you pulled the tank, like the windshield uh, popped open. Durango just had a hole there. But yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Hey, it was great. It looked great 10 years ago. We, we was all freaking out about it. Then we actually got it. Then people got it and was like, oh my gosh. So maybe yeah. we need to revisit that in 15 years, 10 years from now. No. They, they had the, like the six months worth of media showing each individual part and how it was going to be the most perfectly designed car and they never had to change the design because they designed it perfectly from the start. And then finally everyone got the car and was like, oh, had to redesign actually maybe maybe we might (laughs) need to go back to the drawing board i mean let's be honest um innovation like we're talking about cars that were going to jump 30 feet probably 20 you know 30 to 40 feet in length and 25 or more 15 to 25 to 30 feet in height and landing these i think where innovation has to come is just making these cars lighter and more durable so we break glass yeah. and, uh, Max and just, is- and just easier to work yes. on. Right. Because yes. like most of the time, the cars have not really been a big, big jump in geometry changes or, or design. The only thing that's happened recently is just the easeability mm-hmm. pulling diffs out is easier and all that sort of stuff. And they, if they can just keep working on that and, and simplifying parts, like if you look back, you know, six or seven years ago, everyone had all these, components for their rear wing and now we're all just running one molded wing mount that sort of stuff where you mold 10 parts and remove all these screws and you've just got one piece now if we keep going down that road and making the car simpler one it'll be cheaper to make and two it's easier to work on and i feel like that's that's the game that you know these guys need to keep working on to to make the cars better yeah i think i think that's key right there like um I, I'm, I shouldn't reveal secrets but i know that uh like i think with the the Mayako, from what i was told like four screws and two body clips and you can have the whole radio tray and um fuel tank out so yeah that's yeah, all that's true you know that's always re- like i think that's really good gil Losi said it quick too we're gonna see innovation not in in chassis and stuff like that but making rc bigger but we uh I think that's a good point too. Making these cars easier to work on, making them last longer, and making them a little bit more durable. So when these new people that get into RC and get these cars and spend this money, they don't go right out there and break three A arms. You know what I mean? It can last a little bit longer. And it, I just don't think we're going to see think, that I radical think... innovation that people think we're going to see. And onward, yes, because it's a different platform. It's it's no no jumps. Yeah, but in, even in even in on road, like. You know, you know, even in on-road, like that innovation has been there for like mm-hmm. 10 years, like looming in the background. And now it just popped up. Well, so. it's it's funny because I had this conversation the other day and I actually had this conversation with Joel, the guy from Soda. I believe that uh, RC is actually 15 years below behind the rest of the world in industry and stuff like that. Um, when it comes to tech and just using. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Because so. most, most stuff we use is sort of leftover tech from other stuff there's very few things that are developed just for rc like let's say bold if that's just for rc mm-hmm. or um, there's probably some other things that i'm not just popping into my mind right now but most things like batteries and that that's just like leftover technology and then like some people just trying to make money that way sweet all right well i think 
we'll, we'll just have to wait and see what Nemo's got planned. But people are talking about yeah. it, and it gives us something to talk about. Either so. way, either way, I'm pretty excited to see yes. whatever thing they made because it's like I I I enjoy having something new, no matter if it's very bad. But if it looks cool, I mean, made my day today. So there you go. <laughs> whatever. There you go. <laughs> All right, um, we're gonna move on to a short Southern Nats recap. Obviously, none of us were there, unfortunately. I've been there. I I will go on. I went there before race time. Took over this track, and it had a cap. And the previous owners had it. And I have to say, even Joseph went there, and we 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 pretty much uh, said this is probably the best place to have an indoor. It's probably one of the best races out there. And but it's probably damn the best place to have an indoor race, to be honest. Like, the facility is really nice. It's AC throughout. You can actually, um, the the way it is, like, so the stadium has one set of seats, and that's on the, this on this side of the on the building, and then the track's here, and the driver stands right in front of the seats. So it doesn't, you know, like the other stadiums, it doesn't have seats all around. Yeah. What that allows is, excuse me, for us to pit, be, like, it's like a whole separate room like a whole big arena behind that where you can pit. And that kind of stops the noise, the smoke that you might get, which you didn't get. I, when I was there, it didn't get too smoky besides when JQ nearly burnt down our pits. But, um, uh, with a lipo fire, uh, I think it's a great race. I enjoyed the, the person that built the track. He, he did some, some unique elevation that we, we don't see anymore. We don't see, but uh, yeah, Southern Nats was up. Race time took this over in 2019, I believe. Was it 20? I believe no. 2020 was their their first race. Isn't like isn't isn't it like race time like only had PNB and all these other races were like independent and then race time took over yeah, all of them, them like AMS and uh, this race. SIC, this race. Um, yeah. PNB was theirs. Uh, I think ones. Wicked Weekend was theirs as well. So he's bought up okay. these races and put it put them into the race time field. But this was this was a a big race. This had um, it's supposed to be a cap race. Number one, it's supposed to only have three hundred and seventy five entries. We'll talk about that later, which made it good too because they actually have to have this capped because they have a curfew. They have to be out of that building at oh. every every time by a certain time at night, or they have to pay like a thousand dollars an hour every time that they're. The? Yeah, it's somewhere. I mean, that's not that much though, like thousand an hour. Yeah, like, you but you stay four hours. Hour. Yeah, when you who know? Look. Let oh me well, yeah, yeah. We're yeah. About you stay a like facility. a lot. We're yeah. about renting a facility. Like the rent must cost like like tens of thousands though. I'm not sure, but it's not cheap. And this is in a very compared to where the other races are. This is in a very kind of a small town, but a busy small town. All the amenities are right there. Yeah. Literally, like you can. You would drive to your park, your hotel, but literally across the road and stuff like that. But um, I just want, I had a few things here that I wanted to go over. First off, track thoughts. Um, what are you guys' thoughts on the track? Uh, I'll, you go ahead, Zach. Have you watched any video of it? Have you, you saw my video that I sent you. What was your thoughts on the, on the track? Yeah, I mean, I watched, I watched the final. I thought uh, the track surface looked a little better than the previous year. I know they started off pretty wet from what I saw in the videos and, it seemed to take a bit more of a groove compared to last year. Um, uh, I, I mean, obviously, I really like the you know the, the elevation change and the off-camber sections and that sort of stuff. I probably would have liked to have seen maybe a little bit more rhythm. Like it seems, 
like a lot of the jumps are quite fast paced with lots of run up and that sort of stuff. And if they can have some jumps that are out of corners and, and a bit slower, but like really tight with like a six pack or something like that, just that, you know, a lot of these top drivers, I mean, I know that we're catering for a lot of different skill levels at these races and that's imperative for race time to, to make sure they keep getting people to come in. But um, it would just be so good to see a slightly more challenging track for these top drivers because um, it just seemed probably a little bit easy for them. Nonetheless, they still made a f- some some mistakes, but um, just some bring some more rhythm back to the, the track. I mean, the previous, um, I'm not sure um, what facility it was, but the just the last race time um, event that Cole had raced on like a month ago and then, that he won on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that... That that looks really quite quite nice. That that surface and the and the track layout that looks a good balance of of technical and and probably more user friendly for for new beginners and stuff. But um, yeah, I mean, I still I still think they did a pretty good job with with the amount of dirt that they had and and the the track looked pretty good. It had some pretty good racing. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, I had nice and close racing. It broke up a little bit. Got a bit of character in some spots and. Um, you know, that obviously still made for some, some mistakes from the top drivers, a couple of big holes coming into the off camber sections and, and that sort of thing. Um, so yeah, that's, I guess that's the breakdown for me. How about you, Max? Yeah. Very East coast esque style track, you know, very like, because now that, uh, Zach said that there was like these huge jumps with huge run ups. I definitely can say I'm not a fan because these are very boring jumps. Even though I like PMB and stuff where I was, like these are huge jumps and it's like a lot of air time, but it's like, it's kind of boring, you know, like you just yeah. jump and then you just wait and then you go. So it's, that's what I don't like. That's the worst part about East coast racing is like the jumps are very boring. Like Joey knows how to make a jump. Like he, like no other really, like he's really good at making a rhythm section or a tri- even a triple, like a simple triple, he can make it really cool. So that's definitely a good observation. And I definitely agree with that. Um, apart from that, what I then like about East coast tracks is the fact that they actually do like hip jumps and corner table tops and like corners that you actually have to drive around. Because in the West Coast, it's 180, 180, 90. Like, that's all the corners you have. There's, like, maybe a one sweeper at, at best. So that's those are the things, like, probably the biggest observation from the track. Uh, Surface-wise, kind of weird to see it break it out because, like, it looked very grooved and polished, but then, like, huge holes at some parts. So a bit of a weird mix, but uh, I get it. And... Uh, yeah, not a huge fan of the huge off campers. Never really a fan of those. Like I like small off campers and sort of a nice off campers, but these were like a huge section which the whole section is cambered. Not a huge fan of that, but uh, a decent track, very like normal yeah. track really. Nothing too crazy, nothing awful, nothing good, nothing like too good really. So it's like an average. Um. All right, my turn. Uh, I think it was a good track. I, I, I've I've known Bobby. He this is this reminds me of what Bobby usually does. Um, uh, he has he kind of has a a big. All right, so a little bit about this track. The person that used to build this track, I have never seen anybody do elevation like this guy used to do before. To be honest, 
Um, yeah, is it, is it? Did Bobby build uh, tracks before race time? Built, no, 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 uh, no. He didn't. But last year he had. Yeah, so it was a different guy then. Yes. Because it used to be like there was a lot of roost, and it was like huge jumps, like uh, jumping up, like step ups and stuff at the back. Yeah, that, that was a lot more. There, right? Dude, you like seriously? Yeah. you would have elevation almost two and a half times your height at some points. You know yeah. what I mean? So the, the darts there and all that type of stuff. I just um, and this is no disrespect to to Bobby. I, I just think when it comes to that type of elevation, he, he, it's, it's, it takes a, a special art. I think, um, I don't think Joey can do yeah. it. I don't think Joey can do it. I haven't seen him mess with elevation no, much. No. Um, Vestigar can do it. Maybe Levi was one of them guys can do it as well. But, um, I get it. They, they did some, I actually liked, I didn't like that. The one thing I didn't like was the right hand where you just like, you went up that off camber and, it was just yeah, like the long off camber. Like I was just yeah. like, wow, that's just a big mound of dirt right there. Like you know what I mean? Yeah, big, a lot yeah. of dirt. It could have been so and much like, more. Uh, exactly. But I think it was for I think for the average person going there was a good track. I I enjoyed it. It made for good racing. Um, I believe it, obviously it made for good racing because we saw some good racing. But um, I guess I know because we had some comments about it not being a Southern Natch track, and I understand that because the guys that used to go to this race yeah. are used to a certain uh, level. I mean. We haven't, I don't see people making tracks like Southern Edge track layouts in previous years. So Yeah, and isn't the surface very different? Like uh, like I said, it, no, it's, it used it, to be like roofed and stuff, right? No, 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 no. Um, It, it does group. When we went, it it gets rough. It might get a little, it's a weird yeah. surface. It might get almost like a Thornhill typey where that, um, yeah, that fine layer of dust on it, you know, where okay. as well. But uh, yeah, I, I, um, and also I was reading some of the race reports. It seems like it rained and it was a lot of moisture in the track this year compared to other years. So maybe that also helped put on a bigger a groove. Yeah, I don't think it got yeah. as blown up as, okay, we can't see because we're not there. But I didn't see any of those big giant craters that you usually see that form at this track in certain spots. So they, yeah. you know, there's a few small, like right. medium sized ones, though. like so, even in the Mayfield, when Mason goes by, mm -hmm. like even then when he's going, Mayfield's going the off camber, he like hits a huge yeah. rut there. I, I think the track yeah, is okay. And they, and they only water it like at the beginning once they build the track and then they just leave it for the entire race. Is it yeah. like I never see them water? Like, they, they actually water, water it I think the they water, they water. Yeah, but, I but I think they water like before, like they water like between like classes, right? <laughs> Yeah, and at least okay. B and B, they water like between classes at the end of the day. And then during main day, it just because there's so much, so much rubber getting on the track, so much, you know, all that type of stuff. Yeah. They don't water as much, and it just the grip just builds up. They actually, I think, usually by main day, <clears throat> I see usually Bobby and guys just watering the fluff. You know what I mean to keep dust on. Yeah, that's yeah. And, um, yeah. That's the way to go. So I thought it was a good track, um, just not a Southern Nets track. And honestly, I don't think it's going to be a Southern Nets track until, unless you got that guy who used to build that stuff because he knew that dirt. He knew how to do it. And it was just a one-off track that they did. That was the only track he built every year. So, yeah, unfortunate. But it was still good. Level of competition. The level of competition at this track was definitely good. Um, we had all the major players probably except a Tanner Denny wasn't there. Major. Eh, somewhat major. But I think Tanner Denny is actually... No Tasman is going back to, I believe it's going back to Canada. Um, yeah. That's about it. I think the only missing, no Aiden Horn, no Cole Tallard too. So, um, there's a, yeah, but like Aiden Horn and Tallard, they don't, 
they do attend races, but mostly West Coast, really. I think no, they no, only no, did no. Uh, no, no, no. uh Tallard, maybe not this, but Aiden has attended almost a lot of the race time events. Okay. But, but Tallard, for sure, scale. didn't attend a lot. Um, okay. No, okay. Tallard went to a couple of races, I believe. Race time, I, well, I, I only I only remember seeing Aiden at PMB. Tollard, I can't remember being at anywhere apart from like, yeah, not even DNC, really. Might be, I don't you think. might be right. You might be right. So we get, anyway, we get all these international people obviously coming to DNC and Silver State. Um, but it looks like, you know, there's a lot of attention now going to these wicked weekends and, and race time and entertainment races. Is that likely to then draw some more international um, I don't attending? Know. I don't like know. It, you know, they, the, the events look so good. You know, you're going to get the race because it's indoor. Mm-hmm. Um, surely, you know, there's going to need to be some draw cards for some more international people attending these sort of races as well. Well, I, here's here's a, here's a good point. Um, the location, biggest location, issue is location. flight. I think. Yeah. Location, location, I location. Think... Los Angeles easy to fly in. Las Vegas easy mm-hmm. to fly in. Yeah. One row. East Monroe, Louisiana. I don't even know where you fly. I'm sure it is easy. It's easy to fly in, but yeah, we like, also have to look at something different with that. Is that when the international crowd comes, it's not usually. It's, it's like, oh, we're not just coming for one race. You know, when they come to what what DNC allows is they come to DNC. You usually like what I'm playing. Like usually, what we would do, we go out there the week before, maybe you know, ten days before, get that week of practice in and testing at different tracks, and that's all R and D and all that type of stuff. So. I think with these, I know Dave wants the international crowd. And I know, like, I've talked to Ronald Falk. He wants to go to PNB, and I'm sure these guys do. But I think that is when you have these one-off tracks like that, that is one of the deterrents for these companies. Like, hey, we're going to send these guys to this race. But you have to, like, if you're going to send guys from Europe, that's a long flight. You know what I mean? Long, expensive flight. You got to make the best of your time while you're in America. I'm not saying they can't just go, you know, they can go into LA and then fly go to these races. But I think... That's one of the missing things with these one-off races is that these guys can't come out there. I, I mean, they could go and test at different tracks, but not not like California. You know what I'm saying? California, you could Santa Barbara, yeah. Relevations, on the alley, get all your testing in, and then go to the race. So yeah. I think that's one of the big drawbacks with these races for, for and just location, like flying into them and stuff like this. Hopefully next year we see more. Yeah. And like imagine going to PMB. Like when I went, like, you have to drive to Tennessee in the middle of nowhere, in the middle of trailer parks. Then you have like, the, like, is there even a track close by? No. Not really. I don't, I don't think there is. Right. So I, I, imagine this, you're okay. Imagine this, like, this is like the worst case scenario. You're David Ronafuck. You're in the middle of like winter living in Sweden. You fly down to East coast. The flights cost like, like one and a half times like more than would be to LA. You have to, you have to have a connecting flight because no way you're getting into Tennessee from yeah. Sweden. Yeah. Uh, you, you go to Tennessee, there's no track nearby. You're in the middle of a trailer parks. It's like people look like <laughs> there zombies. There was no trailer parks in and the but, We had nice houses around. Yes, there were. There was like a huge, like there's, uh, there not, was like not, trailer park not, heaven. Not, not, not where the actual track was. It was nice area. It was beautiful. Oh, no, 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 no. I mean, the, the track is in a nice area, but like around there. So like it's in the middle of nowhere. Uh, like it's a city. Yeah. But a very small it's not city. like, 
it's not town. it's not a place you want to go to just to go there yeah, you go there is. for the rc race and yeah. that's it and then you okay now you you spend more money to go there there's really nothing rc wise there it's not a, a site to go see uh you go to the race uh and uh there's no live rc there's no video footage there's no media uh no schedule no like you go open practice you drive through the night like what part of this is something you as a pro driver want to go to Maybe there's no do. exposure for Maybe winning this race only thing you can only thing positive for david is for someone like david would be to win uh like contingency money from hb but like from hb's perspective like what's the point like point. because because no, ex- no exposure. It is. There's no exposure from this race. No, it, is. it, it is for the, lo- we, okay. for the locals. Do you want to win DNC? No, but like, come on. Like, um, okay, like it can't, like, all right. Like, I'm there. All right. Do you want to go to DNC and her. Silver State? This is a good point because like going to PNB, there's, you spend more money than DNC or Silver State and you do have you gain less even if you win this race you gain less from like being let's say you finish david finishes third in dnc is better than winning pnb well because pnb just doesn't have the it's a great race Exposure. it's a big race it does no it doesn't have the what's the word i'm looking for the the history the 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 weight the clout that dnc know. has no but it's, it's not just well race. okay yeah but okay yeah definitely but there's there are races in america that are much more sort of um, much better options than these races in the East Coast. It's location is the number one issue. But what do you mean by location? The other issues okay. are just export. But like, yeah, but like even online, like East Coast races aren't as represented. Like everyone knows when a JBRL happens. Mm-hmm. People barely know when like a wicked weekend happens. I'm no, talking in Europe, obviously in America. Right, 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 right. Because it just doesn't have the exposure that it has as as the exactly. Inside. But it's as simple as that. like to be honest, JBRL has more exposure in Europe than Wicked Weekend and uh, uh, Southern Nats has had in the past. Nowadays, yeah, race time has picked up a lot. Now the race time takes care of it. They get a lot more exposure. They get a lot more top guys there. But like, let's say three, four years ago. JBR winning JBRL in America gains you more than winning PNB in have. America. Not now. If, if we talk in Europe, we're talking in Europe. Not okay. now, obviously. Okay. But like that's like the thing. And now, if race time is going towards uh, schedules, capped entries, and uh, sort of organized racing, then and then they have live RC there as well. Now you're gonna start attracting more Europeans, but there's still the barrier of like location. Mm-hmm. Uh, Let's say like Southern Nats maybe could be a better option or something like Wicked Weekend when it's in Georgia, right? It's not far from Atlanta. Uh, so you can fly in Atlanta and it's an hour out of Atlanta. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So if it's close to a big city and it's like somewhat at a decent area and there's some cl- tracks close by and there's good exposure from a race, then they will come. DNC is like the, like the better than anything really because there's like so many... Uh, iconic tracks close to it you can fly to la you can go to uh what do you call it santa monica pier and whatever go on a holiday as well so that's why those races are so much more appealing mm-hmm. i would agree with that yeah i think i think the next step really that the race time entertainment need to do to make sure that you know their races are 
worthwhile going to for for these international scenes is just to, to make sure they've got some media coverage because you know having really a stationary cam um, like one corner of the the track that didn't really give a good perspective you know they, they can do so much better than that really like and they need to they need to build a story they need to mm-hmm. to go down that avenue i mean yes it's going to cost more money but you know to to attract international scenes you, like you say you're going to need to make it worthwhile and it's coverage if if you you go there and win and and the coverage is no good then it's not really worthwhile you don't have a magazine covering the event what what have you got right so it's got to be it's got to be coming down to media coverage they've got everything else looking at it they've got a great track they've got good venues mm-hmm. um yes you know they might need to get a, a joining flight to get there but um that that media part is is just so essential i think yeah okay. i i, I, I put it this that. way i put it this way in america in the east coast race time organizes five races that all could be new buggy mm-hmm. every single one of those races could be new yeah, exactly. why why it isn't it's the media yeah. Neo Buggy is in the middle of nowhere in a university city, like the town. closest city is like 10, 10, well town. Yeah. Closest, like closest anything is like, at least like you have to drive, you can't walk to any store or whatever. You have to stay at the university or a hotel, which is at least 15 minutes away from the track. Yeah. And the hotels at that, that area is very expensive. So like, that's the most awful like place to have a race. Really. If you want to have a race, mm-hmm. But just because they organized it properly, they marketed it properly, and they had good media coverage, it's a very attractive race. So every single one of these uh, American East Coast indoor races could be Neobuggy if they just wanted to. It's it's not even money because they probably make more money than Neobuggy ever did. Yeah. So the only only thing is, does Race Time have the will to put on a Neobuggy type of show, or do they just want to have the money grab from? the the uh, racers there they can make a choice um i agree with you on that one um you guys are absolutely right um excuse me neo was in the middle of nowhere and it was packed mm-hmm. it, you know it was one of the best races of the year uh and because everybody could watch it and everybody was invested in it, it was a mm-hmm. good production and you know um, and yeah the tracks were good and all that but mm-hmm. still like it's yeah. Like even these race time tracks are good enough to be. Well, race time has all the ingredients to have a lot of things. It has all the ingredients to have a proper mm-hmm. series. It has the all the ingredients to have spectators into it. Like it needs some changes. Dave listens. I will give him. I give Dave a lot of credit. He listens. That's why he's yeah. doing AMS a little different. Now, I hope it isn't like. Now we, he said he's gonna have live RC at PNB, and I'll be honest with you, the coverage from live RC at PNB was. Meh. Like after coming off DNC, which is really good, yeah, um, it just wasn't up to par. And speaking of coverage, I know a lot of people were pissing and moaning about the the moving camera. I'm just happy we had one because we got to see these races. But I'm gonna say this: the people using the moving camera were volunteers. They don't really know what they're doing, so mm-hmm. I don't blame them. But that's where I would like to see Dave figure out a way where he can get three guys. I don't know, give them. Give them some free entries or something, something where three guys that go to these races that are going to give a couple of, I don't want, you don't have to have moving cams for every main, you know what I mean? Or everything, but definitely for the pro ones yeah, like, and stuff like that, which they did, but people, the person will get better at it. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah, it would just but be why, why is, why is it just up to Dave though, man? Like, 
all these manufacturers are sending their pros there because they're and spending. It's like, what the hell are you doing they it for? Have to. They don't have to. Yeah. Because everything is being marketed right there to the people there. That's the small mindedness of RC. Like, we're going to, yeah. we have 550 entries, 250 people. You're advertising to the same people over and over and yeah. over again. You're not that's, advertising that's to anybody the, new. Yeah. So that probably that's saying, the issue in RST. Yeah. Especially, especially like, well, even in Europe, let's say everywhere in the world in yes. RC, the idea is like, let's go to this race so we can show that our car is good and our team is good to the people at the race. Mm -hmm. It's not like full scale racing where should I go to this race where no one, there's only going to be the people who are at this race. It's, it's sort of like, okay, 10 years ago, no internet very little people looked at even T RC on the TV where even if you could find it anywhere in Europe, you had some, but that's like, that's, that's the thing. Like RC has like never fully realized that, Hey, what if most people are back at home? So what if we just did this for the people back at home watching it? And that's just like, like people don't just get that idea into their heads. And, one reason I've been very critical of race time is because they could have something that's better than RCGP just if they wanted to. Mm -hmm. All they needed to do was like do the same stuff RCGP does, but they have the infrastructure, the people, the contacts. They have better, like they could do RCGP better than RCGP does RCGP. If they just copied whatever they did, mm -hmm. they could do it better, 100%. Because they just have. Only because. Because they have the brand already, they have the races already, they have the people that know what's going on. They have everything they want to, but they just they don't they're either they don't know how to do it and they don't want to ask anybody, or then they just don't want to do it. Mm -hmm. So there's two options and neither is good. Well, well that's why let's give that's them why it's let's critical. give them some credit. AMS, which is in November, will be capped. This race was capped, you're gonna get onto that later. They're gonna have a live RC there was, and a different what's format. What's this race with the new? Was this race the old format or new format? Oh uh, no, this is just regular what like race time. Okay, but, okay. But okay. um, they they went over the cap by yeah by a hundred and seventy five people. Yeah, and but it's supposed to be in three fifty three fifty seventy five. They yeah. have five fifty. If it's yeah regular format doesn't really matter right but see what, if you're doing something else it matters what pissed people off about that was when you put all those entries this extra 175 entries you cut before southern that used to have triple a mains and electric it was out of there by a certain time oh, okay and then okay. the lower mains were long i think from what i was told that the lower mains got shut down to 10 minutes a main mm -hmm. uh you yeah, got one 10 minute electric a main and they were taking entries like people, like they had posted all the stuff. Like, hey, get signed up! It's Captain. People signed up, and then they were taking entries up to five hundred and fifty entries on the day of, you know, the the week they were taking entries. But to Dave, I have to say this, and I'm not, I'm not saying that that's right, but I want to look at it like this. I look at it from both ways. This race is the furthest they have to travel because this is like this is almost in Texas. Like, you know what I mean? It's like yeah. forty five minutes away from the border of Texas. That's the furthest East Coast race they have to go. So obviously it probably costs a little bit more and I'm pretty sure this building is really expensive because it's yeah it's kind of like in a built up somewhat built up area not a city but you know so I get it he has to make money look the bottom line is these guys have to make money doing this if they don't make money these go away 
So I have no issue with oh, yeah. making money at it. But as a racer, I would be very... People need to be more pissed off about that than paying $150 yeah. for an entry where you, you know you're going to get guaranteed time. So the biggest thing I'm hearing now is people are like, well, is he going to do the same thing at AMS? And I said he shouldn't because he's AMS, he's charged more. So just you yeah, charge I'm, more to have that. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, so, I don't know how much the entry is where this race. $100. Hundred dollars, yeah. like come on, you come on, okay. Dude, when you is, race four, okay, when now, you race now four, I'm a, no, no, no. We're, we're talking when you race four yeah. entries, though five car entries. That's five hundred. Yeah, yeah, that I know, that. no, no, but yeah, but I now I'm this this fact makes me a kind of pissed. What happened, I saw so many comments, so many that comments. many entries, man. That's like racing five classes or four classes. That's just ludicrous. The Bermuda man. guys just, always do it because they don't. We don't have a track back home, so they come and try to get as much runtime as they can you know what i mean it's like international wow pme yeah. i'm talking pme yeah i understand but like if you know if you just cap the entries and and say well if you're going to run one class we're going to make sure that you get mm-hmm. you know five qualifiers and a, and a long final then you don't you don't feel like you need to go and oh, bring agree. six cars or five cars and i agree well remember then you can just lift the entry fee whatever so, yeah but come on like People were complaining about AMS entry fee. How much was it? $150. Wasn't even, yeah, 150. Yeah. Okay. So you pay $150 to get more track time. You know your schedule. You can organize your day around it. You have, you, the race doesn't go all night like at PMB. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you could get away with running two classes and still have more track time and running three classes at some other race. I agree with you. And you only pay $50 more. You spend you, that much on lunch during the week, like no, but you gotta eat, look at eat the, cheaper lunch. Like, come on, like the people that go this to is these so races, dumb. Like, no, but the people that go to these races are so used to running those three to four classes. You know what I mean? Yeah, and but, and also what AMS is taking away is that open practice. That a lot of people like, and it's yeah. also making it mandatory to do a four day race. Then a lot of people can only do three day race, but that's why it's capped. And that's why the price is more. And that's why they say it's not for everybody. So like, if you don't want to go, don't go. I guarantee the people that go are going to have a good time, but I guarantee yeah. you, I would be more upset about only getting a 10 minute a main in, in electric. Oh, I'm sorry. Only one a main in electric and um, 10 minute finals, lower finals, but you have to throw in all those more, more those entries. Like got to make, I don't, I don't mind one A main in electric. In electric A main doesn't really matter, really. It's like when one or three, three, whatever. Yeah, but like I don't know. I don't really care for le- le- electric. But what I care about is people running seven and a half minute nitro mains. Well, it wasn't in, that like bad. the lower nitro. It main. wasn't that bad. It well, yeah, but it it has been. Yeah, but yes. whatever, seven and a half or ten or fifteen, that's not enough, and that's what I'd be pissed about. I would, I would be, be more pissed about going to a race, paying $60 for an entry and getting a 10-minute main instead of paying 150 and getting 20-minute main. Well, it's like, be 30 minutes Even AMS. already that. Yeah, so 30 minutes. Come on. Like, I'd rather pay the more money just to get more main time. Not, don't even worry about qualifying or practice. Even just the longer main, I'd pay more money. Okay. Well, that rant is over. But we're going to yeah. go on to the actual race. <laughs> um, all right. So... I, I want to say let's let's start with Truggy, uh, Tebow Fuller, Cav, Ryan Mayfield out after ten minutes. Very, you know, 
I have to, uh, we're going to talk about Mayfield a lot, but um, I kind of knew when he was out after 10 minutes, I was like, yeah, Mayfield's going to be super aggressive here after this because the pro, the truggy man was the first one and he was leading yeah. when he broke. So, or whatever, I don't know what happened to him. And it, he, he's finished almost all his races this year. So this is, you know, not to finish this, this race was a little chink, I would say. You know, it, it happens, but, you know, he's finished all his races, I believe, this year. So he didn't win that. Um, Tebow went on to win it. A uh, very good race for Fuller. And another, I'm going to say it right now, TLR, this is the best TLR outing in a long time. So I'm going to say that right off the bat. So you got Tebow, congratulations to him, Techno Truggy. Fuller, very good, very good weekend for Fuller. Mason Fuller, 16 years old, second in Truggy. And then the GOAT, Cav, in third. That's two TLRs and a Techno. Um, did I not put E-Buggy here? I didn't. No one cares about E-Buggy. Yeah, but Let's it was, yeah, but E-Buggy was one of the biggest <laughs> things here. Um, yeah, oh yeah, well, this time everyone cared about E-Buggy. I sure. care about E-Buggy. I was wrong. Um, Nitro Buggy. All right, so... 30 minute final. I'm like, you know, RM. Fend wins and no one talks about it. <laughs> I know. Fend Fen wins. Not, not even Losey. Not even really. Like, where's the photos of his car? Like, what, what was I he running? Like? Yeah, I haven't seen that. I have seen like pictures of Mason and stuff, but I, I haven't even seen Fend, like pictures of Fend winning or with a trophy or anything. I have. I have. So, what happened pictures. here? Um, Maybe they've got a, a new prototype rear end that they're not wanting JQ to see. Yeah, they don't want JQ to see anything. Um, yeah. Let's talk about Nitro Buggy real quick because that's our main class that we like. Um, congratulations to Dakota Fenn. People say that the prophecy hasn't been fulfilled because he has to win DNC Nationals of Silver State. I would agree with that, but he won. He won a Nitro Buggy race. He won a Nitro Buggy I, race. I, yeah, he um, won, but I, I take like you could add PNB to that list. Did he win PNB? But, Apart, oh no, no, but no to like, the list. He yeah, but pretty much like this is this is all sort of on the edge because Mayfield was here. Mm-hmm. So uh, but yeah. Well, I, at one point I just said, Well, Ryan Mayfield's out front, that's it. He's won this. I had this race over. Over. Because what he's done this every every year. Every race this every eight scale race is done. He gets out in front and he just just goes. Yeah. He's had the, the best, one of the best eight scale years ever, right? And he mm-hmm. comes into this, I, I see him checking out, I'm like, ah, oh, the race is for second. Like, you know what I mean? And then, man, he makes that mistake and I just watch all of that unravel and I'm just like, honestly, I was like, yeah, this is exciting now. Um, And Dakota fan went on to win and then we had Rivkin in second and Cav in, in third. But, Let's talk about that Mayfield mistake because this has caused a lot of people, this has caused a lot of drama too. The Mugen Mafia right now is not happy with me. I'm pretty sure they are not happy with me. I know Ryan Mayfield is probably pissed off at me. I'm not, I like Ryan Mayfield. I think it's awesome. All this type of stuff. I used to be a Mugen Mafia guy, so I understand why these guys are so pissed off because I would probably be pissed off too. But now that I've stepped back, I can see, I can look at this from a little different angle. Um, Ryan Mayfield did that to himself. He he came off that jump. He got he got in that he got caught in that. I think he just it, the traction was so high. He was probably on a softer compound tire. It looks like he got in there and then he just got on the fuel, got on the throttle, and 
like the you know how like when you have that soft compound and you that grip you it just mm-hmm. the sidewall goes and you you know that happened yeah he did a great job to save it but he was just discombobulated and all out of sorts and then he went over that jump and people say well Fen, it does look like Fen like pushes him away but at that point when he's trying to come back into that line like this Fen is already in the air with that line kind of yeah you know I mean? it looks like Fen no, kind I mean- of pushes him wide to say hey this is my corner get off me and then I'm sorry, Mayfield gets out in the fluff. Ben goes up, and I swear, if 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 Mayfield wouldn't have hit that pipe and got stuck under that pipe, man, Fen would have been in the wall of the building. That's how hard. he was making a beeline straight for, straight for. Fen. He was so pissed off. See, so pissed off. Yeah, he's like, oh, you you mad? Like he doesn't. I think at that time he doesn't realize he made the mistake two corners before that that led to that. But yeah. he said, oh, it's all Fen's fault. And he was going to, boom, you can see it. And he just got stuck under that pipe. And I was just like, oh. As soon as I saw that, I said, oh, Ryan Mayfield is not going to be a happy man after that. Yeah. So I, said, so I, I mean, but the thing the thing here is like, I don't know. I haven't seen any Mugen Mafia comments. What do they think about this? But if you land a jump poorly and the car behind hits you, that's on you. Mm. Like, no matter what jump it is, no matter what happens, even here, like, Fend could have braked, could have done something else. He held his line. But if you make a mistake, go out of the line, it's in, it's your responsibility to come back into the line so that the car behind you isn't on the way. If you go out, like, you, Mayfield went wide and then shot back into the line. And, like, he can only blame himself, really. It's not like even like no matter what you say here, you can't really blame Fend, like because it wasn't like it, he. If you're out of like yeah, Fend could have braked, but that would have been way too nice. Like you don't really point, do that. At unless, that point, do you go for the gap? Like this, this is no different from yeah. what happened in E buggy, just in a different corner. And well, a different it's speed. very different. Mm-mm. Yeah, it's it, this is very different because Mm-mm. this was actually blamed fully on Mayfield. What happened in the last no, corner? You, you, you had some people blaming Marshalls. You had some people. You people are blaming Fen. I can see where they say they say Fen turns like that, like turns his wheels to almost. Yeah, I would do that too. Like, hey, get over. Like, this is my line now. You know what I mean? Because at that yeah, point, it was Fen's line. He was. Well, really, he the wasn't only like way that, that Fen was going to. The only way to Fen Fen was going to actually not impact Mayfield though was to really check up. Mm-hmm. Right, and like yeah. he was just running his normal line. He jumped to the inside, and and he didn't do anything out of the ordinary, really. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, for this one, like Mayfield got got a bit crossed up. He saved it, but he was still he was still out of shape by the time Fen got to the corner, um, and mm-hmm. and you know he he really defended it at all costs, and maybe I mean a little bit of a longer strategy might have paid off for him there. And just that little bit of patience, even if he let Fenn get in the lead, mm-hmm. he, you know, he could have put the pressure on him and, and then driven the mistake again. And that's where, you know, Nitro is about longer mains and that strategy. And to, to go in hard like that and defend so hard when you, you know, really it's going to cause an accident. Uh, it was 10 minutes to for go. Me, yeah, it's still heaps of time. He knows it's Fen in front of him. So the right. only thing he has to do is be even close and Fen just blows out. I, I just think he blows himself. I just think we had um a rare glimpse of the older Mayfield when he was very impatient. 
I mean, younger Mayfield, but yeah. he's impatient. And he was probably pissed off about Troggy. And mm. he probably, like, oh, I, I get it. In the moment, you're like, oh, you pushed me wide. But if he wouldn't have tried, like, either he was trying to jump and get right on the inside and punt friend, I don't think he's trying to break Fenn, but just move him out of the way and punt him off the track. If he wouldn't have tried to have done that and just went in second and didn't get stuck under that pipe, he probably would have won this race. Probably would have. Oh, definitely. You know? What I, you know what I think happened? I think after winning the Nationals and uh, having a pretty shitty 10-scale Nationals for Mayfield, mm-hmm. I think he just, like, he just and he didn't he have a kid as well he had a kid after pmb yeah yeah so yeah i'm pretty sure he wasn't practicing too well before this oh, no, race no, no. he wasn't no. really interested in going this race no, i no, don't no. think he was yeah. the weekend before he was with drake and the rivkin they were because he, he was running the protect engine too right no but so they yeah, were testing well, okay they were testing now but that's different now I want to say testing something. engine is very different. I, I want to say something. To you guys may not agree with me. You may disagree with me. He's been on MX for three years now, since twenty, let's say twenty seventeen or something. People's like, oh, it's just another OS. It's just another OS. Twenty nineteen. No, he's been on MX longer than that. He went MX after um, after the World yeah 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 yes sorry sorry Absolutely. you're right yeah, yeah sorry you're right Max. Um. Does that mentally does that mentally play with him a little bit? Like I don't have that MX anymore. I know it's just another OS, but I'm always thinking of what the mental side can be with these races. And when they have something that's out of sorts in their program, it can mentally mess with them a little bit. We're, did we see a little bit of this with Mayfield? Because this is compared to his other eight skill. Okay, he did make that mistake at Silver State when he said he stepped on his dick, right? Yeah. So I think he. This is another. He said this is. He's had two, I think in this race, he had two stepping on his dicks moments. That with Fend, and then the one with Mason. So Yeah, but the thing is, he's never had that in Buggy, in Nitro Buggy. It's the no, first time no. he has had yeah, it Yeah, exactly. So, oh man, he, he was on the roll for a perfect season in Nitro Buggy. But you know what? You might, you might be actually right, because when he was running Maxima, I assume he was running Maxima Fuels. If he wasn't, then this is an old point. But... He he probably isn't running maximum fuel anymore. So if he was running maximum fuel and he's running something else now, that definitely has an effect. Mm-hmm. Some fuels, uh, like let's say you said there were ten minutes left, so it's at the end of the tank most likely for him. If you're running seven and a half, well, end portion of the tank, a lot of fuels have it so that let's say worse fuels have it that you go towards the end of the tank. The engine starts to go lean. The fuel doesn't cool down the engine enough, uh, and then it doesn't have enough flow to cool down the engine. So that could be a factor here. So changing the fuel and running a longer main, because even though he was uh, with Jake at Thunder Alley, he hasn't run like a mm-hmm. forty-five minute or even thirty-minute main with refuels and pushing against mm-hmm. guys. He could have tested like a thirty-minute run with a Drake filling him, but he's not pushing against anyone else. So he can check and he can hear his engine in practice. You can hear your engine better, so you don't have those moments where it goes too lean or goes too rich. Mm-hmm. So if he switched fuels, the engine. Let's be honest here. Probably the same engine still. So he's probably running the same model, just branded as mm-hmm. ProTech. Not sure, but most likely. Yeah, I mean, OS have the got fuel, a few different versions, though. Eh? Yeah. I mean, they've got 
2103 yeah. and then and these all new engines that they've brought out. I mean, I would like to know what is running in comparison to that MX. I think the MX was a spec two base, so it was still quite an old school one. Whether the ProTech is think- based off the 2104, so I mean that could de- the power band itself could be mm-hmm. playing in it in there, but yeah. That's what I was thinking, actually, Zach. Like, just maybe a little bit off-tune, maybe a different power band, just something he's not used to. So when you're used to something, so used to something, and you do well with that, and then you don't have that no more, I think it plays with you. I, let's come on. It's all mental with these guys, too. You know what I mean? So yeah, I think that played a little bit oh, into him. A little tiny bit. And engine tune, like engine tune is a really big deal. Like mm-hmm. I'm I'm still of the opinion that Fendt lost DNC because of his engine was too lean. That's my opinion. I don't know for sure. But that's looking at the video, looking at the fact that he blew a glow plug after he flamed out, and looking at the fact that he a lot of time crashed at the end of the straight, which happens when your engine starts running lean. So I I'm pretty sure like Fendt lost DNC because his tune was wrong. And that's not like the engine tuners were doing shitty at their job. Mm. They were just trying to stretch the tank out and made the engine lean. And it was too too lean for him. That I don't have facts on this. That's just that's just my best guess. Yeah. Right. And uh, and ahead. I think something with the tune or fuel or may, it could even be a different carb. Who mm. knows? He could run, be running the shitty carb here. So something like that that could definitely be a thing. And Engine tuning is like, it's a really big deal. Like even if people don't really realize it, even for the pros, like having a shitty engine tune can cost you a 10 or two a lap. Easy, easy. I think that especially in those at that level, like even, even with Joseph and you hear him say, I like mm-hmm. to drive in the mid range. And if he hasn't got that, yeah. like he's so screwed, like, cause that's where he likes to drive. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's good, but let's, let's, Let's stop talking about Mayfield because we got that out of the way. Let's talk about why, how Fenn did not fend himself this time. At one point, I thought he like he was in the lead. I was like, oh, here we go. He's fending. And then he, he caught it. But he came in. Mind you, it was only 30 minutes. Is this a good win for, for Fend or does or does he have to battle it out to May, with Mayfield to the end? I think it's a good win for him. I mean, if you if you look at him, though, he still made quite a few mistakes. Um, I mean, I know the track had some holes and that sort of stuff, but... There was a number of times that he just drove straight through the hole mm-hmm. and the card like jacked up in the air and he caught it. And it and it's still a little bit surprising that, you know, that he's not trying to drive around those those holes and pick different lines just for more his raw speed is so fast, mm-hmm. but I feel like he still needs to ratchet it back that five percent and and, and go for a bit more safety because he just seems to send it for the whole race and, and maybe this time he got a little bit luckier than the other race just because he managed to catch a, you know, a rattle and save it compared to being a little bit more cautious and picking some different lines and, and go on the safety route um, and, a, and a long main without any mistakes whatsoever. I mean, he, he caught Mayfield back a number of times and he was like, he'd be back for fourth or fifth or something and he got through the pack and then he'd make another mistake yeah. and then fall back. And, and you just like, man, if you just stop making mistakes and like even just – come back half a second or something you you're gonna you're gonna just walk away with it you make a good point about him driving through those holes because at the nationals on that big sweeper like coming off the straight uh not off the straight away but you know the big sweeper to go up in the elevation on the back there was a hole there i watched him hit that hole two times and flip almost flip out of the track 
Like, you know what I mean? I'm like, mm-hmm. come on, man. You, I know that's your line, but you got it's a hill there. Like, I, you can see it. So. And didn't he crash? Didn't he crash like in the start when he was leading? Didn't he crash exactly there? I can't remember. It's been a, it's been a few the sweeper. Months since then. But that yeah. I noticed that because it was a hill there, and it was just send your car because you're hitting it so fast, and it was send your car. I said, if you hit that like, in my mm-hmm. mind, I said it's gonna be like the 2013 nationals in Texas. Your car's gonna go over there, no one's gonna see yeah. it. You're gonna lose everything. Yeah. Uh, Rivkin in second. Good, good run for him. Obviously, he would want to win, but I think second is a good, good solid performance. And go Cavallari in third, man. Hey, another great weekend for TLR. Another great performance for TLR. Okay, Let, now, now I must step in and give you the bad news, Keenan. Oh gosh, it's not a coincidence that on the same weekend as Tyler Jones, Seth Van Dalen, Techno generally has struggled a lot. And Mason Fuller, Cavalieri, and Fend have a very good weekend. Seems weird. Like, how? Wait, how, how does this make any sense? Like, okay, look at Silver State. Fend, B-Main or something. Oh, Van Dalen, TQ. Tebow second. Uh, Bornhorst in the, in the top five. Uh, Jones there. Huh. Let's look at the tracks. This one, polished, high speed, jumps are very non-technical. You need very good corner speed of the car. There's not enough holes to make it so that it's like you have to slow down for them. You can just run over them like Zach said what Fent did. And uh, with the techno, as we know, high speed tracks, semi, like semi-high grips or medium grip tracks or whatever this is. Like, but this sort of grooved, nice, high-speed tracks are the Techno's worst enemy, which also is TLR's best friend. So the reason why we're seeing these results is mostly because of the track. This is like exactly the opposite to Silver State. And we're seeing exactly the opposite situations. TLR and Techno are the most radical car designs. And this very well explains what me and JQ have been saying on this podcast for probably a year now that the TLR is very good when it's no bumps, when it's high speed, and the Techno is very good when it's a lot of bumps and slow speed. And that's what we, exactly what we're seeing. And th- that's probably the main reason why Fenn got the win this weekend. Uh, that's probably the main reason why uh, Fuller did so well, and probably the main reason why Cav got into third. Mm-hmm. Nothing taken away from them. Other races, other people have cars that work better. So it's not like... Uh, it's not like to take anything from them. It's just that this weekend was supposed to be a good weekend for TLR, and they mm-hmm. they delivered. So that. that's all it is. I would agree with that. How about you, Zach? What do you think? Yeah, I think it's a pretty good observation. Um, the interesting part probably is that the Mugen and Associates are probably a little bit more consistent across a range of trucks. Mm-hmm. Uh, Spencer Rifkin certainly seems to be getting his head around bumpy tracks. Um, you know, and I, I know, you know, looking back through through his history, he's been very quick on indoor smooth tracks. Um, but now Silver State and here, he's had a, a good consistent run. Um, you know, even DNC really, the track was pretty rough and he had a great drive Third, there. I so, yeah. And yeah. There's, um, so. there's actually a few factors. As an associated guy, I can tell why it is. The rear end, the new rear end definitely is one of the biggest things. And the second thing is his shock package. Uh, there's been a lot of uh, different shock packages tried. 
they, a lot of associated guys have gone from the regular six hole to the five hole and uh, they've been using a lot bigger holes, even like five, 1.5 in the front, five, 1.6 in the rear or something like that. And that calms down the car a lot. And combined with the rear end that calms down the car as well, you have a car that's more balanced around every surface. Before it was with uh, Mugen style rear end and uh, the front end, which is close to Mugen, but it's made to turn much more. So the associated front end is slightly different to the Mugen front end, where there's a lot more turn in the in the front end itself. So on higher grip tracks and uh, smooth tracks like this, the old car. Uh, the old Ashoshiri car is one of the best cars out there. That's why Ongaru can dominate us that much. And Mugen, Mugen is slightly calmer. The front end is slightly calmer than the old Associated. And that's why, for example, like Mayfield and Robert Battier aren't as fast when it goes to tracks like this. But the Mugen car is slightly more consistent around other surfaces. Well, compared to the old associated, but now with the new car, uh, well, new or well, one year old car with the narrower rear, uh, hinge pin width, uh, you have a car that has the aggressive, well, let's not say aggressive, but a front end with a lot of turn, turn in it. It's uh, got a lot of rotation in the front end. And then you come down the car with the rear end with a narrower, uh, um, a hinge pin width. And now, even adding to that, the shock package that Oshoshiri guys are running, you have a car that's consistent almost everywhere, and you still have the good things about it. And now, now like, yeah, Associate and Mugen are still close because they're pillowball cars and they have similar geometries as all cars really do. But now they have their own characteristics. And that's why I think why we, we've seen Spencer be much more consistent uh, this year than he's been previously. And yeah, that's just my anal- analysis of it, uh, seeing from inside being an associated driver. You went serious science mode there. <clears throat> serious yeah. science mode. But good information, good information, serious. Yeah. All right. Um, let's, all right, before we go, so let's talk about e-buggy because this caused the most... Most uproar. I am, look, all right, we're going to get each one of you guys' opinion on the incident. Should we show it? I, didn't, I should have had it loaded up here, but I think everybody's seen it, so I don't have to show it. Yeah. Um, They're not saying. All right. Me, 50-50, if any one of us are hurt, we're all going to go for that same gap. There, is a, there was a gap. Mm-hmm. There was a complete, you couldn't fit a car through there. I think it's fair. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's, it's not clean. But I think in this situation, on the last corner of the last lap for the win, you have to go for this. You have to. And I think 10 out of, time, 10, out of 10 times, Ryan Mayfield in Mason Fuller's position does the same thing, right? I think any racer does the mm-hmm. same thing. I just think um, it looked it, it at the – when I first saw it, I didn't think it was – I said, no, he had it. When I first saw it live, like my buddy well, – I didn't see it live. My buddy said, hey, you got to watch this. I watched it the next day. I was like, oh, yeah, that was, that was fine. I saw it in, in real time, in like actual time. The first time I said, oh, no, I'm good with that. Because I saw the trajectory of where it's coming. Now, a lot of people are like, you wasn't there. You, were, you didn't see anything. I'm like, I understand that. But what I did have was the power to magnify and also slow things down and really have a look at it. And when I was got that, that someone sent me that picture of Mayfield turning, like, you know, when you got, you got, I'm going to bring it up, but you got, you got, 
Fuller coming right here and then Mayfield's turning his wheels, I was like, yeah, that's when he said, oh, shit, I, didn't cl- I, I left too much space. Let me turn into him and either we're going to crash and he'll be blamed or I'm going to block him and he'll have to check up and I will, you know, I'll have more of a trajectory. Uh-uh. He just said, whoop, soop. he zipped through that thing so fast. Mayfield didn't even see it coming until it was like right there. And then he turned and then it could have been worse. But he was, if, if it was really a hack, they would have both crashed. But he was so far, I think he was so far in, in the apex of the corner and had that line that when Mayfield turned, it just, boom, just glanced off him and he went on going. I think that's all that happened. I think it's 50-50. I'm glad Mason Fuller done it. A 16-year-old kid just beat the best in the world right now. In e-buggy, but still beat him on the last corner of of. Of the of the race or the last lap for the win, like you can't get better than that. Your opinion on that, Max? If you go, Max, then go. You go to you, Zach. Okay, so you made some good observation and some not good observation. I'll start with the not good hey, ones. Don't take ten minutes this... to describe this either, Max. <laughs> okay, I'll keep it to a few. So definitely not fifty fifty. Seventy five hundred percent. <laughs> no, 100% on uh, Fuller, but it's not 100% for a penalty. It's 100% making the hit happen. Mayfield didn't make anything like wrong. He didn't turn into Mason. He didn't do anything. It, wasn't defi- it definitely wasn't clean, but it was clean enough for not to get a penalty. This is, this is like, if this was the Worlds, Mason would have gotten a penalty. But in America, racing standards are a bit different. In America, Robin is racing more than in other places. Mm-hmm. And to me, if I was the announcer, and I, I personally know the American race culture, okay, I'm not American, but I understand it and I know how it works. I would let that slide even after watching the video. I think that's good. That's, you made it. You, there, you made it inside. You kept it in there. And uh, yeah, that's it. Uh, Mayfield got caught. But now, the reason why this happened, we talk about this with Keenan. No, no, we can do that. We can do it after. Let's get Zach's opinion on what he thinks of it. Okay, okay. The reason that it happened. Yeah, I guess for me, like the racing that we have in Australia, and Max sort of highlighted that, that each region or country or something has their standards of driving. And for us, you know, we don't really like to make a pass unless it's it's clean and you don't touch the other driver. Uh, So... For me on this one, and especially on the last lap, you don't have anything to lose. You just send it, you know, and it, you know, props to Fuller. He's, he was there in the hunt um, and to be up against Mayfield's an absolutely amazing achievement. So, you know, certainly not taking anything away from him there, but, you know, he didn't really have anything to lose at that stage and, and it might have been a little bit of luck to, you know, really put it one car width next to Mayfield in such a, a high-speed corner. Um, so yeah, for me, I feel like since he did hit him that, you know, probably it's, you know, probably needed some sort of time penalty and, and there's no, no designated rules Mm -hmm. to define, you know, what an acceptable standard is on that. So it is very ambiguous and, you know, he went for it and he got the win and no one said the wiser. So it it paid off for him certainly. Uh, but yeah, in Australia, that that would have been a, a bit of a questionable pass because, you know, we'd like to, if you're going to be making a move, 
you, you got to do it without touching the other car. And it's sort of probably a gentleman's agreement mm-hmm. um, more than anything. Um, but yeah, maybe this is one of those things like uh, Lewis and Max uh, crashing, you know, the other weekend, mm-hmm. you know, what, what was it? Who, whose line was it? Did Lewis turn in? You know, you, you don't, you don't know really. Well, this is racing and this yeah. has happened for as long as racing has been around. I mean, they were racing, I don't know what they raced in caveman days, maybe mammoths. Um, when they were racing, you know, chariots around the Coliseum in, in Rome, they probably had incidents like this. You know what I mean? This this is racing at the end of the day. And the point is to win, right? The point is to win mm-hmm. and to defeat your competition. Now, I agree. I don't think on the world. Now, I think that now we it's 2021. We have slow motion. We have all these great camera angles. I mean, look, VAR is in the English Premier League and changing the way things are being called, you know, what would have been a penalty before, they're checking VAR and they're seeing, okay, that's not a penalty. What was all, you know, it's it's, it's positives and negatives. And I think it's time for RC to adapt this because in these type of situations, you have to be able to, to take that, like it should, if there's a penalty to be awarded or if there's not a penalty to be awarded, it should not be a, taken in that decision it should be taken you should have a chance to look back examine just like football examine what's going on and then make a decision now i talked to lance mcdonald he said for me he's the race director that's fine that's racing i like it mm-hmm. i get why the mugen mafia guys are not happy about it because it it looks really bad i heard mayfield was pissed off too but which which it would no be surprise. which it would be because I mean he didn't win yeah, anything he didn't win anything this this weekend and he yeah. you know he wants to win all right I would be pissed off if I was a racer too and that happened to me you know what I mean but at the end of the day I think he just left that door open too much I don't think he turned okay. into okay let's put it okay now you can come onto your reason I, but here's the yeah. biggest thing for me and I wanna I wanna say this before we get into anything else we constantly say when are these these young racers gonna stop being fanboys and be champions and all this type of stuff, right? Well, for me, I think we're, we're missing the exact point. We're missing that a 16-year-old who has had a, who had a really good weekend, who's had a great year, you know what I mean? He's had a great year. He's made lots of mains. He's, he's, his, it's, it's, a father, it's him, his brother, and his father. His dad is a very nice man. He works very hard with his kids, and he, and he takes these guys around. I think Mason Fuller, maybe Caden are going to be professional drivers at some point if they choose to be. But these are very hardworking um, father-sons race team. Their dad puts a lot of time in from a very nice man. Herbie, and this is my point. RC, we don't, we turn on youth. We do not encourage youth to be good. Every time we have a race like this and a young racer does something good, Okay, this is question. Okay, he did hit him, but every we all know we would like we would go for this. It's at this point we turned if on. The, hey, let's put it this way: if it was Cav and Ryan, this conversation would be not here. If it was like Cavalieri and Mayfield, like because right, they we wouldn't be it. discussing this here. Right, no, but, but like they would do it to each other. Right, but like right, if right. it was Cav and Mayfield, this wouldn't be such a big thing. Right, but because you it's know? it's a young racer. But I look, what is this? What is this guy? Are we supposed to like? Are you like? I, I was saying this, it's like these guys, Mayfield shows up to the track and these guys already, like, who's fighting for second? You know what I mean? That's what it feels like this year. Mm-hmm. You go to this race. When I said the Nats, it was like, yeah, Mayfield's going to win. Who's coming second? That's how it is. And that's, yeah. you know, he's in that powerful position. I 
love seeing this because this is these young guys not being scared. Like this is big, bad Mayfield. Like, you know what I mean? Everybody's scared of him. Like this kid went and done young man. Sorry, not young man. Went and done something that I think is saying, Hey, I want to, I'm not here to just bow down and be a number. I'm here to win and I'm here to race. And I, and I, if I'm a young racer, I'm doing that all the time, like not all the time, but I'm taking that chance 10 out of 10 times. And what I don't like to see is just the comments, like turn this, like not that it affected him because I talked to his old man and all that stuff. But we should, we should be happy. We have a 16 year old kid that just beat the best in the world right now, beat the best in the world. An exciting thing. And I get it. Ryan Mayfield in the end, and a lot of people wanted it, but we should also look at, man, what balls it took by this young man to do that. Like, you know what I mean? Hum, which one of us could have made that pass stick? Yes, he, he pushed it off Mayfield a bit, but I give him credit. And this is my point. Like, we turned on these young drivers a lot. It happened after DNC when that young kid, Frankie, he won um, intermediate at DNC. And then, like, people were tearing him down because, oh, he's sponsored by ProLine and all this type of stuff. We need to stop tearing down. Even issues. even when I won, people yeah, were exactly. like mad. <laughs> so we need to stop tearing down. Yes, we can say, okay, you, you got, don't be as aggressive next time. But we need to uplift these guys. This is why we don't have young people in RC because we're too constantly worried mm -hmm. about us old farts. We need to uplift the youth. Say, okay, next time, maybe not do it, but great for having the balls to do it. You know what I mean? You just beat the best in the world. Mm -hmm. I think that's what we need to focus on and see that first. Like, see that first, that this kid had the balls to do that. And this is a hard-working, not saying that Mayfield isn't working hard either, but this is a hard-working father-son team that put in a lot of time. And I think, hey, for me, I'm happy for him. Now, you can go into your yeah. reason, Max, but you got to keep it short. Okay. So, that okay, now probably at this point, the Mugen Mafia is going to be after me. But the reason why this happened is... Not the hit itself, but the reason why these two had even the chance to end up in this situation is on Mayfield. If you watch the video like and watch how Mayfield approaches the corner, he doesn't go wide to cut in. He doesn't go even in the middle of the track to cut in. He goes inside, breaks way too early, turns really sharp to keep it tight to the pipe, and goes like his corner speed is non-existent in that corner. Like he drive, he drove way too slow into that corner. He, like probably the biggest reason why Mayfield is pissed at himself is because he took the last corner like way too carefully, just to make sure he doesn't hit the pipe himself or crash out or whatever. He did. He he was way too careful, and Mason Mason took advantage of it. He Mason saw that Mayfield was slow, so he just shot from the outside and when you're going that slow even if you're almost to the pipe it's very easy to just go like go by like mason did that is very easy to do and i like this happens a lot like a lot of the times when you're leading and there's someone behind you you take the last corner very very carefully mm -hmm. and the car behind you is going to take all the risks he can so these type of situations happen quite a lot because like you can see Mayfield's car, he breaks down, the car goes down like this, and then his wheels are turned like this and the car is still down. So he's trying to keep it as tight to the pipe and trying to like, he isn't even trying to be fast here. He's All he's trying to do is keep it tight enough where Mason can't fit inside. And he obviously failed at that because Mason fit inside there. And 
yeah, Mayfield isn't playing for them hitting, but he can only blame himself for putting himself in that situation. Yeah, I think Mayfield had like, I don't know, probably 10 metres or something on Fuller coming yeah, out of that last jump section. Huge. Huge. Yeah. And then that's why it was such a shock, I think, yeah. for everyone watching because it's just like, how the hell did Fuller get in there so quickly on that last corner? And, you know, that that's a pretty good explanation like you've done there. So. I think yeah. I think this is another case of similar to what happened at Silver State in E-Buggy. He just yeah. was like, oh, yeah, yeah. I'm going to tip. I'm, I think maybe the loop is, I'm not sure where the loop is on that track. I can't remember. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's like, oh, I got this. Fuller's way back behind. I'm just going to tiptoe around this corner. Mm-hmm. And I got this. Yeah. And then you, it just, you know what this, the moral of this story is? It's not over till it's over. Simple as that. Exactly. Um, I think once he calms down, he'll realize, okay, I probably had another stepping on my dick incident. I, I'm, he probably won't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he probably won't. Um, I had like, I had some Yugo Mafia guys, oh, it was dangerous because he knocked Mason, Mason knocked him and he went flying into the pit lane and he did this. I said, how much of that was Mason knocking him and how much of that was Mayfield getting pissed off and doing this? You know what I mean? Like yeah. just, just and definitely, it. And definitely as a driver myself, being in that situation multiple times, every single time when you take the corner very, very slow in, and the guy behind you, you see that he is just going like balls to the wall flat out. What you do is you realize that, okay, he's actually going much faster around this corner than I am. What you do is you floor it. So even here, what I think happened was Mayfield took it very carefully. And then when he finally realized that Mason was actually going to go for it, he floored it. And that's why his car actually flew so far away. So if he just held it onto the brakes or held it at neutral, probably what would have happened is he would have spun or even better Mason could have probably just like, if Mayfield was on the brakes when they hit Mason would have crashed. Mayfield would have won the race. So I believe what happened is Mayfield went on throttle and he was too late already. And then he just flew away. Yeah. Um, and also I just want to, just before we leave this, uh, I was actually looking for the video, but Joey Bardon was in the, uh, B, the B main of the pro race. And in the same corner that uh, him and Brandon Rose were racing, I believe they're both in bump up spots, I believe. But Brandon Rose came off that corner, like came off, they were like similar situation, but they were coming in a lot faster. Mm-hmm. So Bordon was coming off that, that jump fast and he was in front and he, you can see he's coming right. He cut that, like he went right to the inside of that line. He was coming mm-hmm. out wide and came in. He was breaking good into that corner. And then Rush just came and he was trying to shoot for that. Like it was a little gap like this, trying to shoot for that gap. And he just bar- bashed him and they hit him from behind. Like, you know, on the right, on the back rear tire and they crashed and he gave the position back. Now that's wrong. There was no, like Bardon closed it down. Like there was no space between there. And mm-hmm. Brandon Rush just barreled over him. He gave the spot back. That was wrong. But I just, it wasn't the same. You could see like, you can see like how he was trying to defend that inside line and Rush hit him where Mayfield was just so discombobulated. Now, people would say, oh, it was a hole yeah. there and it was a ditch there and you didn't see it and all that stuff. I get that. But that's part of racing. You know, you got to plan for yeah. that. And and he, I just, it just comes down to, it ain't over till it's over. I'm sure Mayfield was pissed. I'm sure of TLR and Mugen, I, I'm telling you, I, I, I'm adding, I'm adding <laughs> Mugen. It's Mugen and AE versus TLR right now. Let me tell you something. I know Joseph said this the other day. He's like, I don't think TLR and Horizon is about serious about racing. 
I think TLR is very serious about racing. I love it. Horizon, I, Horizon bought the whole serious about racing brand. Yeah, I know, but I just, I, I just think like we are seeing TLR emerging as another. They went out of existence as a superpower in RC. They're they're back. Like they are, they they are a superpower in RC, like they once were before. And um, yeah, yeah it's going to be a great twenty twenty two. Um, real quick, because we are going on, let's talk about biggest winners. Obviously, Dakota Fenn, Mason Fuller, great win, great, great weekend for him. Um, Techno pulled out a Tebow, number one Techno driver again, pulling out a Truggy win, not so good in Nitro Buggy. Silent Nats for Rivkin. So, not Nats, so, so, well, it is a Nats. They call it Southern Nationals. Yeah. Spencer Hackett, great finish, sixth. Brandon Rose, seventh. I know people like, but at some point I have to say that's Hackert and Rose have to start getting top threes and start winning these races. I would say, um, anybody, any winners for you guys out of this race real quick, or do you agree with that? What I just said? Uh, I, yeah, I think for me, the biggest winner outside of the obvious is Rifkin. Um, just his, his consistency, uh, this year, it's only a matter of time really before he, he manages to get, another big win um, in the eight scale space. So he's, he's always been there at the moment recently. Um, and yeah, probably just a bit of a bit of a shame for Carl. He, he did have um, some pretty good runs in qualifying and just didn't, didn't get it together in the final. Um, he, he, he was sort of there at the front end and then had some, some bad luck and, and fell back. So I, I think, um, yeah, a bit of a shame for Carl really this week. Yeah. Um, how about you, Max winners, biggest winners out of this race? Yeah, probably what, yeah, Cav, Fan, Rivkin, and all, in my opinion, were winners here. You know, Apart who, from that, yeah. You know who the biggest well, winner Fuller, was? Well, Fuller, obviously, yeah. RC Racing, we got cool. some excitement at a race. Um, we got something to talk about yeah. and have fun with. Biggest losers, I have to say Mayfield. Worst weekend in 8 scale he's had in a long time. Okay. Even but, though he has a second. Know, like, even though he has a, a you're allowed. You're allowed to have one bad weekend. Yeah, like, I would get that. <laughs> so, but it would have been so yeah, great for him to go perfect this year, isn't it? That would have been, like, I mean, he still had yeah. the best eight-scale season ever. And if he goes AMS and wins that, it's going to be even better. Um, but yeah. it, when you get second and get fourth in Nitro Buggy, and you're Ryan Mayfield, that's a bad weekend. Um, but he, yeah. he will come back. <laughs> now, Seth Van Dalen, I think, um, not making the A-Main, he did make... Um, he did make the B main. Uh, he did make the sorry. He did make the um, Truggy main. I, think I wouldn't he, call him making it the B main. No, no, no. Sorry. He <laughs> he he did in the um. Hold on. Let me see here. In in Truggy, he he finished six. So good good thing for him. Good position for him. And in bug in night in e buggy, he finished ninth. Eh, medium. But in in pro nitro buggy, he's right on. in um, let's see. Okay, now, now when we talk about this, uh, let me say one thing before Techno fanboys come at me. Uh, what I was saying before about Techno TLR thing, that's Nitro Buggy. Nitro Buggy is very corner speed based, and uh, that's why the things happen. E-Buggy, you don't really need corner speed. What you need is easy enough to car to drive and as power, powerful of an engine as possible. So you can just shoot it out of every corner and you need drive in a car. Pretty much that's all you need. In in Chuggy, Techno has a good Chuggy. So 
Like if you're saying, oh, they had good results in e-buggy. Yeah, you don't need corner speed in e-buggy. And they had good results in chuggy. Yeah, the chuggy is good. So, yeah. yeah. Well, I read his race report and he says he, 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 he just wasn't mentally there and he left some screws out and his, his car broke in warm-up and they put his car together, but he just couldn't pull it back in time. Well, I, I just think like when... Like yes, you did good in truggy and in nitro and e buggy, but you need to you need to make this, especially when it's eighteen cars. Like that, mm-hmm. <laughs> you're too, yeah. Come why on, just make like, it twenty. You know what I mean? That's a, yeah, uh, a big main. Like, like not not making the A main at this race is almost like only making the C at somewhere like DNC or should, PMB. Should be making this. Main. Well, PMB has a lot of mains, but if you have over like if it's fifteen car main. There is no race in America where Seth shouldn't be in the main, even with the techno. I agree. Really? Oh, jeez, oh, Max. You always got to put that last little, last little <laughs> twist on, do you? Don't you? Um, I also, I, 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 we'll, we'll get you, What do you think about that? I, he has to, like, if this is what you're going to do for a living, and, in your, and, you're in yeah. a, and, and, and you're in such a competitive environment, which techno is right now, there's a lot of egos. It's end of the season, man. There's, there's, mm-hmm. If you think there's no internal um, beef, go- I mean, I showed you guys what uh, his dad wrote to Tyler, her, uh, yeah, on the yeah. Tekken team, Tekken thing. There's, I do not, I really do not believe, I knew this at the Nationals, kind of just catching on the vibe. I don't think we're going to see Seth with Techno next year. Uh, I don't know where he's going to go, but I definitely see this relationship deteriorating more, especially more and more, and it looks like Seth is kind of like the black sheep of techno almost. I think it comes from... Yeah, he's he has beef with everyone. It seems right? that way. Not, I don't know Born if he has horse, beef. Yeah, he Jones. has beef with Born Horse. I don't think he has beef with Jones. Yeah. I think, oh, jo- sorry, uh, who was this? Hooks. Tyler Hooks, Hooks right? um, something's going on yeah. with them guys. And I, Seth has to leave techno. Like, if he... Like yeah. he, he if he's gonna make like it's just too much competition in that that camp and 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 yeah. and, and techno has guns coming yeah like they and have it's young guys coming like, um so why why would they why would they bother having four or five pros when Tebow's pretty consistently demonstrated that like he's where you want to put your money anyway yeah. um, exactly. he's always gonna be at the front so. I mean, yeah, it just doesn't make sense to have that many top drivers in one team. And don't forget Kyle. Kyle's also a techno driver as well. Mm, so, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Also, and I'd say Kyle beats, beats all these guys. Everyone, and maybe, yeah, I'd say Tebow is the only one he's going to have to battle against. Everyone else is below Kyle. So for, I like Seth Van Dalen. like his dad. I like what they're doing. Like, his girl, like, you know, very nice. His girlfriend's very nice. All that stuff. But there's definitely... Some some internal beef going on there, and I don't see Seth at Techno next year. Okay, hasn't he been suspended from like the team like twice already? I don't know if he's been so, suspended like, twice, on. but I think he's been he's been suspended once. Um, yeah. So, so if you get suspended from a team, what's the point of staying there? This like, is true. Really, this is true. It's always been some controversy yeah. with them. You know, if um his dad making those those lower. We're, you know, there's lower blocks and all that stuff. For yeah. The, you know, so it's always been something. holders. Yeah. Tyler Jones, look, I like the dark horse, but he made all all of these mains, but we need he needs to be doing better than 16th in Nitro Buggy, 14th in Truck, and 17th in E-Buggy. You know, he, he was fast. He TQ'd, he, he TQ'd E-Buggy, I believe. Um, I'm giving him, he's still in his first year of this car, so I'm still think he's figuring out things. He, I'm sure he has one more year left on his contract, but Tyler Jones, 
has the potential to be one of the fastest guys in the world. He he just not he needs to. I think in twenty twenty he's good for now, but I think next year he needs to get a win. You know what I mean? He needs to have a win. But you know what? Actually, <sighs> Tyler Jones, like I let's put it this way: if next year uh, Tyler Jones finishes in a podium at DNC, podium at Silver State. Maybe even wins one of these races. I'm not surprised. No, I'm not like, surprised. He's the either. type of driver that on a good day he could win DNC mm-hmm. with a with a techno. That car, if if the track suits the car, n- no worries. He 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 qualified second or something this year, right? I believe so. Yeah, he was fast. I'm, at I'm broke in the first lap or something. Oh no, it was Chuggy. But anyway, like even in buggy, uh, Silver State DNC, Tyler Jones has a shot to win one of these big races, and he's. I'd say he's let him ask in Seth's gonna stay. I'd say Tyler Jones is gonna win before Seth does. I think one so of too. Big races. I think so too. Seth has to win too. Even though Seth, even though Seth has TQ'd twice, he's super fast in a main. Like I'd pick Jones over Seth almost every time. At this point, at this point, I would. Yeah. Any thoughts on Tyler Jones, Zach? You look. You, <laughs> You look bored. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, it'd just be good to to see them on the with a few more international drivers. I mean, mm-hmm. if you're if you're looking at the moment just at the American scene, maybe you know he he might be able to get the win. But I think once you start throwing some more international mixes in there, um, that that's going to probably be a bit of an eye opener. I mean, we we're always talking about. American racing, but there's there's going to be some some quick Europeans coming in. I mean, you look at Canassa's performance um, in the last year and that sort of thing, and yeah, the DNC with all the international guys, man, that that is going to be one awesome race, and and maybe maybe not so many Americans mm-hmm. in the final if if you know we get all the top European drivers coming over. It's going to be a lot of long lips at DNC if 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 yeah. if Badier boots. Ronafalk, Ongaro, Barufalo, Kanas, McBride, guys yeah, like that go, go to yeah. this race. Um, Max's camera's dead. Uh, go yeah. to DNC. That I think that's generally five Americans that won't be in the final. Uh, and and there's is there um, a buggy land race or, or something coming up? It's coming up, coming soon. up in, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so it's gonna be good to see. I think it'll be a, it hasn't really been a good race with everyone there, so it'll be cool to, to see them all battling and out. Let, let's let's be honest, like in Europe at this point, like in Italy, there's I'd say at least four guys who could beat like who could be in the podium at somewhere like DNC, like Polito, Berton. I don't think that's uh, that deep. I think I think Ongaro and and Barufalo can be on podiums. I don't think Polito and Ongaro well, are ready. Well, uh, Berton won the Euro. Oh yeah, Berton. Sorry. Polit- yeah, Berton, Ongaro, Barufalo. I put Polito there. He's been okay. super fast this year. He's been consistently at the top of the Italian national. Well, let's see how he does like, at not Buggy Lamp. Winning, but yeah, but like in Italy, there's already four guys that I wouldn't be surprised to make the main at. Uh, uh, DNC, for example, and then Spain. There's two. Then in France, there's Savoia. Uh, I don't there's think Savoia can even make the Tom DNC Robin. Main anymore. 
Maybe, you know, maybe, yeah, maybe. that's true. Then Ronafog, then there's like in UK, like, come on, like Skidmore, if, if he can perform on other than oil tracks, like he could be a fast guy. I think, I just can't, I hope it happens, man, because we've been starved yeah. of this for you know what? two years. You know what? It, it's not the Europeans' responsibility to go to America. Americans yeah. need to go to Europe. I as would well. like to see like, that. Too. I agree. Like I agree this, with this Max on that. To, yeah. This needs like the idea that only Europeans have to go to America. That needs to stop. Like, yeah, Americans skip Neo Buggy because it was on a permanent track. Like, yeah, exactly. What that's if, their first, that's, that's like, what they that's, say. They say it's it's all permanent yeah, tracks. And but that's unfair. that's like that's like saying Ronefalk. That would be the same as Ronefalk skipping every single race in Europe, every that's single true. race. That's true because. Uh, Montpellier is a uh, home track for, well, not home track, but a track close by for a lot of French guys. Uh, Relovan, Bat Diego's there to practice a lot. Baldos is the home track uh, in Italy. The Euros were held twice in Ongaro's backyard. You know, mm-hmm. like wh- wh- if if Ron of Walk was American, he would he would have skipped the Euros twice. Mm-hmm. Like, like come on, like this it attitude like needs to change. I would I would love to see it. I'd love to see more yeah. Americans go over there. Real quick, yeah. uh, Ryan Lutz, 14th in buggy, 11th in e-buggy, 4th in truggy. I think he had something go wrong in buggy. Uh, man, I, I like Ryan Lutz. I hope we see him do some some better things here, some better positions. But I'll be honest, um, he's he's it's he's getting up there. Uh, I did enjoy his onboard footage, which he does. I like Ryan Lutz. I want to see Ryan Lutz do well. But... um. Yeah, I think he would want to get a better position than 14th here. And I think he has the potential to do better than 14th. So I think it was not as good as he wanted it to be. Good in Truggy and stuff like that. But usually he's good in Truggy and E-Buggy anyway. But it's difficult. You know, I would say it's difficult to do this. Um, and it's just a lot of fast guys out there. All right, so let's wrap up this Southern Nats recap. I think it was great. I enjoyed it. I wish we had better coverage but at least we got something. We, at least we got some moving cam. So we got to see something. We got to see the, the two main incidents that caused all the drama. And I would I would implore people to go to this race because it is fun and it is a good race. And if they get back that, to that cap, it would be better. But um, I think it's a good event. I know some people that, like the previous owners that used to do this, they, they made some comments about it because they. I, I think the people that used to go to this race before, just kind of feel it isn't like it used to be. I think the new people that are going to this race are enjoying it. I think it's a good race. I, I enjoyed it. It brought some good excitement for us this week. And that's what we desperately needed. Um, And it's good to see that, like, the people vested in different sides and all that type of stuff. And this is what makes RC exciting. We just don't, ex- we just don't, and instead of saying this stuff is toxic and all this stuff, this stuff goes on, like, in every sport. Like, this is competition, like, we have to talk about this yeah. stuff. You know, we have to break yeah. it down and look at it and all that. That's what makes it exciting. Like, there's no difference from what, what we're doing that what they do on ESPN and they break down stuff or, you know, what are live calling. And, um, yeah, I think it was great. I, I thank you, Race Time. Thank you to everybody that went. You provided us with some entertainment this weekend and something to talk about this week. All right, guys, we've been going for two hours and 30 minutes. Um, you know what? I'm going to go on to the Techno RC main interview with uh, Joe. No questions this week? Yes, we're going to come back. We're going to come back. 
and oh, okay. we're gonna do uh we're gonna do the questions and scr scrc uh down and quiet but first we're gonna have the interview of so dialed app owner and founder joel downs thank you to techno rc for bringing us the main interview techno rc techno rc Techno RC is a premium manufacturer specializing in 8th and 10th scale high performance off-road RC buggies and trucks. Visit www.technorc.com for a complete catalog of their products. Techno RC, excellence in engineering. Hashtag Techno Takeover. So joining us this week on the Techno RC main interview is... It's funny how this happened too, because I didn't even know who this gentleman was until because I saw some messages because I monitor different Facebook groups and, and stuff like that. And um, I believe he was messaging uh, the JQ page, I believe. That's that's where we... Cause, was. Yeah, because our, now with the JQSM, I, I get confused sometimes. So um, I saw you was talking, it was uh, talking to Joseph, I believe, and I said, hey, um, I would love to get you on the podcast. In fact, one of my... Uh, one of my actually is a patron and one he's a good friend of mine. Uh, what's up, Charlie Mac? He was like, Keenan, you need to get uh, the guy from So Dialed App One, and this was like earlier this year. I was like, I'm gonna try. And uh, so it just kind of worked out that way. Sometimes things do, but I'd like to welcome Mr. Joel Downs of So Dialed. What's up, man? How are you? I'm doing well, Lefty. How you been? I'm good, man. Um, thanks for coming on it's it's a fluke i would have never figured out who you was like honestly so i just happened to monitor that that day and yeah thank you for your time and um yeah i'm interested because as i told you i'm gonna be honest i have not used this i don't race so i don't use it but i have seen people use it like at the nationals this year i was watching one driver and he's like pretty he's pretty fast and he was using your fuel calculator and it was like two hours checking his stuff so um, people are using this app. I went and had a look at it on, on just on the website and also on my phone. It's a lot of information there. It's it's clear. It's concise. It's easy to find. Wow! Congratulations. That's all I'm going to say. It's a very nice app. <laughs> well, thanks, man. I appreciate it. And uh, yeah, just just so you guys know, kind of what the what the scope of what we're doing here is. Uh, there's actually several apps that we produce. So the main one is the So Dialed RC Setup app. Um, and that one is the goal of that one is to help people store their setups online and to be able to manage them easily and to be able to track uh, their testing. So they can make their setup changes, go out to the track and you know record the results of that test and then be able to see like, you know, was this test successful or not and be able to keep records of that over time. So that's kind of the the goal of the RC setup app. Um, but then we also have several other smaller apps that were addressing smaller problems that people kept coming up with um, and asking us about or things that we, you know, we saw these other apps. I mean, there's a lot of RC apps out there, but you know, let's be honest, most of them are, let's say not uh, visually appealing or uh, super usable. So, uh, you know, I've been in tech my, my entire career for about 25 years. Um, okay. So now I'm, kind of taking what I've been doing in web and, and mobile apps for the past 25 years and applying it to RC because, well, it's fun. And <laughs> I get to, I get to give back to, uh, give back to the hobby, you know, which I, I think is amazing. I race a lot young when I was younger. We can talk about that later, but yeah, 
Uh, anyway, it's yeah. it's a really nice app. Um, I would agree. There aren't um many other. Well, you say there's many RC apps out there. I haven't seen many. I use my high tech app, and then I use I use this one here today. Um, and House of RC, of course, I use that. Um, but this one's I was surprised, very surprised how easy it was to use. I I went in the search function. I was like, all right, let me see if this guy has JQ's videos. And I was like, oh wow, he does. And you know, um, you have all of every like everything that has to do with any type of engine tune, anything to do with it is there, and it's very easy to find. I mean, that was what I was shocked at. Um, and then like even when I pulled up like the JQ, like a, a setup from a buddy of mine came up and all this type of stuff. I was like, whoa, this is like this is powerful. So, um, I know we kind of were going all over the place and all and all that tangent. How I I, I want to ask how you got into RC, but we're talking about the app right now, so. I guess we'll go right into it. Like, when did the when did this idea come in your head? How long has it taken to get to this position? Um, yeah, let's sure. start there. Sure, sure, yeah, and that that plays a little into my history too. You know, I I grew up in RC. You know, got into it. You know, in junior high or something in the in the late eighties. Uh, you know, got into the competitive scene in Southern California uh, when I was in high school. You know, I saw you had a JR from Norca on the other day. So I used to race the Norca series, uh, race the Norca Nats, you know, even placed in the, in the top 10 in the stock class back in the day. So, yeah, I was, I was pretty into it back then, but I, I wouldn't say I was in the elite racers quite yet. Uh, but, I, you know, I was definitely very passionate about it. I worked on a hobby store. So I, I was, I was pretty deep into the hobby at that point. But, right, because you, know, you are from California, right? Yeah, so you're from... Right. Uh, yeah. yeah, a little bit. So I, ra I raced all over the Southern California area growing up and then moved uh, to Northern California later on, raced at Hobby Haven in Livermore back when that was huge, um, raced oh, a bit in NorCal Hobbies uh, down south. So, yeah, yeah, oh, I miss Hobby Haven. That was, that was an amazing track. I know. So, yeah, I, I raced a lot when I was younger, but, you know, life happens, got into career and various other things and kind of picked it up halfway a couple times over the years and then really wanted to get into it a couple of years ago. Uh, got myself a, a B6 and got it together, went over to NorCal, put a few laps on it. I'm like, okay, this is cool. I could go home and I start looking at setup sheets, which was a new thing. You know, that wasn't really around when I was racing before. And I check out these setup sheets online and, you know, there's like a hundred settings on these sheets and it's just kind of nuts, right? You look at this thing. I'm like, what am I supposed to do with this? Do I actually need to compare everything on my car with every setting on this setup sheet? Like that's going to take me an hour. And then I go, am I supposed to then go to the track and then fill out a setup sheet for every time I change my setup? And then, you know, put new lap times on it and then the results and all that. I'm like, this is crazy. Like, how do people do this? I guess some people actually do, but you've got to be like insanely organized to do all that. And I'm way too lazy. So, you know, instead of racing, essentially, I got this idea to create an app to help people manage all this. So, you know, what we do is we... Uh, we build in all of the settings for various cars. Um, so, you know, we've got almost 300 cars now, pretty much all the popular racing cars. You know, we're going a little bit back historically, but not, not too far uh, just because there's just not enough people racing the older cars. Um, but pretty much all the modern cars, all the popular modern cars we support, and we take requests for new ones, so please let us know. But for every car we support, we get in 
all essentially all the possible settings. So, you know, camber and stuff, that's easy. You know, but we also try to put in, okay, well, what are the shock springs for this car? You know, what are the different types of arms that are available, the different types of shock towers? Um, oh. you know, so we don't get all of the aftermarket stuff, but we, we have a setting for all of those. And if, if you have something, you know, a part that we don't have, you can always add it in there as well. Um, so you can put in pretty much anything. Real quick, how long does it take you to uh, do a car? Like to put a, the information for a car in? For It takes me between 30 minutes to an hour and a half. Okay kind of depends on whether I've done a car similar to it before. You know, if I'm going from the X-ray, you know, 20 model to the 21 model, that stuff is pretty quick. There's usually not a lot of differences, but I still have to read the entire manual and the setup sheet usually just to make sure like I got everything and found all the differences between the two models. So it's, it's not insignificant work. Um, so yeah, I've been, been doing that. Um, so we put out the, app originally like in beta form about a year and a half ago we put out the premium plan which adds a bunch of extra features for people who race a lot you know that we wanted the basic app to be available for anybody so even you know new racers could get into it didn't have to pay um but for serious racers we put out a premium offering i think at the end of 2020 so that's been uh, yeah it's been out about eight months eight or nine months now yeah it's, it's 299 people Two ninety nine a month. Yep. Twenty nine yep. bucks a twenty nine ninety nine a year. It's not it's not a lot of money at all. Or yep. That's uh less than a set of tires for most folks. Yes. So, uh, less <laughs> than a set of tires. If yeah. you're serious Way about racing, this is a, if you're serious about racing, this is uh should be pretty affordable. Okay, so you you've decided to make this app. What was uh probably I uh, what was the biggest hurdle to overcome? Oh, well, for for the setup app, I mean, it, it's a technically complex app. Mm-hmm. So I had to find a team to build it. Um, so finding a team to build it and then actually communicating to them how I wanted it to work. I mean, fortunately, this is kind of the stuff I've been doing, you know, for most of my career. So I'm used to it. But, you know, I'm working with an overseas team, and then this is a pretty complicated thing. Uh, and, and, then, and people don't know what RC is, too. I'm sure you kind of right. have to know what RC is. Yeah, working with engineers who have no idea okay. what RC is. You know, most of my most of my career in, in tech, I've been working in video games. Really? Yeah, either video games or websites about video games. Okay. So all the people I work with, they all, you know, they're immersed in the community, right? right. They're all gamers and they want to build sites for gamers and apps for gamers. That's easy. But, you know, when you go to something like this, it's like, okay, where am I going to find a hardcore RC Nowhere. team to build Nowhere. this? That's not a thing. No. So, uh, yeah, you explaining to people who have no idea what you're talking about, what this, what this app does and how people use it uh, is definitely a challenge. (laughs) So yeah, I had to get very good at making mock-ups and Mm -hmm. storyboarding the app and showing them exactly how I wanted it to work. So, you know, I learned a lot too, which was, which was fun. I never even would have thought of that. Like I've never (laughs) built an app and yes, like to put all the settings that you need for these cars and all the possible different angles and all everything that you need, and to communicate, like, look, it's hard communicating with overseas people, and they deal with RC. It's difficult. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yep. So I just, that's amazing, man. That's amazing. <laughs> that's amazing. How long did that take? How long did it take from inception to finish? 
the initial development was probably about two to three months. Okay. So okay, yeah, so it's not, not that long. Not too bad. Yeah, not too bad. <clears throat> but we've been working on it ever since. Yes. <laughs> so when did it officially launch? What year? What What was the date? Oh, oh, I don't remember the exact date offhand, but it, it was uh, it was like March or April of 2020. Okay, so it's, you know, it's per- just perfect a- timing right after the uh, virus hit. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, no, I, okay. I, <laughs> I remember now that I think about it. I was like, yeah, what's this? So wow. Yeah, um, great time to release an app to help people race when nobody's racing. Uh, okay. I know that must have been just like so heartbreaking. So heartbreaking. <laughs> well, it was actually good because there were, it it let me kind of get my feet wet you know, without going, going big yet. So I, I had kind of a smaller audience, which is good when you're, when you're in the beta phases of a, of an app. So did so, you have some racers doing some beta testing for you uh, while, while during this? I, yeah. I had an early group. Um, I mean, essentially anybody who downloaded in the first month or so, I would call them beta testers. Uh, <laughs> we didn't do an official like hidden beta cause okay. it, you know, it's just a lot of work and wasn't really worth it. You know, that, the RC community is small enough. Yes. I figured I could just put it out there and, you know, market it a little bit on Facebook. And if I get, you know, 50 to a hundred people testing, that's what I want. Right. And so I, I don't need to keep it, you know, under wraps. Okay. So it launched in March during COVID. Has it picked up? Is it popular now? How popular is it? Is it what you thought it would be? Uh, is, can we say how many people are using it or how many users are using it? Or? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, we get thousands of people using it every month. Really? Um, yeah, we've got about 2,000, a little over 2,000 monthly actives. Okay. What's the most popular genre? I want to know. <laughs> <laughs> popular genre is, it's it's tough because uh, I, I don't have a lot of good ways to actually measure that. Oh, that would be uh, so but cool. It's somewhere between one eighth off road and one tenth off road. Oh um, man, that'd be cool to get some analytics on that. Uh, that yeah, that would yeah. be cool. Maybe in the future, maybe in the, in the 2.0 yeah. version. Okay. Yeah. There's there's a, a big on road uh, on road uh, group of racers too, especially over in Europe and mm. in Southeast Asia. I saw that, that Hagberg uses it. I was looking on the website, and Hagberg was uh was well, he he likes all this type of stuff anyway. If it's new and mm-hmm. it's like he he likes it. Um, has Joseph started? Well, he, I wonder if Joseph started using this. He would like this. I don't see why he hasn't really started using this. I'm going to have to ask him about that. He, he's played with it. I, I don't know how far he's gone. He hasn't shared any setups yet. But, uh, uh, that's me. what I was bugging him. That's what I was bugging him about. That, sounds, could that sounds just like Beaker. When you want him to do something, <laughs> then you need him to talk to you. He ignores you, and then he gives you a yes or no. Send me an email. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I've been through that so much. Okay, so... I, I gotta ask any 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 pro offerer guys using this? Can you reveal some? I know they have to be because that fuel calculator must work for them and must do. I watched that guy do it for two hours. <laughs> so I don't have good data on the other apps. Okay. Uh, so that, yeah, so we have several apps. We have the fuel calculator. We have a gear ratio calculator. Uh, we also have a pill insert calculator. So that one has been very popular because. Yeah, I mean that was the another thing that mystified me when I was getting back into into racing, you know, with my B6. I'm like, what are these pill inserts? This is nuts. <laughs> like, zero point five up and one out. Like, what does so all this it, mean? It puts the pills in and calculates like what degrees of anti squad or 
Exactly. It tells you your anti-squat, your track change, your uh, roll center changes, and you know either front or back, if, if kick up in the front or any, any roll in the back. And it supports, I think, about 100 different cars um, that have various different types of inserts, not just the, the standard like associated type. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because like uh, the JQ car has outboard toe, so it has inserts mm-hmm. there, and then it has the anti-squat on the rear... Um JQ is, is uh, supported in there too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw it. I saw yeah, it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then the last, the last one we did was a, this was for the crawling crowd, if there's any crawler fans out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a crawl scorekeeper. So how does that work? Is it just like, I've, I've never done a, a, a crawl, an official crawl yeah, like that. N- neither had I, and I actually still haven't. I built this all with the help of a, a great guy named Colby Johnson. He's a big I, racer. I, I know Colby. Personally. Yeah. My buddy. Yeah, he's awesome. Wow, he didn't tell me uh, that. Yeah, he actually came to me with the idea and said, hey, we could really use an app like this. And I picked his brain and we went back and forth for a couple weeks. And uh, I'm like, all right, fine. I'll give it a shot. See if I can build it. So, And this one I actually built myself. Um, So it lets you... Uh, the, the basic scoring for a crawl is pretty pretty easy. You know, it's like, did you touch the gate? Then you get some points. Did you... uh, um, did you have to use your winch? You have to you lose some points for that. So all these different categories, you lose or gain points. Um, there's bonuses or whatever. So and then there's a timer, and then you know there's a, a DNF function if your truck breaks or whatever. So we, all this is built into the app. So they because they were using paper sheets for all the scoring, and he's like, that really doesn't work, especially on rainy or windy days. Uh, you know, it's it's a real hassle. So. Uh, the app is, is super easy to keep score and then it keeps a log. So when you're done with all your scoring, you just go back to the guy running the event and say, Hey, here's, you know, the 20 different runs I scored and here's all the scores for them. Um, really? And then we also added a scale points calculator now too, because that's a, a big deal for them. Uh, you know, they, they get us, they score half of their run by the actual crawl and then the other half by scale points, which means essentially how scale their truck looks. Mm-hmm. Right, so they get points for does it have a driver? Does it have two drivers? You know, do is it a full-bodied driver? You know, how yeah, how many shocks does it have? Are they functional? Well, I know Kobe's like big into that. Um, yeah. and he built some beautiful rigs, and <clears throat> you know, I met him at a uh, Psycho Nitro Blast. Mm-hmm. Nice guy. He was riding like this big two fifty around. That's all I remember, like this big two fifty <laughs> metal cross bike. And I was like, why is this guy doing that? But we ended up talking, and um, he was helping me up with my scale truck that I blew up. <laughs> wow, um, really nice dude. I didn't know that. Awesome. Um, so with the app and all that stuff, so if I was on a track, do I manually, like if I wanted to put my laptops, do I manually put them in or, okay. Right now that is manual. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping to get uh, an integration with LiveRC going. Mm-hmm. They have been uh, less than responsive. Yeah, that sounds, <laughs> I know Brandon and I remember when RCGP was, um, and Joseph was trying to connect with RCGP. That's how it was. It was like, uh, 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 and then, yeah, yeah, yeah. He responded to me several times and seemed enthusiastic, but you know, and finally came down to, hey, I'm ready to go. You know, can you help us out with this? Uh, it would be so you know, cool. Got, got it would pretty be quiet. So, it would be super cool. I mean, it. I mean, I don't know. I mean, you guys could work out something where I don't know. You both benefit from it, but it would be so like so easy to do. So much easier. Just imagine, like, you could be, oh, yeah, I, oh, this, like, you could just go on the app and say, oh, I made these changes when I did this. Like, I, these are my laptop. Like, so easy. Like, so, wow. Mm-hmm. Come, come on, live RC. Come on. <laughs> it 
Let's do it. Yeah, so anybody out there knows Brandon, tell him to talk to me. <laughs> um, it, it's not too bad in the app, though, because like after you do your, we don't uh, record all the lap times. We just uh, we give you a slot for your best lap time and your average, and then we calculate the consistency for you. Um, but we also let you record like your place and you know the race. Uh, which race it was. Was it a qualifier? Was it a main? That sort of thing. So the, the high-level data, we let you track in the app so you can keep a log of everything that's going on. Sweet. I guess whenever we get like, tele- oh, I'm going to mess it up, telemetry, um, telemetry, sorry, ever, and then we could get like all this stuff, Bluetooth right to this app. Oh, could could you imagine what, uh, I'm, I'm getting too ahead of myself here. I'm getting too <laughs> ahead of myself. We're talking Someday. about 25 years from now, I'll be, I wouldn't even be around probably. Um, <laughs> no, I think I can. I think that could happen because, like, um, my buddy had all that hooked up on his GT car, and I had a monitor there. This is mm-hmm. five, six years, five years ago. He was doing that. It, it told a lot of a lot of different stuff. Um, but man, it's the potential for this app with so many integrations is. I mean, I never thought of it till I was talking to you today. Um, wow, we need to get we need like RC needs to get with it and start coming into the modern age. And this is one of the ways we can do that. Yeah, technologically, RC is pretty far behind. Yes. That's why I've been trying to, you know, crank out apps to address these needs that I that I keep finding. Like, all these areas, like, like wow, it's actually super easy to build an app for this. Why, isn't, why aren't people doing this? <laughs> I actually just had that conversation today. I said, I think um, RC is 15 years behind the rest of the other industries in the world. I think, if, yeah. I think about that, 10, 15 years behind. Yeah, yeah, I think that's about right. Yeah, we it, we're just catching on to things a little bit too slow, and it's just because of size. Just because of size, we're just very small. Well, very and, small. and it's hard to it's hard to do things, you know. At a, it's hard to keep your technology up to date. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean that that's what it comes down to. I mean, you look at so many, even at the max manufacturer websites. You know, I mean, as someone who's built websites most of their career, you look at them and you're like, oh man, this is a train wreck. You know, just well, they, finding your way around is a mess. I think we're seeing the deterioration of websites, especially in RC. I don't, mm-hmm. I mean, like, I'm sorry, we're getting off on a tangent here, but this is just, you do this as well. So it's a great chat. Um, like, we don't have things like Neobug. We have live RC, but we don't have a Neobug. I always say that. And um, my buddy David from RCGB always says, websites are dying, Keenan. You don't need websites no more. And I'm like, well, it's it's kind of true because everything's Facebook and and Instagram and Instagram fast but we mm-hmm. we still need websites like come on like we need a proper new like oh, i'm sorry going off my tangent but yeah we just need <laughs> we need websites and all that type of stuff and and um it's sad to see that rc is kind of going away from that it looks like yeah well i think that's you're specifically talking about the news like news just, aspect of it right yeah news i mean well there are some good, oh they got good websites for you to buy stuff Oh yeah. <laughs> well, even those, even those are pretty clunky. Most yes, of them. That's true too. That's true too. Yeah. But um, no, but I don't think people care sometimes when they're gonna buy, spend money. But yeah, we're, right. we're behind on stuff. Um, what's next for the so dialed app? Can you re- re- reveal some of that, or is the, are we letting some secrets out? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, most of the things that we're working on, uh, you know, without getting too specific, are, are around usability and making life easier for people. Mm-hmm. You know, so we we want the app to be, be because it's so hard. You know, in between races, you know, people have to marshal, they have to do their maintenance, whatever. You know, we we know the app can't take away from that. So what we're trying to do is make it faster and faster and easier just for people to 
to, to do all their updates in between races. Can you do anything with the no prep guys? Because those guys are doing a lot of data logging with their ESCs and all that type of stuff. I'm surprised there's not, they haven't jumped in this yet. Is there anything? We've, we do support a couple of drag uh, setups. I, I haven't, I'm not into that world, so I don't know like kind of what their data collection needs are, but as far as like basic setups, we do support them. Yeah, that's that's what's banging right now, dude. That's crazy. Like mm-hmm. guys are making money. Um, these guys are adjusting their, like the, the, they can see their whole, like they're coming in from these two second runs and seeing where everything went and all that type of stuff. And like, they ain't, I don't think they're using apps and stuff like that, but it, like, hey, you need, yeah, you probably should get in, get in contact with those yeah, guys. Yeah, look into that. Yeah, talk to either my buddy Tyler or, or Tim Smith or Colin. He's the guy who does uh, McClan. Yeah, I think that can, I think that would be cool too. I think they'll like it. Wow. See, look, I'm, I'm going, I didn't know this conversation was going to go this way, honestly, but I'm really <laughs> excited about this. Like now I'm going to, I'm going to use this because I'm doing like a, um, like a, the plan is to do like a lefty getting back to racing type of thing. Nice. So I want to kind of use all the different tools that are available to people. Like I'm not new. I'm not a new racer, but I'm definitely mm-hmm. going to be using this. <clears throat> this is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Would, would love to help you out with that. You know, yeah. If but, we can help your race program get back on its feet. <laughs> help me not suck. Help me not suck. <laughs> um, video games. So you brought that up. That was what you used to do. Can we talk a little bit about that? Um, cause I do like gaming. Do you still do it? Are you into it? Um, what games did you work on? Sorry. Oh yeah. I didn't build any games personally, okay. but I built, I worked on a bunch of gaming sites. Mm. So, uh, mostly, uh, there was, a, I founded a site back in the day called gamers.com, which old time gamers might remember, but I've also worked on GameSpot, uh, game FAQs, giant bomb, uh, giant bomb is actually the biggest gaming podcast out there. Really? Um, yeah. And, uh, Metacritic as well, which is a great place to find good games, the best games out there. Awesome. Um, it's kind of like a rotten tomatoes, but for, for video games, I, I believe the owner of techno used to make games. I don't know oh, cool. what I, I haven't, I heard he did that. And I heard him on a podcast say that, um, that he worked on games and all that stuff before he, be, he did start a techno. So that's nice. pretty cool. I mean, you guys are right there in California. That's where all that stuff comes from. So that's perfect. Perfect. <laughs> um, all right. So I guess anything, anything specific, specific that you would like to maybe a, a first time user using your app, something they want to look out for, um, just give some, some people some tips on how to use the app. Maybe I, I, I know he's going to do some share, um, some screen sharing. If you want to do that, um, sure. we can bring it up so people we can, can see. jump on that. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Get this going. Speaking of tech, this, this tech here is actually pretty good. It makes life so much easier, like for doing this type of stuff. It's a StreamYard program like this. Oh, yeah. StreamYard is great. Yep. All right. Can you uh, see what I'm sharing here? Yep. There we go. Cool. All right. So I'll, I'll try to talk through what I'm doing so anybody listening to the podcast <laughs> isn't sure. too lost. Uh, but, yeah, when you open the app, uh, the first thing you have to do, of course, is add a car. I've already got several on the list here. Uh, but when you 
tap into your car, you then see a list of setups. It comes with the kit setup already built in. So you don't really have to have to you know add in all your settings the first time. It's already got all the basic stuff there. So you just need to change whatever you've done to uh, to change it from the kit setup. Um, so I've got a no name setup here. <clears throat> Tap into this. So when you get into a setup, there's three main tabs: the settings, which is you know what you would what you would think. Um, there's also the track tab where you keep track of you know what track you were at, what the track conditions looked like. And then the results tab, where you can record how how the race went, um, whether it was a qualifier or main or lap times. And then at the bottom here, also you can uh, just choose from basic handling evaluators. So, did I get more corner entry steering or less? Did I get more or less traction in corners? Things like that. So, you can just tap in there. You don't have to write out your notes, you know, in long longhand. You can just record your uh, race results very quickly and easily. Um, so going back into the settings tab too, <clears throat> so let's click into uh, front suspension. So you can see, let's see, I've got all the typical front suspension choices here, the camber link, the bulkhead, the anti-roll bar. Uh, if you click into one of those, you know, we've got a little diagram to show you what that item actually looks like um, and how you measure it. Um, and then we have all the default options. So you can choose from the existing anti-roll bars. You don't have to go try to figure out like, oh, which one is this? What's the part number? You know, we already got all that stuff there. And if, if you want to like buy it or something, we even got a little link for it. Oh, wow. Um, and it also shows you what the kit value is. So you can always remember kind of what the default is if you get too far away from that. Wow. Um, but the, so yeah, that's, that's I, what you need to do for basic. And then, uh, you know, stuff like your tires are here. Tires are presented in a chart, so it's a little easier to keep track of them. But you just tap into one of them and you can choose your, enter in your tires. Um, if you're on the premium plan, if you enter more than one value, it'll record all the values that you have. So you can easily switch between like different springs or different tires or whatever. Wow. Mm. this I like the, the, if you wanted to buy the springs or whatever, you can just click and the link comes up there. Yeah, try to make it handy. I mean, we're not making really much of any money off that because mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's pretty pretty small usage, but just mm -hmm. figured it would be handy for people in yeah. case they wanted it. Very handy. Um, just one tap to make the setup public here. Yeah. There. Yeah. People can find it on the website. They can search for it in the app. Um, now, when, they, when you do make it public, it shows up on this tab when you click on the Find Setups tab. Um, and then you can search for setups for whatever car you want. You know, it'll show you if there's new setups for one of the cars that you have. You can scroll down. You can see, like, Matthew Gonzalez has uh, six likes on his setup. Of course he does. Uh, of course he does. <laughs> he probably, so, yeah. Awesome. Wow, that's awesome. I know Darren Johnston. He's from Australia. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, when you look at someone else's setup, you can... You can tap into it. You can follow the driver. You can thank them directly. Um, and then you can copy their setup directly into your list. So the nice thing about that is once you copy it into your list, you can see exactly what the changes are between their setup and yours. Can you so, send them a message? Not in the app yet. Okay. Not quite. Yeah. Because I would just send Monocrime like a thousand messages in like an hour <laughs> if I had that. Like, Matthew Gonzalez, what are you doing? What are you doing? What, and I just keep doing that to him. 
Freaked yeah, out. we might we might get there later once yeah. we get a mute function built in for you. Uh, <laughs> it would be cool though, but then it would turn into a whole messaging service as well. <laughs> wow. Yeah, like I've got Matty G's set up here, and I can look at his and compare it to let's say my base setup, and then you see all the changes are highlighted in red. So I can tap into the rear suspension and see which which of his which of these settings he has changed. Oh, wow. So I know ex exactly what I need to change to get my setup in line with his. That is very cool. Very so, cool. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's one of our favorite features. And then uh, the newest thing we've launched, actually, is the race log. So let me go back to the 6.2. So if you're in the car, you, uh, you can go over to the race log here, and you can just say, I'm going to add a race. Tell it which car you're racing, since you can have several in the app. Tell it which setup you want to use for that race, which setup you are, you are using. And then just enter your notes from the race. Just say it was a great race. Class, two-wheel mod, qualifier. I already have two qualifiers in here, so it automatically tells me it's number three. Let's say I finished fourth. And you can enter your lap times. I'll skip that for now, but we'll go ahead and save that. And now here you can see the race log. You tap in, you can see. So here's my two-wheel modified race log for the day. And you can see every race that I was in, and you can see all the changes are automatically listed here. So I know exactly what changes you made to your setup in between those races, so we list them here in the log. So see, oh, oh, we changed the front camber. Okay. And then my uh, consistency got better between those races. Awesome. That's bad. Dude, that's pretty badass, man. That would help. <laughs> I'm the most unorganized person in the world. This would help me so much if I was at a race. I, I, I hope so. Yeah. That, that we just launched about a month ago. So we're just trying to kind of get more and more people testing it and letting us know how we can improve it. But, uh, wow. That's that's like my favorite feature, and and it's so gratifying to see this because like I, I actually had this feature in the original mockups, you know, almost two years ago, <laughs> was when I was first mocking this thing up and making diagrams, and uh, now to see it finally fully built and to see the app supporting it well, like it's it's awesome. I just can't wait to see what people get to do with it. Yeah, I think once you get the, and the, the beautiful thing about this is the more people that use it the better it gets because it collects so much data. And then you could just compare uh -huh. it to so much different things like, oh, I want to find some dusty track with shale corners or something like that. Oh, one guy, somebody out there has got a track like that. Well, I honestly did not, I, I guess because I haven't really looked at it and I haven't been really been racing and I didn't really, I'm sorry, I didn't, because I weren't racing, I didn't really pay it no mind. I didn't really see, comprehend the power of this thing. And honestly, like it's so much potential. It's very easy to use. Like just, like just, be, like you know, like it just makes things so easy. Like not having to carry a binder with all this stuff. Oh, what did I do in this? Time? Like it just has everything right there. So, so much easier for you. So, like, wow. I'm gonna have to hire you to uh, do my ads, Lefty. Yeah, we can do some ads. <laughs> I gotta use it first. Let me use it first. Let me get to the track. Let me Fair use enough. it. And um, but. I think I think people should be using this because if you if if you want to seriously find your setup and keep track of things and, and find analytics and stuff like this, this is perfect. Perfect. 
I, I hope so. And, uh, you know, it's always a work in progress, constantly improving. It's only going to get better. Hey, man, I, I really enjoyed this conversation. I learned a lot because I didn't, re- like I said, I didn't realize how good it was. I think people should be paying for this premium. two ninety nine a month to $30 a month. Come on, guys. This, and you get all that stuff. That money gets back put back into the app to have more cool things. So, hey, I will um, be getting the premium app as well. So, even though I'm awesome. not racing, I'm going to get it because I think this is cool <laughs> and um, I think we should support you because we need to give you some, you know, if this, makes some, if this makes you some profit, then we can get better things. And even just people just sign up for the free stuff and use it. The more users that get it, the better it is. Um, wow, Joe, thank you for your time. I think we're going to have to get you come back one, maybe when you do an update or something like that. Sure, and- I'd love to. I'd love to talk with you guys too about, uh, you know, getting racing out to a wider audience. So, you know, I've put a lot of thought into that. I, I, as part of my gaming career, I mm-hmm. actually ran a, you know, early esports effort called the professional gamers league. Really? Yeah. So we were actually, you know, doing the same kind of stuff. We had, we started with 2000 gamers sitting at home and then, you know, we'd have a, a play in and then the top 16, we brought them to a live event uh, and we, uh, we would have them face off, you know, in, in a big arcade. And, what games you know, are this? Oh, uh, this was back in the Quake days. Okay, Quake, know, so yeah, Quake days. One, Quake Two, Quake Three, uh, Command and Conquer, Starcraft. So all all the classics. Esports is actually our biggest rival, <laughs> and they're killing yeah. us so bad. Like, like, and I think there's a lot of reasons for that. <laughs> well, because it, it's easier. It's yeah. It's fun. Like you know, it's what cheaper. I mean? it's, it's cheaper. cheaper. Yeah, um, and it's probably cooler at this point, way cooler. Yeah. And it's and it, there's there's a future in it. <laughs> well, and, and I think it's just so much easier to get into it. Yes, you know, there's so much information online. People's people's friends are already doing it, so they're showing them how to do it. And RC, there's just it's not a big enough audience to begin with. And then you go to the track, and it just seems kind of daunting. Yeah, right? it's, it's scary. You see these guys, you know, with thousand dollar rigs you know and more than that no dude more than that more than that. oh yeah 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 but it's scary people I, I think just... people i know not i was gonna end this but you brought up esports <laughs> um i think people don't understand and respect the power of esports right now how big this is getting like we're gonna see i almost want to say we're gonna see esports probably as big as like other real actual sports at some point in, in certain parts of the world, it yes. already is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, we're going to see state, like, we're going to see maybe, okay, I'm going to be, we're going to see, like, basketball stadiums or hockey stadiums filled out. I'm going to say a football stadium, stadium yet, but. They're, al- they're already doing oh, basketball see, look, stadiums. I'm already behind yeah. all that stuff. That's how yeah. big this is. Where There's, like, guys out there making millions doing this stuff. Whereas, yeah. it's it's crazy. So, people who can't get behind, don't understand that. Esports is the real, real deal. Yeah, they, I mean they've got tournaments out there for a million dollars. They they they're filling twenty and thirty thousand seat stadiums. Like, you know, they know they know how to promote this and they exactly. know how to give people easy on ramps to it. And I think that's what RC needs. And it I think does. it's a great t- it's a great time for it. Honestly, mm-hmm. like with all of the emphasis on STEM education, you know, everybody wants their kids to learn right science, tech, engineering, right, all this stuff. And RC is all of those all things. Of it. It, it's a it's an awesome way to learn that stuff. It's how I learned it. Yeah. So I, I just wish 
you know, more people were aware of it as, as an on-ramp to all that. And they don't just think it's, Oh, it's all battle bots. Like that's the only way to do this. Yeah. It's you know, not. Like, there, there's more ways to learn engineering than just battle bots. <laughs> yeah. It's, um, it, it, it comes down to just people, people just to know what we do, man. And, yeah. and, and, and that's what I was telling my buddy of mine today. I said, people just don't know what we do. Um, the, we're just that obscure. That's it. I, we feel big. We feel big, but it really, we, we really aren't as big as we feel. Like we ain't moving a hundred thousand units a year and or, or a month and or a year. What people think it's, it's really that small. Oh, um, it's tiny. Yeah. I mean, like I'm here in the San Francisco Bay area and I have to drive an hour to get to a track. Yeah. Like this is one of the most populous places in the entire country. <laughs> Why do I have to drive an hour to get to a track? I know it's crazy. It's it's California too. I don't know how traffic is up in San Francisco, but this um, is an hour with no traffic. Okay, well that's pretty far then. Yeah, um, that's. I don't know, man. This is something that comes up every every time in this podcast. You are a tech guys, so obviously hip to all these different types of tech and all that type of stuff. So you can see things and stuff like that. We definitely should talk about how we can grow RC or get it spread it to a wider one. I don't like. We need to get we need to get linked up with some of these esports people or something. I don't know if they want to partner. I don't know, man. Something. I, I don't know what we gotta do. We gotta do something, something because yeah. uh, we need to get more people racing. And I think things like this that make RC easier are things that will help draw people into. You know what I mean? This is this is like what I mean. Like part of RC coming out of that fifteen years and coming into. In modern times, mm-hmm. like, you know what I mean? And once people start, it's probably not going to happen in my generation. It's going to happen in this next couple of generations because they're going to come up on on this stuff than I did. But this is the type of stuff that's going to make RC easier for people in the future. It can make yeah. it easy for people now. Totally. And, and that's so much of what I was trying to do with this. I and mean, one of the first features we had in the app was just the ability on each setting screen, you know, whether it's camber or any squad or whatever, we've got a little explanation at the bottom. You can click in and see what does the setting do? You know, what does anti-squat mean? What, you know, should I have more or should I have less? Like all this stuff, you know, sounds like Greek to someone who's just starting. So that's why, you know, in the app, all that stuff is just super convenient right there. You can see what the setting is and how it's going to help you. I'm going to talk to Mark Santamaria, see if he's using his app because he should promote promote this too because he's got a big audience of almost like bashers that is trying to get to be racers. Mm, So this will help them too. Yeah, yeah, I, I love talking about this stuff because I, I think RC really should be bigger, much bigger than it is. You know, it, it has a lot of the fundamentals there. It just doesn't have a lot of good on-ramps for, for no, newbies. Not at all, not at all. Joe, we're going to get you back on when you do some updates and maybe we can we can, we can put our heads together and come up with some ideas here in the, in the future. Um, thank you for your time. I, had a, I really had a great chat with you. I learned some new things. People, guys, check this app. If you ain't using this app, um, Let's support this man. Let's make this app better. Sign up for the premium, you know, that helps make things better. And um, let's go. Like, this This is going to make your life easier. Trust me. It's going to make my life easier. Joe, you want to shout out and say thank you to anybody before we head out? Oh, man. Thanks for everyone who's been supporting me. You know, we've got a lot of a lot of regular users of the app, especially the early folks like uh, Josh Palmer, you know, really, really got the word out. Charles Decayato has been, like, you know, repping us all the time. I know, um, Charles. I don't know, Bomber. Yeah. I said, yeah, Bob Taylor, long time TLR yeah. stalwart. Yes. Yeah, Bob was awesome, too. In the very early days, he was, I think he may have actually been a, an actual beta tester. Really? So, awesome. Yeah, he, he, he was super helpful in the, the first 
you know, first couple of months trying to get off the ground. So, uh, yeah, all the early folks helping out, anyone who's been giving feedback or suggestions or even requesting cars, you know, I, I appreciate it all because we, we're just trying to improve. So, uh, you know, feel free to, to give us any suggestion. We have thick skin, you know, so any feedback is, is good. Uh, awesome. Whether it's... Uh, so it's he says good. we have thick skin, so you can. Yes, yes. You can. So go go ahead. You know, I, I've been taking criticism of my products for twenty five years. You can say whatever you want. It's not going to hurt my feelings. I'm going to figure out what that means and how to make the app better. Yeah, and also, guys, he's also you guys are integrated with House of RC, like I believe as well, too, right? Yeah, so you can link up your profile. So okay. uh, w when you share setups on So Dialed, it automatically creates that's set up uh, within the app so people can find it in the app, but it also creates a web version of it. So you can just share a short link and people can see it whether they have the app or not. They can, if they don't, it'll just show up on the website. Um, and it also creates a driver page. So uh, if you enter your House of RC ID, it'll add a link over to your House of RC uh, page, and then you can also link back to us from House of RC. Awesome. Awesome. Man, Thank you for your time. I learned a lot. Congratulations on this awesome app. And uh, I think once people really realize how good this is, like I did, because I know there's people out there that haven't, um, you're going to see some increase in numbers. I mean, you get, remember, two ninety nine people, that's nothing. It's a cup of coffee. <laughs> a cup of coffee every day, a month. Um, thank you, right Joe. On. Have a good evening. Thanks. And um, I'll talk to you later, man. Thank you for your time. All right. Thanks a lot, Lefty. All right. Bye-bye. BeachRC.com, the racer's one-stop online hobby shop. Choose from all the popular brands and variety in stock with super fast shipping and great customer service. BeachRC.com still has the local hobby shop feel with all the benefits of the internet. BeachRC.com is the exclusive distributor for Ultimate Racing, JQ Racing, Pro Circuit Racing Tires, Nitro Lux Fuels, and Assault RC Performance Products. So, fill up your cart and check out at beachrc.com today. Thank you to Brent at Beach RC. They're getting ready for the MOD race coming up, Mod Race, Masters of Dark. Shout out to Lucas is making some videos. They're also getting ready for Badlands, which is probably the last big race, semi-big, used to be really big. Uh, it's a great race. Hopefully it doesn't rain this year and it's a good race. And yeah, I heard it might be the last Badlands, that the, ma the last... Um, Full broad that they have. So if that's the case, that would be a shame. But uh Is the track is the track getting turned down? I don't know what's going on. I don't think so. I just I think they might actually have to just move the date of the race because it always rains. But um, um Oh yeah. yeah, true. You know, thank Beach RC is a brick and mortar hobby shop. They've been a long time supporter of the podcast. Remember, guys, showing the, the sponsor some love shows the podcast and love. We do have an affiliate link to Beach RC if you can use that. It's in the written description of this podcast. It helps the podcast. It helps us. So showing them some love. Use that affiliate link if you can. All right, Max. We actually don't have many questions, but we have some questions that might require some some quick, not so quick answers. So first off, okay. is from my okay, uncle. Can I go ahead? Can I go go quickly? This is one of my favorite parts of the podcast. So I wish people would uh, ask more questions. So yeah. that's to you listening. Even if you don't have a question this week, think of something to ask next week, whatever. Like something you think about RC. It could be anything. Really. Yeah. These questions always lead to good conversation. I agree. So I, I like it. I was a little bit late this week posting this up. I usually post this up on, on uh, Monday, but I think yeah. I posted it up on Tuesday. 
So uh, we didn't get as many questions. We didn't even get any Instagram questions this week. So, but I mean, people, even if you don't have to post, you can PM Keenan or me and say, hey, Probably. I want this on the podcast or something. All right. So first off is from my uncle, Lauren Slant. Dude, did you know I had an uncle that's into RC? I've never met him. But um, he lives in America and he's my uncle and he's into RC and his nephew. They live in, uh, his name, Lauren Slant. It's my dad's brother. I've never met him. But uh, he asks... I have a lot of questions about RC drag racing. Well, Uncle, uh, you would have to hit up either Tyler Zavadil, Tim Smith, or Colin uh, Branch. They are the guys with drag racing. They know all about it. I don't know much about it. So um, I, li- I, th- I like it. I want to do it one day, but I don't know much about it. All right. Uh, second question from my good buddy, the coach. What's up, coach? How are you doing, Jeff Werner? We get so excited about Silly Season and that it is coming up soon. Looking back, who made the biggest impact had the best season with their new team who was not who has not been a good fit or had little impact well that's a good question yeah and um that's not a that's not a short answer um all right so let's break it down who's had the most impact on their team this year joseph um max (laughs) yeah like most positive impact um that's a tough one well, let's who's been there? Uh, no, Cole switched to hot tray. Oh, testament to hot trays, maybe. No, not really. It's been okay. Nationals was okay, but it's not been that big. I um, thought I thought Ty would be a lot, it would take a lot longer to get up to speed, but he was not good at DNC and then he came out swinging at, I think he went to PMB. Yeah. yeah, he won there. So, um, I, I think, I they think actually, to be honest, the 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 last after the last silly season, there are very few winners. Mm. You know, there's there are very few. Like you yeah, remember yeah, when yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Mayfield switched to Mugen? That was like an o- mm-hmm. obvious win for both. But like now, there are like all right. Like, I have there's it. pretty much only losers. I have it. I would say Cavalieri has has not had the biggest impact, but probably been one of the biggest winners moving over to, to TLR and not, he's just, seen what do you mean? He's had a bad season. No, he hasn't. He he had a, he like last, last season with S works. He won silver. He was in his second year of S works. It took almost a year to get up to speed. I think he's getting up to speed faster with the TLR than he was with the S works. Let's put it that way. Okay, okay. At the okay. Nationals, at the nationals he, he, he had a failure in his main, so he couldn't, obviously couldn't, like, that was, I think Kev would have been top three at Nationals if he would have made it. <clears throat> um, yeah, yeah. I mean, Cavalry is the type of driver that only needs confidence in his car. Right. He doesn't need the car to be the fastest car out there. All he needs is he and the car speak the same language. All he needs. I think if, if they do, yeah. he wins. I think if he's, I think he's doing up to speed with the TLR more this year, faster than with the with the with the S works. Yeah. And I think yeah. we're gonna see him get faster next year because he has to Definitely. because it's the yeah. second year and yeah. he he has to have some performance. And I just I just don't you can't have a knockout like the veteran. He's only 33, 34 years old, probably thirty five. I think he's I think his move is still probably the best move of silly season. And, um, yeah, but there's been really bad ones. Like, okay, lots, let's be honest. I wouldn't say the car has been an issue, 
but he keeps flaming out every single damn race he flames out on the pits on the track probably even on the fucking starter box i don't know what's going on the alpha engines i ran them way back oh, they weren't you? too bad then yeah they were like they weren't good but they were okay they didn't flame out they wore out quite fast and they didn't have that much power but like how do you flame out every single race all right i I don't want to talk bad about WRC or anything like that or lots or anything like that. Yeah, I mean, the car, I, just, I, I would say, like, I wouldn't say the car has even been an issue. No, no, I don't him. think He's it's a car okay issue. Fast. His speed has been okay. It's just I, like he keeps flaming out yeah, or braking or stuff <laughs> is going wrong for him. And when it happens once or twice, okay, bad luck. Mm -hmm. When it happens every single damn race, what the fuck are you doing? You're doing something wrong. It's like, I don't know. Maybe he needs to pray more. <laughs> He's so rude. He's so rude. You know what? The good thing about that is Ryan, Ryan Lutz would say, "Yeah, I do," because uh, he's just that good of a dude. Oh no, no. But I mean, I mean, no, no. I even though I, I said it as a joke for him, that could work for him. Maybe, yeah. maybe he needs that to get his head head into it more. And I would, if praying works for him, it works for him. I like. I, I mean. Not really a, even a joke. I, I mean, think I said it. As I a think joke. <laughs> I think what people don't realize is that we we came very close to losing Ryan Lutz this year. You know what I mean? Yes, um, very close. People don't understand how close it was, and it's it's up. It's a few people that helped him, and they know who they are. I'm not going to say their names. There's a few people that helped him keep him into RC, from what I'm told, and that's a good thing because I think RC without Ryan Lutz yeah. is a bad thing. Um, I think yes. he's one of the best ambassadors we can have. I really have a lot of respect for Ryan. Um, I have great conversations with him, not about RC, believe it or not. And, um, oh, and definitely one of the nicest yes. pros I've ever met. I definitely. would like to see no Ryan doubt. Lutz. I want to see things work out where, if, where he can still be in RC. Maybe it doesn't depend on what he does at the track, uh, results wise but more of a leadership role and, and maybe um, mentoring some younger drivers and stuff like that. I think he still has maybe, I, 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 I still think that Lutz can be competitive. I still think he can, I still think Lutz can win when things are right. You know what I mean? But yeah. it is definitely been, it's a challenge. It's a challenge and it's, it's hard when everybody else is getting faster. It's, it's, and it, it's just a challenge. And he, and Lutz has a very and, busy yeah. personal life. He has four children. He has, um, yeah a wife that's she's she gets sick a lot and the man's amazing like i don't know how he, i have two kids and I, i'm going crazy so i have a lot of respect for lutz and i want to see him do well i don't think he's yeah. had a bad bad year i just think he just hasn't had the results that he would probably want at some of these races i think on the, on the yeah, he's yeah. doing good in the regional level and stuff like that like he wants but yeah um, his, his year hasn't been like he, he, it like hasn't his fresher been at, like at, at Agama, at Agama, his fresher at Agama was really good. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, but like the, the thing is, like his year hasn't been like, what is this guy doing? Like, why is he so slow and stuff? It's been like something always happens. Mm -hmm. Like he, he at nationals, he was doing good, flamed out in a pitch like four times. Uh, he was leading PNB, flamed out, and it's just like. I don't know what keeps happening, and yeah, De Ryan Lutz is definitely a guy like like you can't really afford to lose. There's a lot of pros you can afford to lose, but Ryan Lutz is uh, is the one you really want to keep in RC. But I think I think also he's been now switching to WRC. 
he's been probably more focused on the, being a team manager sort of compared to like in techno he was just a driver no, they have a team manager <clears throat> but yes he definitely has he to do, do more work but like yeah he it's it's he's not now with wrc he's not only the driver with techno okay like he's always had his own brand face. and stuff yeah 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 I, it's it's a different scenario but you know I, who hope, I think you know who i think and i look i am not paid by horizon hobby people at all I'm not sponsored by Horizon Hobby. Yeah, but how, Horizon, how, is, how you know, is Horizon not sponsoring this podcast right now? Like Horizon, you always, always do stuff for them. You know my email address. You can send that check, or you know, I send you my PayPal address. Um, I think TLR has made the best strides in. Yeah, I, I think agree. TLR has made the best, the most Last strides year? in in mm-hmm. in in racing this year. Yeah, and I okay. This is actually a good thing you said this uh, because I didn't think about it before. But TLR, like, thanks to buying Proline, really, I think I think buying Proline is actually one of the biggest things. But thanks to buying Proline, they now got Cav, they now got uh, Fend, and uh, well, Fend is not Proline, but like they already had Fend. But thanks to buying Proline, now they have a complete race program. They distribute OS. They have tires, they have a car, and now if they want to, they can dominate. All they need to do is uh, like put some like actual effort, hire good designers and mm-hmm. stuff. But now the team looks good, everything is set. Now just the works needs to be done. I don't think they want to do the work, but whatever. They have the money to still be on on there, so. I'd I'd rather have TLR this way it's now than dominating. Mm-hmm. So yeah, please TLR don't hire good designers. And I would okay, say Barry is a good designer. Um, obviously, obviously they have people there, but like they are still trying to keep to that platform. I feel they're and not trying to. I also have to say change. in a quick run up position with that team wise would be Techno because Techno exactly. Techno had a really good. Okay, they haven't won a nitro buggy main, but they've had five to six cars in every final. You know what I mean? Or, yeah. You know, at least three cars. And I think um, and, yeah. their team, like I just think what they they've done, and like it it really got highlighted highlighted this year with with everything. Like they, you know, they have loyal uh, members. They have you know, and and I think just with their with their squad with their lineup, like Techno just has young guys, young cats in waiting. You know what I mean? And guys that don't want to leave Techno because they want to, you know, they're waiting in position. So I think Techno has been another big winner of Silly Season, even though they only really got Tyler Jones in the Silly, silly Season. And obviously they got Kyle yeah. McBride. But, but their team has been great. Like, just not just the pro level, but yeah. the, the lower, like the lower mm-hmm. guys. Yeah. You, you know what, actually, uh, what probably ends up happening is Seth is getting kicked out. And uh, they will have Jones, Bornhorst, Tebow. I think so. Do they have someone else? Well, they have Wiggins. That's all they have. They have Wiggins. He's still there. Yeah. Oh, Wiggins isn't but, going anywhere. You know, Wiggins, yeah, Wiggins, Wiggins probably don't get salary. Jones may get, I don't know. I'm not sure with the facts, but I mm. imagine Jones gets a salary. I think so. so. They have, so pretty much what has happened, like if we are right and Seth gets kicked out after this silly season, in one year, they improved, I think. They went from Seth to Jones, mm-hmm. and now they have a team that all get together. They are sort of the one one bunch. Mm-hmm. 
and uh, everything should be nice after that. I think so. so yeah, Seth, Seth is a fast guy, all that, but yeah, you can't be enemies with your teammates. That that's what it seems like on. it's gonna be. Like, that's what it seems yeah, like it's ending up yeah. to be. I like Seth, and I want to see him, and and, and I, he has potential, and I want to see and, him flourish. Yeah. yeah. All right. I think that's it for that question. That that was the that was a ten minute question, but that was a good question. Yeah, <laughs> Gary yeah, Crowell, what's up, Gary? I see Gary's out. Gary is the big like he's just pro electric. He has this. I've been watching him. He's doing some. Yeah, stuff. he's 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 definitely an electric. Guy. Oh yeah, he, he has an electric nitro. bike. He's he's all about that, like dr- riding up yeah. the road and all that stuff. He goes, "Remember Nitro inevitably and finally die for good." Well, Gary, I'll tell you when Nitro dies. Nitro dies when the E nets get more entries than the fuel nets, and that happens in five minutes. Nitro dies when the E worlds gets more entries than the Nitro worlds. That's when it dies. Yeah. And you know what? Yeah. Neither of that's gonna happen. And there should be an E buggy yeah, worlds. There should be an E buggy worlds, and there should be more people at the E nets. But as long as I see Zalgari thinks I hate eBuggy. You don't like eBuggy. I love, I like eBuggy. I think it's a great gateway for beginners. And I think as technology goes on, it's just going to get better. I still think Nitro, oh, is, I mean, the, I, I still think Nitro is the best. Though, and I agree with all that. I, I agree with all that. I, I, I've always said it that I only hate eBuggy as being the competitive class. So, sort of. Well, Obviously, if Nitro goes away, then there's no other choice. Mm-hmm. So eBuggy will be the competitive class. But eBuggy is definitely if if I see a new guy he wants to get into eight scale I say buy an eBuggy always yeah. I never say buy an Nitro. See, see, this is my issue with the eBuggy guys. I don't want eBuggy to go away. I want it to flourish. But they they all seem to want I Nitro to die. Like, and I just like why do you guys hate Nitro so much? Yeah. Like, because you don't do it. Like, or because you have you don't get long mains. Oh, run Nitro if you want longer mains. Yeah. But Gary, I made actually, uh, yeah, I made actually a whole video about this subject. Like. Beginning of this year, okay. uh, regard like uh, it was uh, due to the new EU fuel regulations. Mm-hmm. I sort of made a video when will Nitro die? Uh, I said like Nitro is gonna die probably in ten years, but now I've sort of uh, changed my mind on this. I don't see Nitro going away because yeah. like I during the time since making that video and this time, what made make made me change my mind is the fact that. If Formula One wants to go electric, they can't call the cars formulas anymore. They're not formula cars anymore if they do that. Okay. Because Formula uh, E, uh, they have the sole right in the world to have a world championships for electric formula cars. So F1 can never go fully electric unless they buy Formula E. That means that... That means that there will have to be a Formula One series, and that series, if the if the Formula One series will exist in the future, they will have to use internal combustion engines or something else than electric. And what I believe will happen is uh, new fuel. That's all I think will happen. Fuel not based on oil. It's a completely and, uh, like a completely different synthetic type of mix altogether. Yeah. 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 So I think I think when that happens, that's like the nail on the coffin nitro racing is gonna it's not gonna go anywhere. Because we can even now uh in my video I talk about Maxima making a fuel that has no nitro in it, no 
uh, methanol. It was some bioethanol based fuel. Mm-hmm. So it's like biodegradable. It's fine for the environment. ETC, ETC. So we already have the technology to go away from nitro if that's the issue. So I just like, like there's too many things to for nitro. Even in my video, I kind of said that nitro will not die if we make a new fuel. Mm-hmm. But then I was like more skeptical of nitro being alive forever. But now I'm like, there's no way nitro is gonna go away <laughs> in like my lifetime, really. Well, my lifetime maybe, but let's say your lifetime. Yeah, I don't know how much because, more iPhone got left. So that isn't a good good comparison. Yeah, but like I got yeah, but anyway, well, like let's let's imagine you live in a first world country and you live to till you're eighty. So, so that has nothing yeah. to do with it. But anyway. Um I yeah. agree with you. I but, agree with you. Yeah. Uh, I, I think I think we might go away from nitro, but internal combustion, no. Yeah. I would agree with that. Or maybe like we get we have uh, something else. Maybe we get electric cars that sound like nitro cars and have a smoke thing. Yeah, um, no, never going to happen. <laughs> uh, so I have a bunch of questions from the captain, the great captain Carl. I like captain. He's, he's awesome. He's, he's, um, he's an older gentleman and they made the trip down to Southern Nets. He has like, he's from NorCal. He has a bunch of questions, but I think we answered them. But one of his things, he was the one who told me about the pit lane. He says, if Mayfield hit somebody in the, in in the dome on pit lane would have been epic. I don't. I think like Mayfield didn't get hit that. I think I I weren't there, but I kind of I kind of can see him getting pissed off and maybe just doing. I've seen people hit the pit lane before. I mean it's 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 on the driver at the end of the day. I don't I I can't see him getting punted that hard where his car flips up and hits somebody and hurts him. But I wasn't there, so he said it did. It did. It was. It could have been dangerous. But I can also say, well, why is it that we don't have termosters that go out there and hive his vest? Why do we make bridges at tracks where the yeah. where they're you, like right in line with a person's head? Why do mm-hmm. we have crossovers yeah. that are dangerous and all this type of stuff? So, yeah, it, it's a just not just if you're if you are American and uh, you don't think there's anything wrong with American racing in terms of safety and you get mad about Mayfield, like Mason punting Mayfield to almost to the, uh, what do you call it? Spectators. Yeah. Like now is the time to wake up in, <laughs> in, in Germany, in Germany, by law, you can't make jumps that are too big mm. in RC tracks mm. in Germany. You cannot go out to the track, even as a mechanic, to fetch the car if it's flamed out without a high vis vest. Mm. I've seen, I've seen personally a mechanic without a vest. His driver's car flames out. He fucking runs to the pits, go get the vest, and then runs to the, get the car. And in Germany as well, I'm talking Germany because Germany is definitely the tightest in Europe. Okay. No other country is this tight, but this is the, definitely the tightest in Europe. If there's a martial spot even close to a jump, there's always uh, sort of a fence on uh, next to it. Right. So or the it's sort of like have a, a fence around. around. Them. Yeah, yeah, I've seen that. Exactly. Yeah. So, like, if and and also, I don't know if this is a rule in Germany, but Finland there's a rule that the whole track area needs to be fenced so that 
only you can only get to the track from the pit lane. Mm-hmm. So if you're a spectator, you even cannot get into the track. You have to first go to the pit lane and then you can get onto the track and there needs to be a fence around it. So unless you have regulations and rules like this, and unless you like even the highest vests, like that's like that's a no-brainer. That's like come on. Like it helps the drivers, man. You can't see people, man. Yeah, and especially at, at these indoor races where it's dark dirt, the lighting isn't good, these guys mostly wear black hoodies, you really can't see a marshal uh, next to a triple. Sometimes. Especially uh, like, a big, like a big triple like at these uh, race time races, there's no way you're going to see a marshal on the landing. I would have no to agree damn with you. Way. I'd have to agree with you. Um, yeah, so, so I agree yeah. with you. What? Okay, so he, he almost hit somebody in pit lane. Well... I've seen so many tracks that have been like that are dangerous. AMS 2018, yeah. the most dangerous track I've ever probably seen uh, with a crossover yeah. that I swear Cody was there and Cody had just started growing his hair. So he had like a high top. I swear a car cut his hair. That's how he was like under the, the, the um, crossover. And I swear that car went like right over his hair yeah. like that. So to say all crossovers, of that. Crossovers, I think crossovers should be banned. But race designers should know to never do a crossover. Let me tell you something. Ryan Mayfield is a badass driver. He went and I don't think Mason Fuller punted him into that. I think it was, I think, yes, Mason Fuller helped, of course. But I think it was a lot more to do with frustration and trying to get back up on speed or or whatever. Who knows? He he was frustrated. So anything could have happened. Hey, look, Mayfield also smashed the radio. So I I, I don't mind that. But, you know, tempers flur. So that happens. Like, come on. Let's be honest here. If you're a racing driver and middle of the race, you think, should I pull the throttle or should I watch out for the spectators? That's not on you. That's on the track designer. That's on race time. That's not on Mayfield. That's not on Mason. That's on race time. Blame Dave for not putting a fence up there if you're scared of the spectators. Well, I think it was pit lane. Don't blame Mayfield. I think it was pit lane. So he like crashed Well, then put a fence on a pit lane, whatever. But like... It's like if you're driving on the track, there's no point where you should be scared scared for the marshals. Or uh, if you're at any point, if you're driving on the track, if there's a close call or whatever, it's never on the driver. Mm-hmm. It's always on the marshal or on the track design or whatever. I get that. Never on the driver. Carl has a few more questions, though. Uh, a lot of them we answered. Uh, he asked in our, our synopsis of Southern Nazi asked, uh, what is the definition? Carl is a Mugen driver, by the way. What is the definition of leaving the door wide open nowadays, four inches between the pipe and your opponent, six inches, a width of a car? The space that Mason Fuller needed to get by Mayfield. <laughs> That's my answer. Um, yeah, I mean, okay. Because even though, even though I'm, I mean, yeah, I mean, even, okay, even though I agree this was okay, this Mason Mason's pass. If this happened in Finland, yes. I would call a penalty. But the thing is, like, maybe that needs to be revisited uh, in we, Finland. We need, yeah, may, maybe we are too strict. Yeah, maybe, maybe America is too lean. <laughs> it depends on who you ask. It's it's like things like this is is hard because, in my opinion, F one these days, it's. <laughs> Sometimes you get a penalty, sometimes you don't. Mm-hmm. And it's when you get a lot of penalties, those situations happen much more. Mm-hmm. So I would wish 
to avoid penalties as much as possible. I think RCGP did the best job so far. I think, okay, issue was it was only Mao and sometimes there was one other mm-hmm. uh, uh, sort of race director looking at incidents like this. So obviously there were things that weren't seen. But as long as, let's imagine, every incident that Mao saw, I think he called really well. And every time I got a stop and go, and I got a few, every time I got a stop and go, I knew exactly what I did, mm-hmm. and he was right. So for me, I can't put any blame on him. And everyone else complained and cried and moaned about it. And that's Mao came after some race. Mao came to me and said, "You're like the only guy who hasn't complained about stop and goes." And that's that's the thing that needs to be like thought about. Is in RCGP there were clear rules. It was written on paper. If the other driver's front tire hits the other driver's side or whatever. I can't remember the exact wording on it. But basically a T-bone or a rear ending, that's a penalty. And the penalties were dependent on... Race director then can say how big of a penalty it is. But something like that definitely needs to be written down, thought about properly and examined. Like this sort of... I think all the rules Internet, need to kind of be examined Facebook again, or, anyway, Max. I think uh, with um, well, yeah, true, true. I think now that we have video capabilities, we 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 get video of these incidents and all that type of stuff. Especially yeah. in an incident like this, where it's for a win. If if you're yeah. unsure, take ten minutes and. But there's no rules, yeah. and you know what? There there are no rules. Like like so. Yeah, in America, definitely. I mean, there <laughs> in are Europe, rules. They often use there, Apple rules, right? But you know what? For me, this is okay. I've seen a lot worse, and not, I've seen people do a lot worse and not get caught. Oh, for yeah. It. So, um, yeah, I think it's just that it was it was just right there. And I mean, even Lance McDonald, who's the RD and had probably he was there watching it. He was excited. Look, it was a win win for RC. It was exciting racing. Um, yeah. All right, couple more questions. He goes. How good can Brandon Rose get? I personally know he's going to be the real deal. I think uh, a lot of these guys can be the real deal. It depends on how much work and sacrifice and effort they put into it and how much time they're willing to put into it. I know Brandon Rose suffered yeah. from a big problem of not finishing races before. Maybe if he if he's getting over that hurdle and he can he can get to some of these races, he's got a, he's and these guys need to travel to these West Coast races and do these races and all that type of stuff too. So I think Brandon yeah. Rose, I think Brandon Rose, I think Tyler Jones, I think Seth Van Dalen, I think um, all these young guys can all be the real deal. It's just how much do they want it. And they have to win at you some You know what? Point. You know what? One thing I want to say, I tried to make this as quick as possible. Biggest issue for young racers is living in the wrong place. You know? Like Rose, I don't know where he lives. He lives in Texas. I he, has somewhere, good, he has a healthy yeah. RC scene. But not as yeah, but competitive the, as, who, as West him. He's exactly. the fastest. He's the fastest. So, so let's put it this way. Uh, if you are the third fastest guy at RCRC, you're battling against uh, Cavalarian and, uh, well, sometimes Mayfield. If you're the fastest guy in somewhere in the middle of Texas, you're Brandon Rose and next guy is maybe Jared Wiggins. I don't know. Like, it's... To get any recognition from that is impossible. So even if even if you are the same speed, you do exactly the same things, but you live in California, you're going to be in Mayfield once in a while or uh, Cavalier once in a while. Mayfield goes a lot to OCR, at least he used to. 
Not no more. I think it's too that's, deep. Not no more. Yeah. But let's say before I, I, I think he went to OCRC quite a lot. And uh, if you are there and it's your home track, you're going to beat Cavalier, your Mayfield, or Rivkin once in a while. Even though you're doing exactly the same as you would do in another city, what you're doing is you're still getting some results and you get recognition. It's much easier to get sponsored if you're in California mm-hmm. versus if you're in somewhere in the middle of Texas, let alone in Finland. Hey, <laughs> I want Brandon Rose to be a professional, so he just has to put... We have to put the effort in, and we have to stop tearing on the youth. So, uh, yeah, he can go as far as much effort he wants to put into it. Um, but okay, I think, I think, if I'm being honest, if someone like Brandon Rose wants to go full pro, he should move to California or or some think- other play, or even Arizona, where there's Mayfield and Ripken, somewhere where there's other fast guys. I think really. I think. Uh, he can do it or then just fly to each race yeah i just think he needs to get that travel because he i think he has to go with his dad and um you know because still he's still he's not a man he's a young boy he's young like i think he might even still be in school or might not i can't remember he might be 18 now he might be out of school i think he can do it i think i think these guys can do it they just it's just it's 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 a lot of work you know what i mean so it is um you would know that you know, uh, I, I, yeah. I'll be honest with you. I, Brandon Rose is better than you was, better than you are. I'm going to say that. But I'm, that's no disrespect to you, but it's just there's mine. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. No, I haven't seen you race What's all his, time. What's his, what's well, his, what's his, uh, like, best result? I can't, I don't know. He's, Brandon Rose is good. He's making all these finals and stuff. His problem is DNS. No, but I mean, I, I made, I made the um, main in PNB. Yes. After not racing for the whole winter. Yes, but I think PNB is maybe a little bit more stacked now than it was in 2019. Maybe a little. Oh bit. no, yeah. Well, I don't know. I think Brandon Rose has been racing against more competition than you lately, so I think he's better than you. But my point oh, is, oh yeah, but that's my, just because Europe doesn't race. My point would be that the increase, the 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 increments in in as you get to higher level, when you when you when you're in sportsman increments are like your gains are like this. When you're in open, your gains yeah. and all like that. When you're in freaking pro and you're trying to go against these guys, your gains are like can be like that. You know what I mean? And you have yeah. to be a, you have to be. But I mean like that, they can be minute, and you have to be. You have to understand that it takes time, especially if you aren't as. You don't have the yeah. raw talent of some of these other guys. I'm not saying that he don't, I, he has raw talent. I think his issue is most, mostly being mechanical. You know what? Actually, I wanna. This is this is almost nothing to do with what we were talking uh, before. But I just thought about this, and I think this is a good thing to say about differences in European and American racing. In Europe, there's often a lot of like fast guys who do good in some areas. Like Skidmore wins in UK. It's the same in Clancy America. Used to, no, it isn't. Like mm-hmm. if Rose goes to Tennessee or if he goes to Texas, like he. He does almost the same level. That's because there's no uh, like permanent tracks in America. Like, he, okay, he, he, some he, drivers no, no, do no. better on the West Coast because <clears throat> of the dirt. Oh, you mean like actual permanent tracks, like that stay in a yeah. I, there, but in different regions, there's local fast guys. Like in the Southeast, they have their region. In the Northeast, every region has their local fast guys. Which each country, like in Europe, has their fast guys. But it's when they get together at these races that they all come together. So Rose is one of the fastest no, but guys, like, for like example, the fastest guy in Texas. No, but for example, like if I go to Euro contest in Italy, 
there's like 15 fast Italian kids that are like basically the same speed as me or sometimes even faster than me in Italy. Then we go to Spain. I'm fastest of them all. Okay, I like, get Apart you. from obviously like the top Italians are different, but there's like, like in Europe, you go to a race, like, like Lutz, he went to Montpellier and he was in the fucking quarters. In America, like that, that doesn't happen to him. Okay, he finished B in the DNC that same year. But mm-hmm. it's like in Europe, the depth of the field is almost always sort of dependent on that track or region. In America, if you go to Tennessee, mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. a new track for everyone. You don't get any sort of you know uh, benefit from it. So in America, it's actually a lot easier to make these big mains. Okay, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Yeah. All right. Uh, he has a couple more questions. What engine will Tebow be with next year? How about electronics? I don't know. He might say it on this week. I don't know when he comes in alive. What does Bornhorst run? Does he run the block? Yeah. <laughs> I, I think Probably that's, block. Yeah, then. I think so. I think Tebow's going to block. What do you think about, what does everybody think about Ryan Lutz's performance? We talked about that. How did you like the track yeah. layout? We talked about that. And he says, who passed? Wow, Captain, you had a lot of questions. Um, yeah, we got all of that. <laughs> Uh, he, I like the captain. He sends me long, 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 um, long messages. Connie Swenson, looking over the whole year, we kind of talked about this in both eight scale and 10 scale. Feels like TLR has made major strides. Just looking at Southern Nets, mm-hmm. it was huge, and a huge success for the team with Mason, Dakota, and Kev. Can you make a power ranking between these? I actually think we need to do that. Oh, I'm going to do that. Like, we need to take a end of year look. And really look at what power moves happened and all that stuff. I mean, we just said that we thought that TLR was probably one of the best moves this year. So that's good. Oh, yeah. But that's just like, they also spent the most money. Yeah, so. they, they also have the probably one of the biggest budgets too. <clears throat> so Not one of them. They have the biggest yeah, budget. Yeah, Their companies like, the Horizon is like 10 times as big as Traxxas or something fucking crazy. Really? Really? I don't know, 10 times, but like it's way bigger than Traxxas and Traxxas is huge. Horizon. And send you my paper address. And and like something like Associated, which is, I believe, still owned by Thunder Tiger. Mm-hmm. Like Thunder Tiger compared to Horizon is like, come on. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, yeah, no, the, it's like Horizon is so much bigger than anything else out there. Well, I'm not sure about Traxxas actually. They like they don't have any. Traxxas is a fucking weird company. They Traxxas sue everyone, market. and they, yeah, Traxxas is a really weird company. Benjamin James, what's up, Ben? <clears throat> yes, Ben always has really great questions. If you had to rank the top five off-road racers of all time, who would they be, and how would you rank them? Shit, that's all. You're gonna make us talk for twenty minutes. Do we do? Do we like all time? Mm-hmm. Let's just do eight scale. Can we do, do yeah, eight scale? Otherwise, it's gonna be too hard. So, eight scale, all time. Um, that's a hard, hard, hard question. That's right a hard there. one, yeah. But you gotta obviously, like, okay, eight scale. If you're talking eight scale, it's been cab might not be in this, cab might not be in this if it's eight scale. Let's be honest. No, I don't. I'm not no, putting him no as the best. Champ. I'm not putting him as the best. Eight. You know who I'm putting as one of the best in this? Mm-hmm. Yannick Igon. Yeah, he's gonna be up there. It's gonna be. And he has no Igon worlds. has to be one. He has no worlds, but he almost has a worlds. 
All right. Uh, you know what? This well, is no. a question. This is a really hard one because there isn't like one it's such different. a dominant It's one. different eras. Yeah, you, you because there's like, mean? there was like the Saxton, Degani era in America. Mm-hmm. Then there was like the Igon era in Europe. Mm-hmm. Then there was like... Uh, Badier era. Badier, oh no, Savoya era Savoya in Europe as well. Yeah, it was Igon, Savoya, then Robert... And then, well, Robert actually won between them. So he, yeah. Robert actually, Robert, Robert, Robert is, is in the top five. Yeah, of this. I'd say, I'd say Robert is number one or number two. You know what? You you might be what three time world three time European champion, right? Yeah, world <clears throat> champ. Um, world champ. Does he have any American wins? Uh, Robert, um, no, but he's finished the world second, like. Twice or yeah, something. Yeah, I think we're really underestimating Robert in like, this. Robert is actually near the top. Okay, he should let's, actually let's really he should rank number uh, one. I'd say, I'd say Robert is number one. You know why? First year champion, two thousand seven. Then with a fucking Hobao. Then Savoya goes to win three with a Mugen. Then uh, Robert is back again. He wins again. Okay, and then. 2017, Robert wins again. So 10 years apart, his first and last Euros win. Wow. So that's a long damn time. Yeah. And and he's been battling for each single one between that. So he's he's been actually competitive the whole time. Worlds 2012, finished second in 2016. Uh, finished, well, he was running second in 2014 when, before he flamed out. Mm. Uh, 2010, he was in the main. 2018, kind of a bad world for Robert, but still in top six or something. Mm-hmm. I'd say Robert is number one and like you know in what? terms of all time. And that's just only because like consistency at the right. time he's right. been in the top. Right. I would say, I would say Robert right now, it's hard. Like if we, it's, it's hard. Ongaro to, is, Ongaro is going to be one. Yes. I would say you could throw yet. David Ronafog in there too right now because he's, but as much yeah, world as champ, two-time year champ. Jared Tebow, obviously, he's six-time Neo champion, which isn't an easy feat. Yeah, he's national That's champions. True. Tebow's definitely there. National he the world twice. He doesn't have a world championship, but he does have an yeah, intense scale. Two, two, Ryan two. Mayfield, and I would have to add in there too. And you, you can't. But eight scale only. Yeah, you, you can't. Not Cav only though, but Cav is, Cav is one of nationals. Cav has one of Neo. He's won a Silver State. He's won a DNC. You know, at some point in his career, he's won every one of these bigger races so far. Okay. I'd say Robert, number one. I'd put... Uh, you you got to have Tebow, Ryan, and... Yeah, Ryan, you, Ryan. you just can't... You can't have a top five of all those three guys in it. It's Robert. Yeah. Those guys... And and those guys fight for positions in there, but I still think yeah. I still think Tebow and Mayfield has a shit ton of eight skill wins too. But yeah, and like, he doesn't like have the, six, all the DNC wins. He doesn't have six Neo buggies. Like you know what I mean? Which, yeah. At that point, when Neo buggy was the it's hottest, it's hard. Very hard. Because there isn't there there in eight scale. There isn't a guy who's won everything like Cav has in ten scale. You know, mm-hmm. because in ten scale it's easy. It's Cav, Tebow, Mayfield. And then, like, okay, Masami from the back, and then someone else. Mm-hmm. Pretty much that's 10 scale. 
Can in eight scale, it's much more difficult because Europeans is much more involved, and it's like, and there's there's a I I'd say a bit richer history in eight scale than in ten but scale. Like remember in Europeans recent years. Yeah, but the Europeans were, were more serious about eight scale earlier. You know what I mean? Than the Americans. Yeah, yeah. So they were always, in, that's why, like, if you look at the first bunch of world championships, it's mostly, um, oh, mostly Italians Europeans. and, and yeah, Germans. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, well, it's Japanese hard. as well. Japan, Japan was a big eight scale yeah. country. Wow. It's, they have, like, I think three world championships and at least, yeah, three Hara, Kanai, and then one guy, uh, Sonata or something from the, we from the even, very start. Yeah, like, what? Like, look at Har. Like, he almost won the world twice. Like, you know what I mean? So, yeah, he finished. He finished first, second, and third in a row. Yeah, he won two thousand eight, second two thousand ten. Okay, this is fucking too difficult. Okay, on my list: Robert, Thibaut, Hara, Mayfield, Cab. No, Cab Mayfield. That's my list. Top five. Okay. All right. I don't know. <laughs> I definitely think it's Robert. I think it's definitely the top. Those three guys definitely have to be in there. I know some people will probably put Mayfield and those guys above Robert. But Robert has a <clears throat> Robert has a world championship. But what what I like about Ronald yeah. Falk is that he has a world championship and multiple okay yeah multiple him multiple wins in America. Okay, you know what? Ronald Falk beats Mayfield and Cab in eight scale all the time. Really. Do you think? I don't know. Tebow? Maybe not. But, you know, because Ron has worlds, he has two Euros. He has a DNC twice, I think. So, like, what is there that Mayfield has more than Ron has? Nothing, really. Same with Cab. What Tebow has is six Neo Buggies, which is fucking incredible. But and Mayfield only has two national wins in Buggy. Yeah. So, it, yeah. Because. Mayfield had that spat where he, he wasn't finishing races. You know what I mean? Yeah, and he so, ran associated, old associated for a long time, which wasn't a very good car. Uh, that's a good question. We're going to have to do a video about that. That's He always... Yeah. All right. But um, definitely, definitely those, all the people we mentioned are in the discussion, though. What do you guys think? Who would be your top five? Eight scale. We'll put eight scale because this is predominantly eight scale. Um, yeah. I'll go my final top five. Robert... Uh, Hara, not in order, but Robert is number one. The rest is not in order. Ron Falk, Hara, Tebow, and uh, damn, the fifth one's hard because I kind of it's like it's Mayfield or Cav or then some of the old guys, like someone like Iguan or something like that. Yeah, it's hard. It's, it's so really many. hard. Like, I can't, I can't you do can throw in a Matias in something like that too. You know, it's a yeah, Jeremy Quartz, okay, maybe, all this type of stuff. Mark Pavidis, yeah, all these guys. But Pavidis was sort of an Pavidis was his world's win was sort of a uh, out of the blue. I think, I'm not hundred percent sure, but I sort of got the idea that he wasn't like the fastest or even one of the fastest. Well, Yannick was Yannick was leading and he broke, and then Greg was leading and then he broke a Spurger because I would have won, you know. Yeah, uh, and so then Quartz was leading at some point, or well, was that's like second racing. and broke. That's racing. And JQ was, you know what? At this Worlds where Pavidis won, JQ led the semi by like six seconds, and then he flamed out at four minutes uh, with his Novorossi piece of shit. <laughs> and that's why you guys have hated Novorossi ever since. Um, yeah, that's well, a great question. Yeah. <laughs> great question, dude. We went too long on the questions. <laughs> this is going to be a five-hour podcast. Oh, yeah. gosh. 
All right. Um, you know what, dude? I think it's time to go into the final segment of this, and that is. Oh no, hold on. Thank you all for the questions. We, we need more questions, oh, yeah. but then we'll have a six-hour podcast. We, oh, Jesus, yeah. we, we're gonna have to start doing two. Um, yeah, yeah, I think yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh, thank you You're to right. everybody who sent in the questions. Thank you to BTRC for their support. Remember, guys, supporting the BTRC also shows love to the podcast. The affiliate link, if you guys can use that, it, it, we greatly appreciate it. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Beach, and good luck to everybody attending uh, Masters of Dirt. I think it's this weekend or the following weekend. Not sure. No, it's this weekend because it's in, uh, I could be wrong, it's September. Yeah, it's this weekend. Um, Max, it's time to go on to the Sun City RC Raceway down and quiet. Sun City RC Raceway, the home of El Paso's world-famous motocross-inspired eight-scale off-road track. The Showers family has over 20 years' experience creating one of the premier tracks in the USA. Their world-class facility has everything. Handicap accessibility, covered beds, gate starts, space for parking RVs, trailers, and lights for night racing. Follow SCRC on Facebook under Sun City RC Raceway for updates of coming races or host your own race. So, we are here for the Sun City RC Raceway Dawn and Quiet. Thank you to Joey Showers, Corbin Showers, Christian for all the support of the podcast. You have the U.S. Open coming up next month. There are Tim Limes putting on $5,000 in the line. If my style qualifying, one of the, one of my bucket list races. So, if you are in the El Paso area or you're thinking of going to the U.S. Open, don't think anymore. Just do it. It's going to be great. I wish I was going. So, thank you to Sun City RC Raceway for their support. All right, Max. You actually came up with this this weekend, this week. Sorry, this is your th- this is your your subject. So I'm gonna let you go ahead and um, introduce it. Yeah. So um, we already touched on the new Agama buggy, and there was one comment on Facebook that someone made. Uh, can't remember exactly the wording, but pretty much like. Uh, I was kind of expecting something like this from Mayako, like w- commenting on the Agama with uh, no shock towers, some t- different shock system. And the reason why this is a good comment is because even though it, the premise is, in my opinion, a bit wrong of the question, but yeah, because he was he, he said a um, lot we can. So, yeah, he said huh? that he thought that he was going to see this type of innovation from Ayako because there was some comparison to Automatics and some comment. I don't know what comment is talking about. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah, that was said as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for adding that because this actually makes my job here explaining this much easier. Mm-hmm. Because the com- comparing this to uh, the comparing Mayako to Automatics is imagine now that Mayako releases a car that they've been working on for a while and uh, the car is same as automatics is when it was released well that car was nice it looked great it had good ideas it worked on high grip but everywhere else it was a piece of shit uh, exp- it had, the automatics uh, onward right we're talking about what was yeah what, now real quick because i don't know what was special about it so just give a brief synopsis of what made the automatics car special or different so 
in touring cars, the cars were made. It, it used to be that sort of four-wheel drive cars ma- was made for touring from touring cars. Mm-hmm. So touring cars were very similar to four-wheel drive chassis, and they a lot of them still are. Uh, they all switched to belt uh, belt drive f- very early on, uh, like two thousand, early two thousand, I'd say. What automatics wanted to do is bring out the drive shaft back because to reduce friction, mm-hmm. belts have a, a, quite a lot of friction. And then the real thing, the, the real uh, big uh, sort of improvement was the suspension geometry. So instead of having the regular shocks, they had shocks that sort of rotated. So the rotation of the shock was what made it stiff. The suspension geometry is very complex and it has a lot of small parts that you lose very easily. And so it's, it's sort of like, uh, okay, the guy who designed it designed some freaking rockets for Russia or something. Oh, he's like a, he's smart. like a crazy engineer guy. Yeah. So the suspension geometry is very, very complex. And it, the reason why it's made so very complex is to get all the weight really, really low on the car. So the highest point of the car is the spur gear. So also on top of that what they did that instead of having regular uh wishbones they had uh what do you call it carbon fiber wishbones and then they had uh a f- what do you call it a five point suspension mm. so you can adjust the caster and you can adjust even in the rear you can adjust the towing from the links so almost everything of this car was different now the car is really good in high grip because the center of gravity was so low but the drive shaft made the car really sort of squirmy in power because the belt, belt spins in the same way as the car does. So you get more drive from that. The drive shaft spins the different way, spins sideways. So it doesn't give you more drive. So on low grip tracks, on pretty much any other track than high grip carpet, the car was actually pretty bad. And they worked on the car for let's say five years until they had the car working everywhere. And r- right now in the last, let's say two years, the automatics has been the best touring car out there. Some, someone might argue, no, but I, I argue it is the best touring car out there. Now the key to why I'm explaining this and why this is, uh, why this has anything to do with Dagama and why this has anything to do with eight scale is there was a designer who was very good at designing. He, but the issue is he didn't know how to make a car work. He, he probably doesn't know too much about car mechanics. He could know, but at least he didn't make the car uh, work at the first go. It took him five years. Uh, he had team drivers. He probably had a lot of money behind him because there was no way he was selling a bunch of them. So with a lot of money, with a talented designer and great uh, machining capabilities, whatever, he, all the parts are very, very good quality. And, uh, and still, it took him five years to make a car that was a winning car because he tried to make something new. So... Now let's imagine Mayako releases a new cantilever system or, or whatever and 
tries to make something that's completely new, there is no way that that car is made good in, let's say, the two years that this Mayako car has been developed in. Mm-hmm. It takes at least five, at least five to make this car anywhere near good if you innovate a lot to it. So for automatics to be from a shitty car <laughs> to a good car or even a best car, that that gain is, let's say, two to three, two to three, two to four tenths a lap. That took five years. Now imagine you want to have a new car like Mayako here. And you want to make it the best car out there. And what you have to do it is, let's say, well, we can compare it to the Black Edition because JQ is the designer. So Black Edition, some might say it's worse than the top cars right now. Some might say it's at the same level. I'd say it at the same level as Mugen Associated uh Kyosho, whatever. To get ahead, if Mayako is getting ahead, with a new system like the cantilever suspension, you would have to spend five years and you'd be two tenths ahead. Mm-hmm. Now you have to take into account all these other companies have their five years as well. Mm-hmm. And if you want to make the best car and you want to release it so that you can make money selling it, there is no good way to no good way to make anything too innovative. Mm-hmm. You have to keep some kind of structure in mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Now, let's put it this way. Mayako, Mayako, if like let's imagine my I know for a fact that Mayako isn't planning on building a cantilever suspension system anytime soon. Mm-hmm. But now let's imagine that JQ was really into that type of suspension and he wanted to develop it. What he could do is release the Mayako now, start developing this another suspension system and release that five years from now while driving this car and testing the other one. That's a one, one way to do it. And that's, that's the best way to do it. And I would support anyone doing that. But why would a company have two cars at the same time selling the other and only testing the other for five years, paying people to drive it, paying people to test it, paying people to design more parts for it, and trying and paying for all the prototyping costs, only to get two tenths ahead. And then they still say sell around the same amount of buggies because people don't like the fact that it's the suspensions, the, the shocks are really hard to take away from the car or something really mm-hmm. dumb. Mm-hmm. So so you get all this sort of what I've gone through now and make it to one simple point. This industry relies, especially the racing industry, relies on people buying the car. And for people to buy the car, the car has to be relatively good priced. Mm-hmm. It has to be uh, easy to wrench on. It has to be durable. And uh, it should be pretty fast as well. But that's not even like the first priority. And for the company to make this work, they have to minimize costs. Mm -hmm. And how do you minimize costs is you don't do anything too crazy. You keep it in a certain box. And what you do is you look at other companies and look at the mistakes they do. And then you fix those mistakes for your own car. Mm -hmm. Now, if you innovate, what you have to do is you do the mistakes yourself and then you spend five years finding them. Mm -hmm. But now we have other brands, other cars, and they've 
done something to their cars, they've fixed some things, and you can take advice, sort of advice from that and build a good car, and that's like that's what you release. And I know for a fact that's Joseph's ideology. What he wants to do is build a car that's basic, but everything in that car would be sort of the perfect way to do it. Mm-hmm. So every other every mistake some other manufacturer has done, he what he wants to fix. And he takes all the good things from other cars and from his own mind and puts it into this car. That's what he thinks. That's I know for a fact that's right. what he thinks. Right. Um is like I said before, I can't deliver a system. I, it's great. It's a great concept. It's it's good. It's it's not new. It's been around for a while. Obviously, I yeah. think if, if it would have been perfected, it would have been put on cars now. But it's like, you can't, we just talked about it. Like the Team Magic came out and it was slightly radical, different things. Like, you know, the tank and all that type yeah. of stuff. And it just found out it didn't work. Um, yeah. I think, I think, um, and also, like, you also have to remember that racers demand new stuff every year. You know, and, oh, we need a new, like, exactly. like, look at x-ray people complain, like x-ray brings out a new car every year, but people buy that stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so as racers, we like, we didn't have nothing. No, we want this and we want that. And because we want new, 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 new. And I, I just think it, it's such a risk. And I think there's other things in, in that we can fix in our platforms besides just having gimmicks. No, I don't, I don't think Mima is going to come up with a cantilever cantilever system car maybe they're going to try it out see if it works and stuff like yeah. which they can but it i agree with you like for from for a company to come out and have a completely i mean there are some 10 scale cars that are doing this like but they're like crowdfunded you know type of stuff and i don't think the people are really trying to do this to to make money but obviously they want to make money but at least pay for their costs but yeah, yeah. And, and it comes down to i think I think people need to really listen to this podcast too because I think people are under this illusion that the RC industry, that these companies are selling 100,000 units a month or every quarter or something like this in, in, in kits. Yeah. And it's, it's just not like that. It, it, it is not like that. We, I think maybe it's 1,000 kits a, a quarter, if that. you know. Yeah. For some companies, it's way less than that uh, yeah. because RC is so small. Yeah, there are very good reasons for why HP has gearboxes from 10 years ago. Yeah, exactly. There are very good reasons why uh, a lot of, even Kyosho has still pretty much the same cars as they did over 10 years ago. All they did was the rear end geometry slightly changed and they did some dumb changes that probably weren't even better. Mm-hmm. So, and all the reasons why they've done that is just to make it appeal as a new car to sell it more. But it's because people need to understand that we aren't like this industry and people who put time and effort into this. It's not like F1 where mm-hmm. you have so much money as you want to have and you can try anything you want and you can do anything you want. It's, it's trying to make of the best of what you got. Mm-hmm. That's what RC racing is. And yeah, if you want to make, uh, an automatics in eight scale form, you either need a hell of a lot of money and uh, time and willingness to do it. Mm-hmm. Or what you need is a fanatic fan base that pays for all the costs. So you can have employees on your company mm-hmm. and you can have uh, stuff like that. 
So now let's put it this way. If you are a person back at home and you want innovation in RC and you want sort of new things to happen, don't, don't like, don't buy cars just for the sake of it and don't sell the car if it's, if it isn't good right away. Uh, I, Joseph talked with Billy Easton a while back and in Serpent, they had the rear shocks in, in the eight scale car. They had the rear shocks in front of the shock tower mm-hmm. and, uh, for the next car, they switched it to behind the shock tower. And me and JQ, we have tested this and it's better to have the shocks in front of the shock tower. And Joseph asked Easton, like, why did you change it? And Billy said, this is, I, I, I didn't heard it myself, but Joseph told me this story. And Billy said that people were complaining about it because it was different from yeah, the rest. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. It- he said it was, he, he said it was better to have the shocks in front of the arm. In the sh- in front of the shock tower, but it's he different. said it was better. It's different. He, and people don't like he it. switched. He exactly. People thought that was the issue that was in the car. Mm-hmm. There were 10, 10 or twenty or even fifteen other issues in the car, which didn't make it a really good car. But that one thing was good. But people thought that innovative good thing was bad Placebo. because that was the only thing they they could see that was different from other cars. Placebo. So that's the issue. It's it's like people when you see innovation. And that innovation doesn't work straight away. That's a piece of shit then. Mm-hmm. That's like the, what people think. And that's why there's no point in doing any great innovation unless you're 100% sure it works. Yeah, and it's and money. You, you, look, man. Yeah. People like people don't sell. Look, look. You know, you know why we don't have innovation in RC too? Because these companies have to reuse molds and do all this type of stuff. Like you said, HB using 10-year-old gearboxes and... All this type of stuff because we're giving so many bloody deals out there, right? That we're not, Mm -hmm. these companies, I like, I just, I don't think they're making much. They may make profit off parts, but I I just don't see them making parts of the kit sales and all that type of stuff because it's, it's come to the, I know this, I always come back to this point. Um, It comes down to, we're just giving away too much in RC, you know, and I know a lot of people depend on this to race and all that type of stuff, they, the deals. It's coming more, like, it's... The race is in the pits. Like, oh, I got the bigger deal and all that type of stuff. But if we didn't have these deals and we had more people, then these companies can afford to do more. Like, for instance, what we do here on the podcast, if this was probably in a different industry, there would be no, oh, I got to save up money to go to a race next week. You know, next, you know, there would be no, yeah. oh, there would be no, oh, I got to... Um, I got to go have another job to pay my bills to do this and do this at the same time or whatever, you know, there's, yeah. there's no way I could survive off the money that this podcast and RC makes her, you know, in, in DR probably, but you know, obviously I have other income, you know, rental income and stuff like that. It helps me out. I'm not making a lot of money people, but my point is if, if this was, if the racing side, if the racing side of the industry was bigger this podcast would be bigger. I'll be like, hey, Max, here's some money for helping me this month. Stuff like that. You know what I mean? Like Steve yeah. Mathis and all that type of stuff. We're the, it, it's like I made, I was talking to somebody about Mark Santa Maria, how he's on 70,000, and I think that's great. And how I was like, hey, imagine if a thousand of Mark's subscribers on, um, like a thousand new subscribers on Mark Santa Maria's YouTube channel became hardcore racers tomorrow. 
that would that yeah. would greatly affect the RC market in America. Like, I'm not saying in one region, maybe it's a hundred guys, new guys in each different region or whatever. People think it's a joke. That would that would greatly affect RC worldwide. It would affect RC worldwide. Yeah. And imagine if ten thousand or twenty thousand of his his heart his his his, uh, his subs became um RC racers, hardcore RC racers, like tomorrow, like if we had a genie, yes, yeah. 10,000 to 20,000 new racers tomorrow would boom the RC industry beyond what we could even think of right now. I, I, and yeah. people think, and that's not a lot of people. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, so <laughs> it, this is how small our industry is. And I think um, it took me a few years to realize that. Like, I think I've come mm -hmm. finally come to that conclusion. Like, we're just so small that we're just too small. Like, um, we're... Everybody has to, like, uh, we're just, uh, innovation costs money. You know what I exactly. mean? It's a risk. It's, it's, it's something that these companies can't afford right now. You know what I mean? They yeah. have to make a car that works right off the bat, you know, and, and we do it to ourselves as racers. We want innovation. We want innovation, but don't change my deal. You yeah. know what I mean? I still want my 75% off, but I want new. I want cantilever suspension. Well, it doesn't really work like that. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. I think. And the, the thing, the thing is like the way, if you want, if you actually want innovation, what you, if you are an RC racer, you love RC, you want innovation. You're not a fast guy. You're not any podcaster or anything else. What you should do and what you can do Support stuff like RCGP. Why? Because RCGP is a place where these manufacturers can spend a lot of money and get the most out of it. You, what you, if, when you're small, when you have five guys in a group, you don't all go out yourself and try to hunt for food or what the fuck you're doing in the forest if you're five guys in the forest. What you do is you go together and you... you you work together and you put all your eggs in one basket and try to make it work. Mm -hmm. What RCGP is just doing that, it's putting all of what our industry has into one basket in RCGP. And then with that money, you get most out of it. You get the best coverage, you get the uh, best racing, you get worldwide racing, you get the biggest audiences. And with that, what you can start to do is trying to make your car the best just to win, not to sell, mm -hmm. just to win. Because to win, if you win, you get more exposure through RCGP. So now if we have RCGP that people appreciate, that people watch, that all the companies put money into and effort into and time into, you're going to start seeing cars that weigh like three kilograms. They have aluminum parts everywhere, like lightweight parts. They have titanium parts everywhere, lightweight parts. These, these cars are going to be going towards innovation. Mm -hmm. Some brand at that point will have to force themselves to put the money to develop and can deliver system to find that lower center of gravity on the car and find that time on the track. And when the guys develop it and drive on RCGP, then they can make it out so that people can release it for sale. Mm -hmm. But now there's no incentive to do that. You, If you want to win the rolls, yeah, nice. 
but it's okay to win local races and sell the cars, you know? You don't need to win the worlds, but when RCGP has a, such a large audience that you can get, let's say, uh, let's say, let's say, if you win RCGP, you sell a thousand cars. Mm-hmm. You got to put a lot of money into that car. Mm-hmm. There's an incentive to put a lot of money into that car, and then you will have cantilever suspensions and whatever. But now, if you win the worlds, you maybe sell a hundred cars, something. Not even that. Hundred cars stops in I, the world. I, okay, yeah, I agree with you there. I, I also, my, my closing statement on, on this will be, I think we're going to have innovation come not in, in chassis. And, and st- I, I talked about this earlier. And I kind of had an epiphany when I was doing the inf- interview with this guy, Joel. I think what we're going to see is innovation in a way that makes you a better racer. And that isn't equipment. That is, um, well, yeah, eventually like more durable cars and all that stuff. But things to help you be, understand what you're doing to your car and and um, like apps, like this app, which I realize, which I'm going to use when I get back to racing. You really need to have a look at this app and see how good it can it can be for you. And I think these are the type of things, even I know people's like, oh, you're, you're doing a promo for JQ's course. Things like JQ's course. That, like people, the, the RC industry is so far behind. J, what JQ is doing with that course is nothing new. It's it's done in other industries all over, right? Now it's been doing, yeah. It's been going on for about five years or longer. It's just that our JQ's been doing the first one. This is the innovation that people really probably should be focused on because it's going to make them a better racer, a better mechanic, mm-hmm. and all that type of stuff. It's not cantilever suspension. It's not um, having up umpteen million different adjustments that you can do and all that stuff. It's it's how are we going to make how are we going to make RC e- how are we going to make RC racing easier? Does that make sense? Yeah. How do we make RC yeah. racing easier for that new person who isn't uh so when we have these 10,000 guys that come in from Mark Santa Maria's uh bridge which is uh MSN which I think is great. You know what I mean? Like that door that oh this is RC racing. Wow, this is cool. We need to focus on innovation to make RC easier for that person who's coming in through that door or just discovering RC for the first time, we need to figure out how to make it innovative so that those people stay. I know, look at my arm all messed up. I like talking with my arms. But we need to we need to make it more innovative and easier for that person to figure out how to be fast, not faster, but to learn the basics and be good on a track easier. And that's going to come through technology. And that comes through, this is what, yeah. this is what, this is going to change a lot for RC. Because in mm-hmm. this, you can hold so much power. You just need to apply. It's, it's, it, I hate, ugh, I am not swinging on JQ's nuts. I am not swinging on JQ's nuts. If you take the Invisible Speed book, I've had people literally message me because they don't really know how to get a hold of JQ. They message me and say, mate, I cannot explain to you how much this book has changed my racing. This yeah. is the innovation that <laughs> this is the innovation that needs to happen in RC because we need to become better racers. We need to learn more setup. We need knowledge, us as racers, but we also need that basic make it easier for those new guys. So while we want innovation, and then, and then 15 years from now, we can see cantilever suspension. We can see different things like this. We're putting the cart before the horse. We're still trying to be innovative in a shrinking market. 
when we should be making innovations to make things easier, promote RRC and get, just make it easier. Like, honestly, the potential that this sold out app has, I did not realize the potential until I actually sat down and talked to this gentleman and he showed me the different things. And I was just like, wow, like you, you're making all those notes. Go on this app and I guarantee you that you won't ever make notes again. But here's the thing. It's the premium of that is $2.99 a month. RC racers will complain about that. Yes. Why should I have to pay yes. $2.99 for that? Because it's something that's going to help. That's probably one of this. That will probably be one of your best tools that you can use at a, at a track. More than 30,000 sets of tires and titanium screws and multicolored washers and having your pit all matching. That Get that app. Learn how to make learn how to make RC easier for you, and then we'll make it easier for new new people. That's my my spiel on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a that was a good good spiel. <laughs> <laughs> what I what I'd still add is uh, I like I said like support RCGP and stuff, and the reason why I believe JQ and I know for myself been arguing for changes in EFRA, changes in race time entertainment, changes for Joey's races, changes in ROAR. It's because to get this innovation, which I want to be, I want to, I want to be an RC car designer, mm -hmm. but there's no point to be an RC car designer because you work your ass off and you get little to no money. And uh, most likely you even cannot do the things you really want to do because you don't have enough money in the company. So to get to the point where people can design RC cars that are innovative, are so much ahead, and to actually do something cool, do something great, we need to have an industry that can supply for itself. Mm -hmm. And to have an industry that can supply for itself, we need exposure to get more people in, we need good racing to keep the people in, and we need to always uh, expand and expand and expand. Right now, what we're doing is we have a cow and we're milking it. And when the cow, when oh, the milk runs out of the cow, cow we're done. We're yeah. Then it. we start to eat the cow. And then we're eating the cow. The cow is away. And then we start to death, you know? So that's what we're doing right now. What we need to do is go to our fucking neighbor and say, hey, you have, you have a, a male fucking cow. Let's make more cows. Yeah, let's make more cows. And you know what we need to yeah. do is, as is um, and I'm going to say this, because as a person that doesn't have a track to race, we need to support our local tracks. Or, you know, you just have to. And trust me, RC can die. It can die in a region. I am, this country mm -hmm. is living proof of rc dying uh, three four years ago when i got into when i got when i met jq rc was healthy here rc was healthy we had mm -hmm. when i say healthy we had 30 35 maybe entries that's decent for her you know what i mean that's good mm -hmm. we had three tracks at that time that's four years ago and now it's dead completely dead nothing nobody's doing it we have a track i'm trying to get guys i know kind of i should have helped out a little bit more but i was i'm busy too and the track is kind of far away from me but it can die in regions. And now trying to, and this is the second time it's died her. So it's now we got to start all over again. You know what I mean? And it's just frustrating. But um, yeah, I just, 
I think yeah, we're looking one, one thing. One thing I'll add is if RC was more pres- present online, sort of when you go on Facebook, you always see RC, and it's not like a crappy video filmed uh, from the pit lane. Mm-hmm. It's an actual like professional video cameras and exciting racing with commentary and all that. You do get excited. Yes. When you watch a good RC race, you're like, yeah, I want to go to the track today. Yeah. You know, when you don't see RC racing for a while, you just watch some movies or YouTube, or maybe you get excited from other sports because you see them online. People start to lose the interest in RC mm-hmm. because they don't get it enough. Most people spend most of their days online. So if RC is non-existent online, like these race time races have been for a long time, that's it. It kills RC well, anywhere on, else on there, but in the, that region. Like he doesn't have really the video. What I mean, better no, than nothing. Better yeah, than it's, nothing. It's but there. it's something. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, I know yeah, but mean. it's yeah, but it's not like if you watch the live from like Sick Cross from this. What what do you call it? SIC yeah. from this year. You're not gonna be excited to go no, to the track. Just like it's I, would, I didn't watch. Camera. That's why I couldn't watch Ricky Weekend because there's no moving cameras. It's like, I'm not even worried about this. Yeah, I get that. I get that. I get that. Um, And that's the thing, like, in DR, RC racing could have survived even if people locally weren't that interested. RC racing could have survived in terms of, like, the online thing. There could be, like, a few guys who watched RC racing online discuss it, and then one day they're they're just like, hey, I've got this plot of land, let's build a track. But now there's nothing. I'm trying to do now. Yeah, now there's nothing. So it's it's like, yeah, that's that's the thing that really needs to change. Mm-hmm. And when that changes, then we get the innovation. And I that's agree. why me and JQ and you have been very vocal about and criticizing all these companies that control racing in, in RC. Mm-hmm. You know, these these race time and Joey, they can make RC whatever they want want it to be. Really, if race time and Joey quit right now. What would RC racing in America look like? I think somebody else would do it. Kind of bleak. Somebody else would do it. I think I'd see we have more club races. And I think, I actually think, I actually think less big races might be good, but it wouldn't be exciting. It would, we wouldn't have no online yeah, stuff. And, 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 you know, we, we wouldn't go no further. You know what I mean? We wouldn't, we, we would have less promotion, actually. Yeah, we but even do get you think someone like, do you think someone like Brandon Rose or Tyler Jones would race if there were no race time or uh, Joey races? We need Do you think races. they would go to like, school instead? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So obviously, obviously something else is going to replace it, but that'll take a few years. Yeah. And that's the thing. Maybe it's time to, to start demanding improve. more of these race promoters than just, hey, here's my money. Yeah. Thank you for a race. Let's put yeah. something back into the industry. I'm not saying that they don't. I mean, Joe has been around for a long time. Dave's been around for a long time. At least Dave listens and all that type of stuff. And he wants to do things different. And now Joey's got an actual track. So maybe their their mentality will change on a lot of things. So they are. They, they, I say them because they are rightly the two biggest probably RC promoters in the world right now. So Yeah, <clears> easily, <throat> easily. There's so, like all the other races in Europe are just... Hey, club, what really. if what if AMS? All right, now I know we're going off on a tangent. What if AMS is a fucking hit, great success, and he's like, "Wow, I wish it is. I hope it is too." And, and people finally realize, "Oh, wow, we can," you know. And then that's how things change. And you, uh, yeah, 
Innovation can come in many yeah. forms, man. We just we just want we think it's only supposed to come in a physical chassis. We need this type of thing. It it I think innovation has to come from from other forms right now to make RC bigger. Max, we've exactly. been talking for almost four hours. Yeah, um, it's it's been crazy. I know, but it was a lot to talk but, about. By the way, by the way, I'll give props to Dave though. Like he's the first one to try something out and hey i hope it works well it should work look we, it's we, worked before we we jeff complained about his trophies he got new trophies um he he takes pride in his i'm not into the monsters and all that stuff i don't really care about that stuff but he is and he takes pride in that the long jump competition the all this type of stuff dave is actually there all day long like i've he, he, if you yeah. ask him he'll do something for you all that type of stuff his crew and his team put on the best indoor races i've ever been to and they do it with a mm -hmm. smile and they're happy and all that type of stuff and he has a great product and he does listen so i do give him props for a lot of that i okay i'll say this as well i think i think uh they we have given dave sort of a bit too much shit like personally because of the fact that the region where he's from this is the culture in it the culture is open practice mm -hmm. uh racing till uh, sort of midnight but you know what Max? he just did Max? he just did what people wanted at that time and wow. now he's like he always took pride in it but the thing is that he the culture around him this was like the best sort of idea then Guess you know? what? And now, when there's right. better ideas, he's taking advice from them. Well, that culture... The, and he sees that. Slowly but surely, which is the slow super tanker that RC is, believe it or not, what we've kind of been saying for the last three years, or what JQ's been saying forever, I believe people are starting to understand it. I think people are starting to listen. And, mm -hmm. I, and the seeds are planting. So the tanker is turning. It just probably started that... You know, and you, all right, let's do a starboard turn. Starboard's that way. I don't know. I can't remember. Starboard port. They just started turning that wheel. We still got a long way to make that 180 and turn around. So that's the best <laughs> analogy I can use. <clears throat> but it's yeah. good to see, Dave. But yeah, I, yeah. And to, to be honest, like it takes a lot of guts to do this yes. by day, really. But then, then he kind of, but then like when he does the whole, not the cap race for Southern Nats and then opens it up. But I kind of understand that, but I don't, but yeah, <sighs> I, at the yeah. end of the day, I don't know. Dave has to make money. And when it stops being profitable for him, then these races stop. And then we piss and learn about that. So as long as he's yeah. making money and these races stay around and he wants to do innovative things like, but, or just try different things, I'm all for that. And hopefully Joey sees that too, but I don't think so. I think it's just going to do you can't joey, it's, it's big money joey kind of does his own thing yeah. always joey like i mean yeah joey does his own thing hey man we can it's, only it's a bit different yeah you, hey there's room for both i have no it I, definitely I, yes. I think i think uh, definitely there needs to be both yeah there needs to be east coast west coast it's because pe the people are very different mm -hmm. even if it's the same country the people are very very different oh yeah Oh yeah, I agree. I love I love going to the southeast. I love going to California too, but uh, yeah. I like going out there and I like hanging out there. But definitely like the people. <laughs> I, I like the people in all the places. But the south it just has a very friendly atmosphere, and when you go there, it's, it's just it's just a little bit more laid back. I want to say, you know what I mean. And 
California's California, man, yeah. and it's cutthroat. So it, it it's laid back there too. Don't get me wrong, it's laid back there too. So it's laid back, but in a different way. Yeah, Max, we've been going for a long time. It's it's late. I've been up since three o'clock this morning. I had a long day ahead of me. Thank you for your time, Max. Thank you, Zach, for your time. I greatly appreciate it. Thank you all for listening and and joining in on the podcast. Thank you to the uh, to Race Time and the racers at at Southern Nats for giving us some entertainment this week. Um, it, it made my weekend, you know, I was kind of like, uh, this is boring. And then, oh, wow, that's exciting. You know? Um, so, cause like it didn't have really the coverage that I wanted, but it, it, it got me excited and yeah, I mean, kudos to Mason Fuller for doing it. Shout out to Dakota fan. Hey, Mugen Mafia. Don't worry. Mayfield's still the best right now. He still has the best record in eight scale right now for this year. I mean, you can't win them all, guys. You can't win them all. Come back at AMS. Let's see what Mayfield does at AMS. Oh, he's coming back with a vengeance at AMS. Watch. He's going to... Mayfield's going to wipe the floor. I, I'm calling... I'm predicting Mayfield to win AMS. All three. Is is Tessman going to be there? I don't know. Probably... I have to check. What is Tessman doing, by the way? He has to go... I haven't, I haven't heard no, of him but, see, The regulations in Canada are so different. Like, he has to go quarantine for 14 days and all this type of stuff. So, he's probably going back to Canada. I don't know. I think he's going back to Canada. I don't know if he's going to come back for this year. I mean, it's pretty much say the season's over for him. Anyway, guys. Fucking COVID, man. Yeah, I know. Fucking COVID. Um, hey, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. We did go long. Check out the So Dialed app. It's really cool. If you have any questions, hit up Joel. He'll add your car, anything. You know, he's, he said, he said, I'm thick-skinned. We're thick-skinned, so you can criticize us all you want. That's good to her. Um, hey, NNRC squad, you guys have a, wherever you're racing this weekend, have fun, guys. Be careful, be safe, send it without responsibility, have fun. And if you see somebody struggling at the track, a new person, go over and, and, and introduce yourself, make friends. You know what? Make a new friend at the track this week. That's what you do. If you go to the track this week, make a new friend because you never know what that person might be. Might be, that might be, a, if, you know, just go talk to somebody new. Make it, make it good. RC is awesome. Um, thank you to the patrons of the of the NNRC. Can't do it without you guys. You guys got early release yesterday of the podcast. And um, yeah, man, thank you guys. Well, early release of the main interview. I can't do it without you guys. If you wish to be a patron, you know what, you know where the link is. Um, or hit me up. And of course, thank you to our awesome sponsors that are Mayako, High Tech RC, Beach RC, TNR Fuels, Techno RC, Lugs Racing Tires. JQ Racing, Papa Willis Traction Tonic, Donathan RC, Manscaped, Sun City RC Raceway, Racecraft USA, RCGP, House of RC. Uh, have I missed anybody here? No, it doesn't look like. Uh, JQ Threads, RCMX, I don't think they exist anymore. Yeah, it was a good podcast. A lot of talking, a <laughs> lot of talking, a lot of talking, uh, Max. Do you um, still, do you think uh, people are still listening? We'll be going for like four hours. I think they take a week to do this. You have some people that yeah, will just put I, this imagine. on. You just have some people that will put this on and listen to while they're ranching, while they're traveling. I understand. And, and I apologize. We're trying to get shorter podcasts, but it was going to be kind of hard to have a short podcast with such a, a race yeah. like Southern Nets and everything else that kind of happened. So... Yeah. Sorry, Last guys. week was a big weekend for RC. Yeah, really. it was. It in, was. in RC world, it was. It was. And you know what? Kudos to Afra and RC Racing TV for doing what they done. 
I know Afro doesn't like me right now, and that's fine. I have nothing against them. They banned me from talk, commenting on their Facebook posts. But when they do good things, I commend them. So great job. I think that's good. I don't know what the ultimate plan is, but I, I, I'm, I'm willing to see what it works out to be. So at least they're doing something, unlike Roar. Oh, call to action. Call to action to all my RC people out there. The elections for the odd number regions of Raw are up. You can email Raw or message Raw and nominate somebody for that region. Come on, guys. Let's join Raw. Let's get hey. people in there. Let's fix it. It's going to take a couple let's years. Gather, let's gather a list of like sort of one or two candidates from each region. I'm going uh, to post up the endorse. region. I'm going to post up the map, actually. Uh, today yeah. or tomorrow. But so we need to say. we need to we need to endorse these people. I so agree. people I agree. who have the same ideas as us, who have the willingness to work for RC and have the passion in RC. Uh yeah, please please make yourself visible. Because hey. it's the best to make you make you be there instead of the old guard. All right, Max. Well, you know what, Max, go do some university things. Um <laughs> Hey. Remember guys, Showing the sponsors some love. Shows the podcast some love. If you wish to support any of the sponsors, links with coupon codes are all in the, the link tree link and also in the written description of the podcast. Hit that link tree because I pay for that and I want to see the an analytics that come through there. That's why I'm pushed. Like, I pay for that. I've, that so it's not much, but it, it puts everything under one cap and I think it's a really cool tool. Um, hey, Max, anything to say before we leave? Nothing much. Keep it fun. Yeah, keep it fun, people. Nitro's the glory. E-Buggy pays the bills. If you ain't grinding, you're sliding. Lefty and Max are out. Peace out. Thank you for listening to the No Name RC Podcast. We greatly appreciate all the support and love from you, the listeners. Without all of you, none of this is possible. Special thanks to our patrons on Patreon. If you wish to support the podcast further, you can at patreon.com forward slash NNRC Podcast. As a patron, you will receive early releases, special content, and patron-only giveaways. Also, please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and our website, www.nnrcpodcast.com. Remember, Nitro is the glory, but e-buggy pays the bills. If you aren't having fun, it doesn't make sense. And if you ain't grinding, you're sliding lefty out. Nitro is the glory, Nitro is the glory, Nitro is the glory.
wasn't so bad. <laughs> <laughs>